bring it back, believe, baby. Driving around in my mobile bubble bath like a boy does. Swagging out. I heard y'all gonna bring back friends to Netflix. Oh, my baby heroes. Stinky cat, stinky cat, bring it back. Ah. And Jim, I heard you're gonna bring back the blue Toyota Privia minivan. Oh, raise your hand if you didn't throw up in the backseat of one of those. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? And Eric, I heard your whack ass is gonna bring back cheese dip and salsa lunchables. Oh, that shit comes with a Kit Kat good choice, baby. Where DC Dahmer books? I like to kill it. The Wolfman. He's as Draxless. It's just that easy. This is wrong turn. This would be going back to read books because this is spoiler Comcast. You be warned. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Again, DC has a new week of books, and we're here to cover them, baby! I'm America's Sweetheart, Eric Shack, And I am Jim Warner. And this is episode number 205 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. All you weird nation folks out there. Weird nation. <laughs> what are you going to weird out loud? You've, yeah. been, you've been holding that off uh, for a while. You keep, forgetting. <laughs> you, be- you keep forgetting you wanted to bring that back at 201. That ain't happening. It's Hello, one and all. Weird nation. To Weird Science, DC Comics Podcast. We are part of the Weird Science Nation. Sing! Dance Sing! Today. We are a spoiler podcast that reviews most of this week's DC Comics. If you want to read our written reviews, go over to WeirdScienceDCComics.com and also check us out on Twitter at WeirdScienceDC and on Facebook at Facebook.com. Slash Weird Science DC Comics. Boosh. We also have a Patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science where you can get over 400 episodes of various shows, including the ever popular weekly Patreon Very weekly. Spotlight. <laughs> yes. And the uh, the badasses get to pick. The badass levels get to pick what is on the Patreon Spotlight this week. They picked in a heated battle with a photo finish. Yeah. Adventures of Super Sons number five and Batman number 60. So if you want to listen to those, you will have to go over to the Patreon, subscribe there. Check it out. And you'll get those and many other shows now. I also say usually at the beginning of the month, which it is kind of the beginning, if you go over now, you will be able to listen all month and not get charged until the beginning of 2019, January 1st. Happy New so Year, if you want to check it out, go and check it out. But with that, here's the badass roll call. Boom. Mm. We start with Matches Balone, John mm. Jack, Speedy's Collectibles by Ron Saunders, Nick Adams, Mark Jager, T Funk, Josh Vermillion, Aldrin Stoja, D Man, Batman Beyond Mark J, keeping it strong, G Man, Andrew and Belfast, David Fink, Scott Manship, Scotty Boy, Scotty. B Murray, Brandy. 
Bobby Bain, Reggie, Carlos, Ian, Brian from Arkansas, Leonard, Chester McJerk, Brian King, who sticks up for me, old sea bass, <laughs> Jolly Drew, Pete from NYC, my man Pete from NYC, Paulie P, T. Fred Reads Comics from the Street Level Floppy Podcast, Eric G, Cellar Dweller, Danny the Street, Luis, Ulysses Jones, and the Ulysses Jones Show has a finals this week. He's not studying, Eric. I told him he better study. He's not (laughs) studying. He told me he's good with it. We have Akeem, who we haven't heard from in a while. We're going to get a mail from him later. Double A-Ron, Monty, Simon, Swanee. Who's, uh, you know, Jaguars having some problems, Eric. I'm giving a little uh, personal flavor here. Anthony G, Dave J, Missy T, T. our man Rob Lewis from the DC Now podcast, Lone Wolf, Marv, Jazz, and Ruben. Ruben. Ruben is in the house. And there you go. That is perfect timing for once in my life. Perfect timing. Oh, yes. But yeah, we have a bunch of books tonight. We have a lot of stuff going on and some positivity. Oh my. Get used to the positivity Are you telling at the me that they're all good like you were saying before? We're going to have an no, all No, the po- positivity oh. will be disappearing quickly. So uh, once you hear some positive stuff, brace Buckle yourself. Up, yeah, yeah, because it gets a little negative <laughs> after that. But we're going to go right now off to some news. Now it's time for Jim and the News. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the Hello and welcome to the news part of the podcast. A couple items here. Number one, Green Lantern Kyle Rayner Volume 3 is still canceled. I just want to say that. Let that out there. Number two is top 10 comics in November were released. These are numbers, not numbers, actually just the order. One through ten without sales numbers. The sales numbers will probably be coming out this coming up week. And if you're on Patreon, you can listen to me talk about those on my Patreon sales podcast. Or if you're not, you can sign up to listen to that at patreon.com slash weird science. But the top ten are number one, Uncanny X-Men number one. That's pretty big because it was a seven ninety-nine book. So being number one, that's gonna bring in a lot of moolah. For the Marvel. Number two, Green Lantern, number one, the debut of Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp's book. Uh, That's pretty good that that's up there. Number three, Web of Venom, Carnage Born, number one. Kind of surprised me that that was number three, but Carnage is pretty popular. So there you go. And it's Donnie Cates, and he can do no wrong. Number four, Amazing Spider-Man, number 10. Number five is when Batman peeks in. Now, this is where me and Simon, who talk about the sales numbers a lot, trying to figure out when this top 10 goes, we kind of try to guess where the numbers will lie. And that doesn't mean it kind of seems like Batman would have taken a little hit or some of these other books jumped a lot. So we'll see which is which when the numbers are released. But Batman 58 and 59 are five and six. Back to Amazing Spider-Man number nine at number seven. Heroes in Crisis is at number eight. Heroes in Crisis number three. 
I would think that DC would want that to maintain a number one or two. It never was number one. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of a disappointment for them, I would say. Number nine, Avengers, number 10, and number 10, Venom, number eight. Donny Cates can do no wrong, but going off to DC-centric news here, Batman number 75 kicks off huge bad event and the end of King's run. Batman writer Tom King has gone on Twitter uh, like he does and laid out plans for the next few stories in his planned 100-plus issue run, including marking where the bad event that will end his run is scheduled to begin. Now, I read this just after saying the top 10 of the books, and I don't know, is this that he's trying to get people to stay on board because they're bailing? So he's like, listen, there is a, a plan because, you know, some people rolled their eyes a little after that wedding with one page saying, I have a plan, I've had a 100-issue plan, that sort of deal. I rolled my eyes. I rolled my eyes so much, I think my contacts went to the back of my head. And so maybe this is a little damage control. Maybe this is like, hey, guys, just settle down. I know, you know, you might be leaving the book, but come on back because there's big plans here. That's how I take it. But he says, coming in Batman number 60, that came out this past Wednesday, wraps up post-wedding, Cold Days Art reads King's tweet, 61 to 69, Nightmares, it's called Epic Arc, Scraping at the Soul of Batman. Has he been scraping enough? I mean, leave that guy's soul alone. The soul, I don't think there's anything left to scrape. With a flash break at 64 and 65, which is when Joshua Williamson comes on for that crossover, while Tom King goes and does TV stuff. 70 to 74, The Fall and The Fallen. Eh, 75, a huge bad event with a secret name. He loves to put the secrets out there, but not tell you the secrets. And then when the secrets come, they ain't so secret. I think that this will be number 75, Batman. A huge bad event with a secret name that sets us up for the end at 105. And this is what you'll hear me mention slightly when we're talking about the Doomsday Clock and things like that, about how the Doomsday Clock will go off to affect things. Uh, This big event... The bat event that's going to be the secret name that starts if the schedule maintains that will start in late July, late July of 2019. That starts the 30 issue run of ending that. So the problem is Doomsday Clock ends about weeks from then. So the Doomsday Clock obviously is not going to reset anything Batman. So we'll have to see how that goes, how that works around and whatever. But Yeah, basically what we're being told here is we have two years of Batman ahead of us with Tom King. And yeah, some people love him. There's people who are dancing in the streets right now. Uh, You know, they're dancing in Chicago. They'll be dancing. And uh, there's others that I've seen online or told me that they're not coming back until King is off. I don't know, maybe... We should all go back at 75 who, you know, just so you can have some Batman in your life. But hey, there's Detective. Tomasi should still be on it for a while. That starts next week, I guess. I guess you got to find your alternatives to King's Batman if you are so inclined. Like I said, though, there's tons of people who love him, so they'll be happy about this. I, I, I don't know. It just seems weird to it, it, to be on the book that long with all these people going. But we, we've heard Dan DiDio doesn't care if you like them, hate them, as long as you have a reaction. And there's certainly a reaction is why it seems that he is Dan DiDio's golden child. I I want the knife is what happens. But yeah, that is the news. We're going to go off now to some books. 
Hi, Jim here, and I want to talk about Beard Brand. And I've talked about it a couple times now, and Beard Brand, to me, is the Get Fresh crew of beards. Beep, boom. And you can go over to beardbrand.com slash weird and check out their site and see that pretty much they are the premium men's grooming company based out of Austin, Texas, and their mission is to foster confidence through grooming. It's not all about selling products. It's about making you a better you and getting your confidence up so that you can be the awesome self that every one of us has inside. They have education, inspiration, and community, including a YouTube uh, subscriber base that's at about 900,000. So there's a lot of people who do want to be their awesome self. They have style inspirations on Instagram, educational blog articles and emails. You go over to beardbrand.com slash weird. And when you get there, they're going to give you a little test, a little quiz. And don't worry, you're not going to be rated on it. You're not going to get an A or an F uh, because we know if Eric did it, he'd probably fail. But they're going to ask you different questions to pick what style you have. And I'm there right now and I'm going to do it. I'm going to see if I continue to be labeled as scruffy because the first thing is, which is the following is closest to your career dress code? And obviously, no dress code. I wear what I want, I say. That's how I go. Which of the following is closest to your personal wardrobe? I think that I am more of a casual guy, but or or am I fringe? I'm going to go casual. I'm casual as well. You you know me, Mr. Casual. How does your beard grow in? Unfortunately for me, that would be straight and patchy. And the best describe my face, uh, I'll let Eric hear this and, and laugh. I am round, I would say. That's not exactly true, but we'll go with that. And what's the biggest facial hair frustration? And I would say that my beard is patchy. What kind of hairstyle do I have? I shave my head. See how easy this is? This is so easy. What is the strongest part of my beard? That would be my chin area, of course, and select all the grooming products you use. And I have hair grooming products. Now I hit OK, and my facial hair is black brown probably i would say then wants to know that and i prefer to trim my facial hair never uh now i have this i have to enter my email address here very easy see isn't this easy going through here and i'm putting the weird science one as well there so i can get some things and boom 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 i'm gonna find out what my deal is i submitted it and it looks like my results put me at scruff again (laughs) it never fails it just tells you that they know what they're talking about because if you saw me right now you would say yes indeed you are a scruff beard i also have corporate beard no Uh, And sideburns, yes. So uh, two out of three ain't bad. And then you can go and look at the products that will tell you, you know, some things that are based for you. Again, when you go over to beardbrand.com slash weird, take this test. It's not about getting the products just now. It's getting involved in the beard brand community. See what they have to offer. And they offer so much more than just buying products. They offer, like I said earlier, a lot of information, a lot of tips, a lot of just community stuff. You can talk to people, see what they're doing, see what they like, you know, and they offer their own tips and things like that. They even have a psychedelic beard poster uh, on the site, and who doesn't want that? But yeah, just the things right there. There's a, a boar's hair brush here. There's a temple smoke beard oil. 
I told you before, though, my favorite was the Spice Citrus. I actually am done the utility bar that I had of that, and I have already had Tanya order me for my Christmas present. I actually had her order a couple of the utility bars because I'm telling you, I actually got kind of addicted to the scent. It's something that I didn't ever smell for just a soap, and it actually works. And I, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that I was washing my hair with it as well. Because I shaved my head, so there's not much hair up there right now. But yeah, I really liked it. I told you, I went to work the one day and Eric even mentioned like, boy, you actually smell good for once. And that is not faking the funk. He actually did tell me that. So yeah, go over to beardbrand.com slash weird. Take the test and then check out some of the things they have with the holiday season coming up. uh, There's stuff there that you can grab for yourself, for people you love, people that you like. Uh, you know, people that you're acquaintances with. You don't have to love people to treat them nice. That is something that I go with. Uh, and an aside deal, we are going to continue, uh, you know, the sponsor deal uh, through December up until the holiday. And I am going to give a little beard oil to wrong turn because he actually is growing a beard right now he had he went to the barber he spent a lot of money on a cut and a a shave and he's very proud of his beard and really i'll tell you it is making him kind of walk a little taller he's walking with his beard people are commenting uh he is a guy who has like uh blonde hair but his beard came in red And that's very intriguing to some people at work, it seems. But I'm going to give him some of the beard oil that was sent to me. And I'm going to ask him and maybe we'll be able to have him on uh, and see what he thinks. A testimonial from Wrong Turn. But once again, before I go, go to beardbrand.com slash weird. Take the test and then check out everything else on the site. And we'll go back to the podcast. Here we are with Whoa. Jim's reviews. We have Whoa. three in this section, only one of them mine. So there you go. These are more Eric's reviews. And as I've said all wait week. Wait till we get to the second section. Yeah, yeah. Wait till we. I can't wait. Can't wait for that. This is the meat and cheese. Just everybody, just listen to this you first section. You cheer the section. hell up right now, Listen to this first section and get the hell out. Get the hell out of town. I was at Aldi today doing some food shopping earlier. And as you know, Eric, I've been having some very uh, awful gas. Yes, I do know. some gas problems. I'm, I'm loading up my groceries. I'm bagging them. And my stomach started churning. 
And I let, I didn't think I let loose, but I did. And it really stunk <laughs> in the people next to me, this, this couple, because it, it seeped out. It was like a gas yeah. leak. These people next to us, as I was doing Anal it, leakage. in perfect timing, they were loading up some meat and actually commented that they thought maybe that meat had gone bad. <sighs> It's so funny, too, but the meat was packaged. So how could they tell? Then I realized that maybe they it went like, like sewage. I think they just were like, mur, mur, and like realized that, no, it was just this stinky guy <laughs> having some problems. Jesus Christ. Uh, they had a sale on a chicken, just chicken breast. Uh-huh. And I thought that it was the second coming of Black Friday. Old ladies beating the crap out of each other trying Jeez. to get chicken breast. And the worst is one of my things that I eat uh, is uh, turkey. And it's uh, ground turkey. And the ground turkey is right above where this chicken yeah. is. And I couldn't get to it. And I was getting what, so Is upset. it because it was on the top shelf? Yeah, well, no, it was on the top <laughs> shelf, but the, the bottom shelf was being used as, as just fighting I, I thought that we were in Russia. Thunderdome. Yeah, it was. <laughs> like, can you dig it? They're yelling as they're grabbing chicken. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, it was like Escape from New York as well. So what you're telling me is I should start uh, shopping at Aldi. Because yeah, that's better and actually, than going to a I movie. almost sent a picture to you. I was going to grab my camera of my phone and take a picture because there was slightly a toy section this <gasps> week, though nothing you would think. Oh. There was more of like, they had some Mad Libs. You want the Mad I Libs? I don't want Eric? the Mad Libs. Eric is a adjective. Adjective noun. He's a fucking jerk. Aww. You're right. Ding. <laughs> Yeah, I, the the problem with uh, Mad Libs is it might as well just be called just put ass and you know penis. dick and penis. It's a, that's all it is. Well, speaking I, speaking I always, of toys and the whole toy section that I've always wondered about Aldi, but I don't go there because I don't have a bonus no. card. I kept getting message after message. I'm trying to get ready for the podcast order today. Wrong turn is now friends with me on Facebook. I finally allowed him yeah. to do it after him pleading his case over and over again because I, yeah. I dropped him before because he just kept sending me game requests. Every yep. day, multiple Farmville times. Or so I dropped him. I brought him back on today. It's message after message. So like he's not even giving me time to respond to things about. Really? I guess he went out today and he bought himself a, I'm a transformer. Send him a message now as you're talking. Oh, he, he, he bought a, a transformer, Jim, but one of the movie ones. So the more like you know complex looking ones because they're all Michael Bay tarted ones. Yeah. But uh, he's like, how dare you, Eric? How do you transform this into a car? And at this point, I have to assume what it is because he just said this. But it's all like, you know, I I don't know how. And then he's like, can you help me with this? The funniest thing, he's actually was talking about his motorcycle that he actually had. <laughs> well, no, because then he starts sending me pictures. It. Like, from oh, one of, here's a picture of the know. toy. Here's a picture of the front of the package. Here's a picture of the back of the package. So one thing he did not send me a picture of, which I told him to check, the instructions that come with the, instructions? the package. And I said, I just check sent the him, instructions. I sent him a note. I just said, did you get a transformer today? Is what I said. What, are you trying to get him we'll giddy? See. Yeah, I'm going to see if he responds. That's on Twitter. Um, also, yet yeah, speaking of which, uh, what did you get at the Walmarts last night, Eric? Did you see me there? No, I did you see me skedaddle away from you? I didn't. I didn't see you at all. I just knew you were going to no. happen to be there because oh. I knew you were picking yourself. I from saw work. you two lovebirds. You and Jess were coming from like the back end and going, and I saw you and fucking took a, a right right into the the frozen deal, and then I avoided you. I see, saw right you there. By. You seeing us together is th- actually the thing that bothered me the most last night because yeah. usually. We separate to go get our Yeah, I could tell items. that you weren't. It actually shocked me. You guys were together. And that, that's was... what the problem is, because usually we skedaddle, we go our separate ways, and we meet back yeah. at the front when we're done. She didn't have anything she had to get, so she was going to follow me around, yeah, which meant I had to around. shuffle my feet well, she must have so she could keep then. pace. 
because oh, yeah. I she saw you, you picking stuff up. The, the other best is you, how long? Ten years you've been dating. You still check 11? out separately. Yeah, what's what going on? Joint bank accounts. We, we sit there and uh, we saw you guys, and then we were actually because for some reason everybody decided to go to Walmart at that fucking right that time. I was probably ten, 10 behind in the line to get at the the self checkout. I saw you there, and then I saw Jess, and uh, it was me. Uh, Rafe, uh, or no, me, Logan, and Ethan, because Ethan right. was working. I went to pick him up, and it was right at like ten, actually yeah, a little, a little after, after 10. like quarter after. And uh, yeah, we saw you. We were laughing at you and Jess. We we're making fun of you. I needed just some like drinks for today. I wanted some food for last night. I found some more, you know, Transformers trading cards there. Got like three booster packs, oh. and they also have a little kiosk towards the toy section. The little bot bots, the little cutesy wootsy kind of Shopkins, you know, like a uh, blind pack Transformers they're selling oh, now. Really? And you I got a little. You- I got Do a little bar have, of soap, a little oh, sports camera. Oh, I just got a, uh, huh. bot, a, a deodorant Maybe you should tube. use it. Oh. <laughs> uh, do they have those new uh, DC figures that look like He-Man? Do they no, have those yet? No, I not see any of the Savage World no, stuff they. there. Okay, yeah. I saw some Savage I saw the Savage World other Or Savage things. Land. I don't remember Savage like Land. Like whatever it was. Those yeah. movie ones oh, that looked like ones. that and stuff. Yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. those. They're at Target uh, right now. The, the, yeah, I saw those section. at Barnes & Noble. They look ridiculous. They, they look they like they're fun. I tell you, I have, right, right above me to my right here. I have all my He-Man. Just imagine all of a sudden He-Man goes to sleep one night. He has himself a nightmare. What's Freddy Krueger going to look like? A muscle-bound monster. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's – I would hope that his nightmare would be I'm having action way. figure fan fiction because of these great, great toys. I, I would think of him, you know, being a guy who can control his dreams, Eric, because he it's is Prince warrior. Adam. <laughs> He's a dream warrior, <laughs> Prince Adam. Oh, that's what I always took it as. But uh, we're talking this nonsense, Eric. Why? We have such good books tonight. Yeah, right. At least this section. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to have a three books here. One better than the next, actually. We're going to no. kind of go down. It goes down a little that, bit but, in my mind. Yeah, it does a little. But these are probably three of the best books we've had as a pack. In a long time. In a long, long I time. I can't remember this the last time. Like, yeah, this would be like Eric Shea getting a blind bag uh, Transformers and getting three of the best ones you know, right out of the bat. I wouldn't know what those were. Starscream, Eric, would that be one of them for I, you? I, I do like Starscream. Starscream. I don't, I I don't know, know what do Transformers like you're talking about. They're like, what Megaplex. Would be Me- Metroplex? Is that one? Me- Megaplex and uh, the uh, the one that transforms from a toilet into a food truck into a trash truck. That's my favorite. We call him Trashy. You know, the, the deodorant tube <laughs> trashy, that Jess got is called No B.O. Oh, really? That's yeah. that's the deodorant? Well, yep. it's right to the point. I mean, <laughs> too bad it, it's false advertising when she puts it on. Oh! No, she's like, I got a, <laughs> I got deodorant. I'm like, it's about time, baby. Jeez. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's good. You use that once a week whether you need it or not. Hey, <laughs> what are we starting with? Doomsday Clock number eight, written by Jeff Johns, with art by Gary Frank, Brad Anderson, and Rob Lee. Let's put our Watchmen characters aside for one moment so we can really see what kind of shit show the world has turned into one year from now. And to do that, well... We're going to be looking at one of the center figures in the Superman theory conspiracy. My man, Firestorm. Let's hope that Superman being the greatest hero in the world that he is, is able to stop all-out world war while he does it. 
Yes, and yeah, you put the Watchmen to the rest a little, you little. know, and go with our yeah, heroes. And this is what we want. Just playing his games, doing whatever. Well, he has to. he's there. Uh, do you think he's the one who, you know, what is he breaking into the White House to steal there? He's I really, grabbing I'm sorry, files. I actually and thought about like this that. for a little while because the whole thing is at one point, you know, Lois at the Daily Planet, she has, was given a uh, package, you know, thumb which drive a thumb a drive package, yes. that shows old, you know, propaganda kind of newsreels from World War II dealing with the Justice Society. Society I can't talk the Justice Society. Justice of America that nobody very, remembers exactly and it's very reminiscent of the whole idea like the man in high castle where you have this like you know the American like newsreels where the America won you know like what's this I don't know what the heck this is so it's very like that in my mind but I thought it was that but we saw that package getting mailed by some mysterious yeah. figure at the end of last issue unless though here's the thing unless this is a little bit behind because in the meantime right when they go to Lois it's already a front page news right. it's breaking at the White House there so it, it is possible that that was something that happened a couple days before a week before month before whatever it may be but yeah it's interesting it's interesting to think that that would be what's going on and and it really does push that i was actually thinking by the time i got done the second reading that the whole thing that he was there for was to go through the presidential files on this whole superman theory thing like the people so i'm the i think he did something to figure out that Firestorm is the person that he needed to get his actions, you know, whatever he's planning into action. And he's the one that actually somehow, you know, we don't know what happened yet, but sent him on his way to Russia. Yeah, well, that's the problem is when you go from here, you do go to the Daily Planet. You have Lois and Clark there. Lois is like, somebody broke into my desk. And he's like, it's always a shit show over here, Lois. I mean, look at it. <laughs> it's like, you know, my room here. Like, oh, even so at that have, point, you know, like somebody's breaking into her desk. Are they looking for this thunder drive? They're not like aware that yeah. it hasn't been sent yet? And, and- Superman doesn't think it's true. Right. He's just like, you know, I don't see fingerprints. I don't see anything like that. Perry comes in, starts yelling, hey, I need these headlines. We need to know about the Superman theory. What's going on with the government? This is front page news. You do see the packages again, but it's interrupted with firestorm in russia but Fighting you don't Polzar. know why no you don't know why there. he's there and that's something that i i've listened to a couple people talk about this and what read your review and some others and nobody seems to really want to you know guess at that but i do think like you said i think that that's where osmond Deus has his hands into it i think that somehow he has sent For, and I, I i i don't know like you know this whole thing, we've talked about the idea where there's a duality here between what we're dealing with in the Doomsday Clock and what we had in Watchmen. We've been seeing it throughout the different things, yeah. different aspects that really remind you of the stuff that went down in Watchmen. Now, yeah, and he's playing the, on that. Exactly. And one of the first things, like even the last issue, talked about, you know, he has an idea. He knows what he has to do now to not only save his world, but this world as well. And I think this is what's setting his plans into motion. But one of the things we talked about early on in the series when we started talking about it was the idea back in the Watchmen, the whole idea was nuclear war, all out nuclear yeah, war. Yeah. And in this story, instead of nuclear weapons, the nuclear weapons are it's the superheroes. superheroes themselves, the metahumans. And so, then to actually push that into even the nuclear man even exactly. makes it even more. Well, I mean, not only it, that, but the idea, too, where we have the thing, like in, in Manhattan's universe, the Watchmen universe, Dr. Manhattan was known as the nuclear nuclear deterrent. He was the yeah. thing keeping all out war. So if you take that idea here at the end where Superman shows up and actually ends up picking a side, so actually kind of declaring war because he did choose yeah. a side, the way I see it, at least, because we were talking a bit before this, you don't, you have your own theory, but, uh, the whole thing where Dr. Manhattan shows up, I think he ended up blasting Superman because he is stopping the start of, you know, metahuman war at this point because Superman yeah. has come in and chosen yeah, a side. I, I don't think it's Manhattan yet. 
only because of the way Batman's reacting and the way that that would have happened. I don't think that that would have been something that an energy would have been building that super or Batman would have been like, oh, no, that's not that energy. Right. It's something else. I actually have another deal when we get to right, that, right. that I just think it is actually Superman. But getting to the idea caused. of trying to get Manhattan to have the humanity that Osmondeus needs him to do to go back and save his world. And no. also this world from the current state that it's in, he needs to get find that humanity again in Dr. Manhattan. I think this was the first step in trying to you know, push the thing to make him remember what happened well, in his it, world and, and stuff and like again, that. And it, again, it is one of those where Osmondeus would end up where before in Watchmen, he ends up faking a alien invasion and stuff like that. In this- Squid face vagina monsters. Yeah, he's just going to get Firestorm to go and knowing the, you know, and he thinks ahead that he's the, you know, a smart guy. So he has put these pieces together because what happens is Firestorm's then fighting. We don't really know really why except that he goes there to kind of say like look well, there is no the superman theory there's no his yeah, life. why are you doing this to me it, it is a little extreme what he's doing and i like how jeff johns does this where you don't get the normal stein in the head deal so it does end up making you question if firestorm is sane right. if he's going over because it's just ronnie that we get um, but I don't think it's anything but just well, trying normally to push you, this. Because normally you get the whole talking back and forth. You get, you get the, the little floating clear head. Then and this it's you get the silly. Chewbacca. I actually kind of like the Chewbacca from Star Wars where it's just him talking and then responding to something that you don't understand but and you I don't like, see. But I, I think that what Jeff Johns is also pushing is for the most part with this – Stein is saying stuff and Ronnie's disagreeing. So it's that, you know, instead of having, and I think it's more powerful to have it where if it's like, hey, Ronnie, we shouldn't be doing this. Screw you, Stein. Like that, instead of just like, no, Doc, I'm not doing it like that. It it actually ends up reading and getting a lot more tension going on because you don't hear what Stein is saying. And also, you don't have head. that Stein head blocking up the nine panel layout because with that there, yeah. that would block out a lot of the art with all the extra dialogue. Yeah, actually, I like to so, think that this is something that Jeff Johns and Gary Frank sat down and talked about instead of having this like you know right firestorm. I, just, in a different I think way. it's more to play off the idea that after what happens, it, you know, he is kind of like uh, you know he's gone insane almost right. with how upset he is and i think it plays up that way plus people asking me and talking and things like that i think it sets up a mystery that people are like i don't even think that's firestorm doing this which we do but it does set up that kind of mystery because you know firestorm is fighting the people's exactly the people's heroes to fight even at the end when you talk about you know the big thing that i think people got like you know uh when Batman's saying that's it's not Firestorm, as he's saying like the energy's not fire, or yeah, yeah. he's not Firestorm, you know, yeah, a lot that's of that's playing like, with it. Pretty much, yeah. pers- like people are going to have yeah. their own opinions of what yep. that means. That's playing so that's with that. Cool we'll, well have to see what it is. But yeah, with this Firestorm is mad. He doesn't think you know the Russians are the ones ruining his life, like you said. He's saying, and even it's even spelled out by Clark to Lois. He said, I, "There's nothing to do with the Superman theory with." You know, Firestorm. Right. I know how he became Firestorm. It has nothing to do with the government. And so y- you have this where, and they even said, Ronnie has a temper. He's oh, yeah. gone. He's hot, he starts he's fighting. Head. But really, he's there yelling and he's firing. But then he's like, don't touch me. They start going. And that's when Negative Woman's like, you know, he hurts us. Uh, we're going to hurt him. She ends up going out of her body right through yeah, and her negative Firestorm. Soul self, yeah. And her negative soul self is used to transfer radiation. So what happens in my mind is now he is melt. It's a meltdown. He right. doesn't even know what's going on. And that's when he blows up and he turns everybody around him into glass. 
And he even says, what the heck is going on here? I've never been able to do that. And I do think it's that combo, uh, you know, of her radiation combining. But again, this would be something that possibly Osmondeus knew ahead of time, thought, you know, put the, the, you know, one plus two equals three and is going with that. This is what he wanted to happen. Uh, and then Firestorm just goes off. He's all confused. And, and right He's there, upset. too, the whole idea after, you know, uh, negative woman's, you know, like, you know, negative self goes and what goes through him. I see, I, I don't know, because we did talk about it as well. The only reason I don't go with this is because that's the way negative woman attacks. That's what she always does. So, like, the whole idea that, you know, it's her that's causing this whole everybody to explode kind of thing. I don't She just with- said she's going to hurt him and exactly. goes right through him and then he blows up. And but, then uh, in the meantime, by the end, does the same thing to Superman. Right, right. before they have that big explosion – she goes through exactly the same way, including how Firestorm even reacts of going through. It's almost the exact same panel. But when, so she, I, when I he do does think fall after, you know, yeah. negative one passes through him like that and he goes down and all the people are going after him. He's like, you know, let go of me. Like, oh, it's very similar to what we had in Watchmen with Dr. Manhattan yeah. when he was learning about, you know, the yeah. idea of him giving away, giving cancer to people, you know, yep. get away from me kind of thing and vaporizing everybody. Yeah. And so he, it's very he gets similar there. all upset. See, I don't even yeah. know the idea, too, if like maybe if Osmondeus is behind Firestorm going to hey, look, you know, Firestorm, I've seen you on the news and I've, I've got a hold of some documents. Turns out. The Russians been talking shit. They've been doing what now? Yeah. They've been talking shit, Firestorm. Yeah, I, I would like, even think that yeah, if I, it is him, yeah. I don't think he talked to Firestorm right. in person. I think he would have leaked it to but him. Even him the idea something. for like, you know, if it is Osmondas behind this whole thing, the re- thing I was going there was the whole idea that him and Manhattan have very similar transmutative powers. So like, even this being a thing here, like you know, they they share a similar power set. At least is what I'm going with. Yeah, yeah, but uh, as you go on, as we get to it. Firestorm then says to Superman, I can't do this. This isn't anything with my powers. This is something that I've never done. And so you would think that that negative woman going through there is is what changed him up in my mind because he's now spelling out that this is something I don't do. But in the meantime, Superman has to figure out what's going on. He's got to find Firestorm. Yeah, thinks that he's gone to Kandak. Uh, you know, Kandak is where Black Adam's been, where all the heroes yeah, that are in trouble, humans, come they over go. Here. Come over here. Yeah. We accept everybody. And he every goes meta-human. there, and it's really good. I it's mean, so the, good. this I whole love deal Black of Black Adam standing against, like in face-to-face with Superman. I just yeah. always love that and look. And this is the start of this whole idea of, you know, what can Superman really do? Because if he does stuff, it affects the world. This is where it gets a little political, where Superman shows up, says this firestorm here, and Black Adam's like, no, he's not here, but he's welcome here. And by the way, you better get the hell out. And, you know, you can't do anything to me. We're going to get all these villains, heroes, whatever, who wants to be here. And Superman starts saying, you know, you better not step out of line. But he's Superman's not right here well, it's even like, you because know, you, of how the world's been set up. Say you go up. over here. Well, the way the world's been set up right now, the whole – like Superman Super, – I keep saying Superman because of the theory now. But yeah. Superman is the only one who can do this. He is the world's hero. He is the only pro- hero in all the metahuman stuff that the entire world accepts and be able to cross these boundaries these borders yeah but and stuff he's like not that. allowed to change these laws though no he he's can't not allowed go to and say Condoc, no, he can't choose from now on like done no and and even at the end the the worst part of this is and through osmond Deus, superman doesn't pick a side he tries to help firestorm they start yelling at it and start making it so that he does pick a side which i think is Oz. you know he yeah. says all right yes it begins because yeah he's not there to pick a side no. he just wants to make everybody just his actions so that he ends up doing yeah, it to well, the world that's 
but it's he's fooled into doing it. Yeah. He's a doofus for what he does because when he shows up, I think that the Russians are involved as well. They want to have war. I think everybody's involved, and then Superman ends up doing the worst thing and really it, it ends up screwing up everything for the world, in my opinion, by the end. But yeah, he's not in conduct, and I like how Black Adam just knows I can talk all the shit I want because if yeah. Superman does something, the whole world will come down on him. Just says, hey, he's not here, but if if you see him, tell him he can come Foster. back here. Yeah, you know, you, you just you know, he's welcome. And they end up finding him. He ends up going. Even Lois, he is never like, left I don't Russia. Think he left Russia. Yeah. And they go. Well, in the meantime, that's when Lois is sitting there and like, huh? You know, this thumb drive that somebody sent me. Let's check it out. And it's the Gotham Broadcasting Company presents American News, and it is a newsreel. It's April second, nineteen forty-one, and yeah, about, the war uh, rages yeah. overseas. Back home, there's trouble. Saboteurs, spies, fascists, and only the Justice Society of America can stop them. <laughs> yeah, like, she doesn't know who that is. The JSA. Yeah, and that's the All Star Comics issue yeah. number four, uh, with actual cover date too. That's when it came out originally. So. So that's either oh, you know, cool. a wink, know that. wink yeah. deal, and that's the you know the the first appearance of the JSA. And the weird thing about it, she's like JSA. What the hell is that? It's a little off to me, only because she should recognize some of these characters. There's these characters aren't all gone from this universe. Right. There's Doctor Fate. Know, there's Hawkman. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, uh, and whatever she knows or doesn't know, but maybe that will be. Where that That's goes one from. thing that like, I do hope that we tie into because, you know, we're doing a whole, whole lot of tell where we had been previously, but a whole lot of time jumping into the previous lives of Carter Hall and stuff like that. So the stuff he doesn't yeah. remember. And as we should know at this point, this is one of the lives he doesn't remember because no one's talking about it. So I do hope we go back to the 1940s, some point when, you know, he meets his JSA yeah. self and then like we yeah. maybe slowly start uncovering a little bit more. And I wonder if this would lead her maybe to seek out Hawkman or at least show Superman and say, you know, do you recognize some of these guys? Because yeah. I kind of like that guy looks like a flesh. He's not Barry, but kind of looks a, like a, a flesh. Is a green on this guy's chest? And, yeah, that? yeah, that's what I'm saying. And well, maybe they kind of look into it. This. Yeah, really. But maybe <laughs> that's how they look into it and figure out what's going on there. But Superman finds Firestorm and he is going insane. He's trying to turn this little boy who has turned the glass back and he says to Superman, these aren't my powers. I don't know what happened. I've never been able to do this before. I don't know what to do. And Superman just says, just keep trying. Cause he's I just trying love to turn this back. depiction of like Superman here because you know, yeah. Jeff Johns has him perfectly through this whole thing, this whole issue. Cause we haven't got a lot of Superman in the doomsday clock so far, except I, I had a nightmare. I've never had a nightmare before. We haven't really had a lot besides yeah. that. So the whole thing is, He's just sitting there, look, I ain't going to leave you, Ronnie. You know, I'll be here the whole way. We got to try and stuff like that. I just like the whole fatherly yeah. kind of Boy Scout aspect that he's given here. It just feels perfect to me. And it's one of the things like this whole personal story of Ronnie Raymond, who's one of my favorite characters in DCU with Superman and this whole thing. It's a it's a dark, tragic story that really does a lot of, you know, world yeah. building to what oh, we're dealing is, with one year from is, now. To me, a, a better thing of a superhero having a mental breakdown exactly. than anything we've gotten in Batman or Heroes in Crisis. This is actually with Firestorm just showing up in this book and what little panel page I really care for him here and yeah. I really feel for him. Now, the other thing could be, uh, because it is a little odd little deal with Superman's there and he's like, just try again. You know what? Dr. Stein, he said you should probably get out of here right now. You know, this is going to get a little heated here. Yeah. Uh, and Superman's like, no, 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 I'm going to stay. Maybe that's the start of shit going wrong with Superman as well, because he's there. This big explosion. Superman. Yeah, he's Superman. 
I don't know what that that would affect him at all. And right. it does turn the kid back. So maybe again, maybe Oz Osmond Deus has like eight steps that he thinks, and somehow he's even figured this out that when he does go to transmute that, that somebody back, if Superman's there, he gets that that kind of checks something off. And then when negative woman goes through him, that does another thing. No, no, no. I don't know. I, I don't know how this will work out, and hopefully that's kind of explained as we go. Obviously, we're going to see what happens at the end as we go forward because you go back to I Russia. I just love, too, even when the kid turns back from Glass kind of thing, he's just there, he's all shocked, and he just sees Superman. He sees Superman. I just love yep. that. All the children of the entire world, they all look yep, at Superman anywhere, and they, they immediately look at him love as him. hope like, and love. I love that. And that's going to change now because <laughs> he goes. Yeah. And it's so, it, this, this next scene Shazam when you go to Russia. To guy, right? Yeah. You go, but yeah. You go back to Russia and, you know, Putin, he's there. He's giving his big announcement that pretty yeah. much this is war. You know, the U.S. has America's declared war with this Superman theory. Yeah, and and so as this is going on, as it progresses, because Firestorm shows up with Superman first, but then Firestorm goes because they want to turn these people back. This is where Superman and where Jeff Johns is kind of playing with the idea that in comic books, Superman can come and say, listen, everything's going to be fine. We figured it out. We're going to do it. Well, it Duh, seems Superman. as if the, the problem with this is Russia's already ready for war. There's yeah. not, they're, they're not going to turn back now. And boy, when the, the tanks start running over the well, glass the thing people, is too, the shot, I, it, it, I was so upset. The whole thing it, it really Superman, got me. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really messed up. I'm telling you, yeah. that, the whole thing stopped. And like, you just have to stop and wonder, oh, my God, what the hell are they doing? Stop everybody. Yeah, just stop. Like, These are people Superman, that, you, you know, they're your people. Superman showing up. And I think if he would have talked to everybody, inspired them as he started doing, if he didn't talk about, you know, being on – not even on Firestorm side, just the idea that he's not going to help apprehend Firestorm – I think we could have averted any kind of battle, any kind of war. Yeah, I, because I they think that it was it. one of those. I think it's one of those that Russia is going to go to war no matter what. This is where they and and Putin has been waiting for this. I got this idea that pretty much when he's like, oh, look, at Superman, you know, he doesn't choose a side. I think that's kind of like, thank God he doesn't choose a side because we're going to war. He's going to stand aside. And as they're talking, but Firestorm shows up then and they all freak out right. because it's like, how dare you come here? And they start kind of throwing stuff at firestorm they and almost I, kill I just, the kid that they bring back I, superman has to stop i just love to as this is going on batman realizes oh my god what yeah, is clark Batman's doing on his tries way, to yeah. make his way there because he realizes superman's got to shut his goddamn dopey mouth because he's yeah. only going to make things worse he's like clark stop you're choosing a side you can't do this to stop talking now get out of there yeah. and superman just keeps going being superman and you know yeah. that just forces batman gotta go faster and like i said it's superman in his mind he isn't choosing a side no. he's just saying listen everybody's the same you know know we can get this better but they they don't care firestorm is what they're going to war against in america and superman has to step aside and you know let things happen or even the people's heroes of russia even when they see they don't even want to they don't want to attack you know uh, go after superman but it's superman well i guess we gotta do it you know lady flash is like we gotta eat up there you have red star here lady flash vostok black eagle and uh pulsar and I'm like, you know, yeah. I think Pulsar is the only one who really wants to – he'll file orders yeah, to a team. He, he wants, wants a fight no matter people. what. But the rest of like – they're a negative woman. They're only going after him because, you know, they're told to because they yeah. really apprehensive the whole idea. 
It's Superman. He's yeah, you know we're yeah. the people's heroes. He's the world's hero. Yeah, I also I also think that they're like he's going to kill us. I think that it's more than that. I think that they're like there's no way we can fight him. And then they end up all right. You heard him. Let's go attack him. And yeah, the, while this is going on, you have Firestorm trying to say, "I can ch- turn these people back. I can turn the flesh and blood." It's way past that. And and in fact, where I'm getting is the Russians and Putin. They they don't want that. Those those glass people there are the symbol that they're using to go to war. Mm-hmm. You have Firestorm turning back. The war's over. They they want war. There is nothing that's going to stop them at this point. That's why I said when Superman shows up, it doesn't matter what the hell he says. They are declaring war. They're not going to go back on it just because you turn people from glass back to you know I regular know. I, people. I kind of feel like this is some mastermind behind this whole thing where both sides are being played. All like every every side. No, is they being are. Played but about I'm saying Superman I don't theory. think that this would be the same as if you know Pearl Harbor all of a sudden back in the day and they came oh by the way you know I I can change this back you have anybody from Japan show up the day after Pearl Harbor they ain't gonna get to any podium to announce anything exactly had already decided there is nothing Superman could have done he should have stayed away they shouldn't have even tried to get these people back to what they are and that's what you know to me that's what Batman's saying you you shouldn't be here You, you are ending up choosing a side just because you're saying no no we should go to war well that's choosing a side because you're against what they're saying I, I think that they're playing with the idea that russia is going to go to war no matter what even if they turn those people back mm-hmm. they, there still would have been a war it, it wouldn't have mattered. they would have said well what what's going to happen next and and really when you see them back they don't care about these people that were turned to class that's just well, they already their symbol. them dead at this point i'm telling you though that but that's their you know that's their 9-11 you know the the towers if uh-huh. somebody came from f Afghanistan and said, listen, I know that some people died. We're sorry, but we'll rebuild the towers for you. Get the hell out of there. They would have been murdered then. They would they would have been executed. And I think that that's what they're playing with. And that's where Superman is all upset and tries to stop it because he's trying to save what would be people. And then they don't care about them now. No. And then that's when, you know, you know, you have Ronnie upset again, but that's when Batman's trying to go. But also where I said that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have negative woman fly through Superman again. Right. And, you know, kind of the same way that happened before he yells, ah, uh, that's where Ronnie's going. He's just like, Ronnie, settle down, settle down. And then Batman starts yelling. It's not Firestorm when he's energy readings are spiking is like three panels after she went through Superman. But Ronnie's getting upset as well. But then when it blows up, it's not the same. It is blue energy, which would it's lead very to Manhattan think energy, of yeah. Manhattan-esque. But I'm saying where you look at the panel there, where you just see kind of what's going on, all of a sudden Superman is, you know, reaching Looks up. Like he's exploding, like, yeah. Yeah, he looks like he's the Ronnie's one, and it's very kind of similar. From the explosion yeah, he's getting thrown yeah. away. It's very similar to what the solar flare was when he had that, though the solar flare's red. But what happened, you know, did the – where he's standing there and Ronnie transmutes a kid from glass back to, or you know, a regular human, and then Negative Woman goes through Superman, which we already saw may have caused Ronnie in the first place. I think that Superman's innards – are all wacky mm-hmm. and we'll see how that was. But yeah, everything goes and you see that Osmondeus is there watching everything kind of fuzzed down. He's like, yes, it begins. It and begins. it looks crazy. Yeah. And I loved it. I, I loved I love this issue so much. Everything I'm telling you, yeah. people might be upset. Like, you know, there's, there's so many different classes of people who like, 
are enjoying this book or not enjoying this book for different yeah. reasons. Like they don't want to Watchmen sequel. There's not enough DC heroes in it, or there's not enough Watchmen here. Or they want Watchmen. Exactly. Yeah. And they're like, there's this whole thing where we actually take time to actually look at the DCU, which we did before. You know, we had Batman doing a bunch of stuff with the, you know, the uh, Gotham villains and stuff, which was fun. Yeah. But it was a lot of exploring, you know, mime and marionette. Here you pretty much just get a state of the world besides for the like, you know, the normal newspaper print at the back of the issue that we have been getting to try to establish the world. This, I think, did more yeah. than any of those newspapers put together and really showed us the state of affairs. Yeah, in the and world again, today. with that, you, you have this deal where the Watchmen, you know, that that's fine. Everybody wants to see the Watchmen or whatever, but I'm more for the DC right. universe, but I, and not just the characters, the universe. And now it looks like Superman has pretty much i mean if this is him blowing up what i mean there's a lot of people that superman's going to be blamed for hurting oh, doing yeah, whatever and now so it's however war. far back batman is in the bat jet he's getting blasted the, the jet's going yeah, down that's Imagine a, all I the don't other know. people that were in and the blast this is area where here. it's crazy yeah how would this go from this to everything's fine unless now it does you know manhattan kind of snaps his fingers this didn't happen whatever because boy crap has hit the fan the way i see this is that manhattan actually blasted superman here acting as almost the, the continuous nuclear deterrent the nuclear's big like the weapons being the metahumans the superheroes of this world i think because superman chose a side and the wars begun because of that Dr. Manhattan is going after Superman here. Yeah, and I don't think to it's anything him. to do with him. Only because even at the end of the, the last issue, like I was saying before, before we started recording, where Dr. Manhattan is looking at the future. His future ends a month from the last issue ended talking about how the last thing he sees is Superman coming at him during a fight. And that's like, yeah. what, like uh, wreckage all around them. Yeah, I just don't know what he would get out of making Superman start a war. I just don't. No, I'm not get talking the, about Doctor Manhattan deal. starting. He's trying to stop the war by destroying yeah, Superman. I'm telling you, but if he destroy, if what happens, what we think, and that is, then he's started the war more. I mean, he's now blown up Moscow. Uh, that's not going to end a war. That's going to make it even. You know, now we have World War Ten. Yeah, that's why I don't think this has anything to do with Manhattan. I think it's all Osmond Deus has set this up, and I think Manhattan's going to be the one to try to fix it after the fact because, I don't know, in all of this stuff, if you were going to stop a war and you are Manhattan that can do whatever, there were certainly ways that he could just zip out Superman and Firestorm out of Moscow right now Mm -hmm. and that we never would have had any of this problem. I mean, we wouldn't have had, you know, this whole deal, especially when Batman's yelling, don't pick a side, a snap of the finger if Superman's there, no side pick, to actually think that he ended up doing it so that Superman blows up everything. Uh, you know, that to me, it's a little beyond. And I think that having that blue energy, I think that that's, you know, a little too on the money right. for it to just be that from what we've seen. And again, like I said, with Osmond Deus there saying, yes, it begins, then that means, you know, he's been playing men. Manhattan as well. I, I just think Manhattan is still sitting on Mars where he left off and he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to sit around again and now shit's going wrong again without him. Now I think he's well, going he you know, to like Eventually in. he's going to have to come because he knows his own future. Yeah, but I'm saying it, it ends then after Superman comes at him. You mm-hmm. know, that was the furthest he could see. He right. actually was confused that he didn't see anything. I think that that's actually going to be you know, issue 12 and then everything just resets and this yeah. never happened. This is what I think is going to happen just because of the craziness. I mean, I, I think the world is about to just blow up. Uh, there's crazy stuff going on. Now, of course, you also have where it's set up. Maybe this is where Superman 
has to then go and crawl to conduct so that he doesn't get, you know, arrested <laughs> and things like that. And that would be something that Black Adam would laugh at and, and stuff like that. Plus, Kiss Lois will have to figure out. Yeah, we'll have to see. Now, Lois has obviously gotten hints that something in this world isn't right. She's not remembering this, though. It's funny. It's like, God, them broadcast. Why would you not just think that maybe this is like some movie? That was from the 40s. I mean, how does she know that this is, you know, exactly real? But if you go with that, this is where, well, there were heroes before. So this can't really just be something that just started. This Superman, you know, theory thing. If there were heroes before, then they can. So I think that we're going to deal with that. But I, yes, I love American the heroes. Yeah, I love, yeah, well, there you go. But maybe that's also pointing out that she'll find out that there is a Superman theory that started in the late 30s. Uh, You know, we'll see. I love the parts with Firestorm. I think that it really, there's tension in this that really goes with Batman showing up, you know, screaming and yelling. And that also shows with the last issue, you had Batman kind of go away from the Joker. So you know that some point has gone from then for him to be able to be flying towards. So, yeah, I think that this is around the time of what Manhattan saw, but we'll have to see how that uh, works out. Also, when we look at whoever mailed that, you know, thumb drive to Lois as well, I was looking at the panel. looks to be a male's hand who had a, you know, a little bit of blood, like a Caucasian male with a little bit of blood on his hand, putting that in. Which made me think it was Osmodeus because he just had the shit feet out of him. I thought it was too, but yeah. But, you know, yeah. you still have Saturn Girl. You still got Johnny Thunder out there who do know the truth of what's happened before. So Mime I and Marionette. Exactly. We, I don't know what they know around- though. Yeah, I don't know either. So we're going to have to see what's going down. But yeah, right. there's even that that little funny thing in, in here with uh, just how the one guy's like, hey, you got to pay for it when this kid's stealing the apple, which I swear <laughs> to God was just like, oh, that ended up with the Saturn girl too. And, uh, but yeah, I She's like going it. to Arkham like Asylum, boy. And, and, and this is where, you know, we talk about Gary Frank uh, go, getting behind on the deal. Well, just think of this. And I've said this before, but look at this and then look at Mr. Miracle and you see a very big difference of what it is to actually draw nine panels where they're all different. I mean, this is there. There's barely the anything. It's amazing. The art's amazing there. I mean, and when it is reused in a bit it it is different like even when you have superman go and talk to black adam you have superman looking then you have black adam welcome to conduct and then you have a closer look at superman's face but now he's squinting it's just everything is great it it looks so good and it it is worth i mean 10 years from now nobody's going to care about these delays they're going to have this trade and they're going to read it it's it's the art is great and it, I actually can't wait till it's over to read it as a whole again because yeah, each issue yeah. just feels like it's building up more and more and I'm liking it more. I'll tell you, we're right. a little on the fence for like, I know you were especially on the fence about what no. this event was when it first got started. You weren't really hip on it, but yeah, it because I'm not a huge building. Watchmen fan and, yeah. and I don't really care to have them in our universe, but we'll see. But yeah, just looking at it too, it's also oversized. You yeah. know, you have 28, 28 pages. And nothing's reused, really. It's so, so any, I see people like, oh, why can't you do this? You had Mitch Garrard's doing it. He won an Eisner for the nine panels. He reused yeah. so no many assets. There's no comparison in my in mind that. between there this and that. There is none. 
there is no comparison. But what did you give this? I love the art in this. I love the story. It really just opened up everything. Like everything I, I like I thought I knew from just reading those little backup pieces of the newspapers. It really just showed me front and center what the world of the DC is now. And it just really got me excited for what's to come because I always want to say it's darkest for the dawn. Well, it's dark as hell right now. So I hope we have a dawn coming. I gave this issue a 9.5 out of 10. Plus yeah. it featured one of my favorite heroes, Firestorm, front and center. Yeah. I I agree, Hi. and I'm going nine eight. Ooh. I loved it. I mean, we're talking. I, I don't want to joke around with this because we're trying to be. See, you know, this is a pretty serious book, but yeah, I'm nine eight. Uh, even when they go, th- there's just little things that made me laugh, though. Like when they go to uh, Condock and yeah. the creepers there. <laughs> Just chilling. <laughs> Just maybe left giving the giving the boy an apple. I mean, you keep him away from that boy. Don't don't let him near him. But yeah, I, I think that this was great. This is what I've been waiting for since this whole series started. Was more of like what's going on in weight. this world. Yeah. And I want to see, you know, and, and really it now is when it sucks again because now we have to wait two months and I want to know what's going on. And I get the more idea. Than ever. Well, here's the thing, though. This is issue eight. We only have four more issues. We have a lot of Watchmen stuff to to resolve. That's why I think what we have here is we have this. Then we're going to go nine, ten with Watchmen stuff. I don't think we're actually going to get back to this. And it's going to kill me that we may be six months away from seeing what this really is because we have a lot of stuff to deal with. We have a lot of stuff to deal with in four issues. So we'll have to see. I don't know what the solicits are, but I'm assuming we will go back to the Watchmen stuff uh, after this. And that's the stuff that I'm, you know, I'm okay with. But I'm, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. This issue has been what I've been waiting for, what I'm here for, seeing all this. And even just seeing what – like I want to know what happens to Batman. <laughs> like does Batman crash then and they take him because he is a – He's an American. He shouldn't be there. Are they going to grab him? I mean, borders, Batman. Yeah, there's some troubles here. I mean, is it going to be a point where you even see like a, a Black Adam task force that's going to have to go in and say that? Like, there's a lot of things that may happen that I really want. Do you end up with the people's, uh, you know, champions there, the heroes, the people's heroes in Russia? Do they start thinking like, boy, this isn't what we signed up for? Do they help? Do they go to con? There, there's a lot of stuff that I want to see the DC Universe Stuff. That's why I think that it's brilliant the way he did this is that you get Osmondeus first page, last page, but everything else is all DC stuff. Yeah. And it really has weight for me because of what's going on. I don't have all of a sudden mime and marionette, you know, bebopping around playing finger bang. That that wouldn't fit with what's going on here. And I think that that was great. So, yeah, I'm nine, eight. And I'll tell you. I may not. That may not be my book of the week, Eric. Oh wow! <laughs> it, may, it may not be my book of the week, Eric. I just I want to be so positive that I'm now going to change my score for Doomsday Clock. Thirteen out of ten. Is that possible? <laughs> Is this rhyme possible? In a weird it does nation. this rhyme? Uh, yes, but yeah, this isn't my book of the week at a 9-8, so there you go. What's next? Eric? Shazam, number one, written by Jeff Johns with art by Dale Eaglesham, Mike Atelia, Rob Lee, and Mayo Sen Nato. It's been years in the making, but the Shazam family is finally able to be featured in a book of their own, or in any book, actually. Mr. Mine and Dr. Savannah may be in the background plotting some monstrous society of evil things, but we're not worried about that as we take our time to acclimate ourselves into the love and hope that these characters inspire, not to mention yeah. a story that seems to feature a trip to the other six worlds of magic. Yes, and I know that some in the Get Fresh crew people boop, boop. didn't like this as yeah. much as us. Now, I will say right away that if you read those backups, 
in Justice League in the new 52, uh, this is the perfect, you know, get back into it. Sure it, is. it because like you don't need if, any of that bit after Forever Evil where Shazam was nope. part of the Justice League because all you really nope. got from that was him playing ping pong or video games with Cyborg. Yeah, so playing video all you games need is with backups Cyborg. right into this. And with that, this is where I really, really like this because I've gone back and read the backups and right. checked out some of the things because it's been a while. So I went back and read it. And if you remember when we were yeah, – this is before the podcast. Me and you were just before the site. We would hey, just read reading? this stuff and we, we would talk about it. We were just readers back then. <laughs> we were just readers. And we enjoyed it enough, but we had a lot of issues with those how Billy and Freddie were back jerks. <laughs> Uh, you had a lot of that setup that a lot of those backups involve Billy not wanting any parts of the family. Nope. Now, so when you go into this, that's all behind us. It and is. it's so good. And then that, that, that bit was go- earned. You got that bastard yeah. Billy who actually became the hero. So this bit here is earned and it feels yeah. right. And, and, and it feels he, perfect. Oh, he was such a jerk. And he I hated him so he, much. He ended up just throwing shade at all of the kids, Mary, all of them. Just like, yeah, I don't want any parts of you. He he was a liar. He, he was a good kid. But he wasn't a great, you know, he didn't act great. And no. with this beginning, you get this, you know, the deal. Like, the heart Billy of a hero, was though, a delinquent. Uh, but the wizard saw that he had that. And that's, it really catches you up with that. And you go from there. Now, I do agree. And Simon was one. Like, me and Simon are the polar opposites. I love this book. <laughs> and I don't like Just League Dark. He's the opposite. But I like this because, to me, this is what I've been waiting for from from the beginning of Rebirth. You have a family. You have a lot of fun with this. Everybody's having fun, and they're they're just excited to be heroes. There's nobody there who uh, uh, I keep thinking of getting shot. No, oh, do I got to go to the they don't sanctuary? Have mental or personal problems? No, they're not going to the sanctuary. They're using becoming a hero as something that they've wanted to, and they're kids. So this is the best. And also, then and essentially by the at this end, point too, just the idea of them being kids and what they're doing and just keeping a kind of a secret from their foster family, the Vac- the Vasquez's. Yeah. It's almost like a, a secret clubhouse, like, you know, club, like, you know, a treehouse yeah. club, which is like, you know, they just go and they have their secret little yeah. th- life like this, like you wouldn't any kind of Ford or anything like a kid. It just so happens they happen to be superheroes as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with that, you have the Vasquez's who are their foster parents. Th- they're great people. They're not mean. Victor they and don't Rosa make Vasquez them, are amazing people. They don't people. make them work and too they hard, and they always lasagna. have been. They have been from the beginning. Uh, even in those backups, they are great people that have a family. They ended up going and getting Billy, and Billy said right away, "Like, why are you guys going for me? I'm older, you know. Everybody comes here to the, the you know, the the home and grab the babies yeah. and stuff like that. I'm like, no, no, we have a family. You'd fit right in, and he does. And so, if you were part of that, that was the like you said, this is earned now because we saw the jerk off Billy, the Billy who didn't want to be the a worst foster part. It's kid. Beyond- and earn because of how long it's been since that's been yeah. over to this. It's almost and it's, like you what's know, weird about it's ridiculous. it ridiculous. Years in I the don't making. Have, yeah, I don't have a very great memory. So, so when you go into this and I read it, you don't even no, you don't even need to. You don't even need to remember everything. All you have to remember is Billy was a jerk and didn't want anything to do with this family. 
family. Which but essentially, by the end, for the most part, you can get that from, from watching the new Shazam yeah. trailer for the movie coming out. You get all the stuff yeah. where you know, he became Shazam and tried to buy some beer because now he's an adult, stuff like that. Yeah. You get the whole thing where then he evolves into the hero that we all know in and the so series. So going into this, uh, you know, they set it up. They give you that background of how he became Shazam. Then you go and they're on a school trip, him and Freddy. Freddy is like, I don't even care. And and I love Freddy's Freddy. Bored. A lot of people hate him. But <laughs> Freddy's like, I don't need to see this. For they're Freddy learning about the revolution. Everybody has. Oh, uh, he's the worst. They, they're learning about the revolution. He goes, I get it. I know we beat the Germans. <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on. But these guys come and attack and they're dressed. It's so kind Freddy's of a not play college on. Is what you're telling no, me. no, not at all. It's a kind of a play on Spider-Man Homecoming. You, you have oh, the guys dressed up as the Justice that. League. And you have... You know, not even Billy. just dressed up like the Just League. They have little plastic masks over their face yeah. that just of the Just yeah. League characters, like that. You know, the homecoming villains that were yeah. robbing that yeah. bank of the ATMs yep. in Spider-Man: Homecoming were the Avengers. Yeah. So they want to get you know, give us the ancient stuff here. We're getting out of here. Billy turns into Shazam, Shazam. and he says, "And you're going to get a couple wink winks throughout this." Is basically, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm having trouble saying my name." Playing off the fact that well, he can't say if he says Shazam again. That, 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 that's something that feels new to this, where they are playing the idea that Shazam is his magic word. That's why we have a lot of people who hate the idea that he's not Captain Marvel anymore because Shazam well, is the magic be. word. Exactly, yeah. but Shazam's the magic word. So how can it also be his name? But he says his name. He turns back and forth between Billy Bats and, and the superhero. I, I thought we got past that to like, you know, he had to want to do that. That's like, you know, I say Shazam and then in the, in the, the reason is to become Billy or Shazam. I have to know what I'm doing. He can say yeah, his name. I don't mind Here it. though, it's, it's like, we're, we're kind of moving back though, that we don't have a name for Shazam, even though he's been called Shazam left and right since, you know, we got his origin in the backups of the Justice League. Yeah, I mean, he is Shazam, and that's his name. He just doesn't want to say it again. I mean, it is the, you know, the deal. Uh, I just thought it was just a funny little play on that, that he's given the wink-wink. But then when the family shows up, the moral, you know, the Shazam family, uh, all of a sudden, again, this is what we were waiting for that whole time with those backups. This is what we wanted. This, oh, yeah. is, and it's awesome. So you see them. I'm like, holy crap! That they didn't waste any time. Like <laughs> it really all. shocked me that the Shazam family showed up right there within a couple pages. I'm like, this is awesome. This is the best. And they start to do. You know, they use their powers. Yeah, they don't really spell out their names fully yet, or their powers were kind of you know a little ambiguous. That's the with thing. Some it's like- you, you had these things when they were introduced in Flashpoint, and then you had them again in the backup when you started getting more of these characters kind of thing, where you had the idea that Eugene, there's Darla, there's Mary, yeah. there's Freddy, and there's Pedro. And these all have different aspects of the Shazam power kind of thing. Like, you know, Darla has speed. You know, Pedro yeah. I mean, is, has the strength. And like, he's Eugene strength. is like the techno path kind of the electricity. And he looks like Hercules. I mean, he looks like Hercules. He looks like, like, Hercules. Exactly he looks like, like Solomon. Hercules. It's good. Yeah, yeah, he does. I love he's Pedro big. so much. He's, him and Darla are my favorite. And the thing is, going back and reading the backups, I realized that I love Darla from the get-go. Darla yeah. was the one when Billy so showed sweet. up. Billy showed up and they're like, hey, what's up? And Billy's like, not some. Darla comes running down the stairs and just jumps and hugs Billy. Welcome home, Billy. And he was like taken aback by it. She's awesome. The thing is, I think that what I think that what's going on here is that with the idea of them needing names, they even say, oh, we got to come up with names. uh, You can't call for Captain Marvel Jr. anymore, obviously. But I do think that what they're going to do is for the people who did say, boy, I don't know who this. Yeah, you could call her. 
that. I'm, I'm I hope so. Sure. Uh, with Darla, though, even like some people are like, I don't even know her name. Uh, I don't know Eugene's name. I think that they're waiting for maybe next issue when they decide to get their names. Like if they're sitting there, they're going to say like, I think that it's a better way of just all of a sudden they show up and for no reason they're like, I'm Darla. I can run fast. I think that what they'll do is at some point get together and say, okay, let's come up with names. Yeah, and what can I get, you know, names? And she could say, well, I I use speed. I use the speed of Mercury. Like, what should I be? Miss Mercury. All right, I'm in. And there you go. I think that that's where he's waiting to do this. Though it is a little off because I usually say by the end of an issue, if I don't know the names, then there's something a little off. And yeah, I did have a problem with that myself too. Yeah, you, it's so been a I while think that's Flashpoint he, and the freaking backups. If I'm sitting these at these looking at these people, I'm like, oh, what is it? A Pedro? Yeah. yeah. So know, I think like, uh, that what he wants, I think he wants this to be a fast moving issue and not bogged down by, hey, look at me. I'm Darla. I'm fast. You get a little of it. Eugene's like, hey, this TV's sad. You know, I, I deal with electricity and, and techno stuff. And and I think that he will get to that. That is the one thing that is a little bit well, down I, for I'm, some I'm wondering people. if it's going to be because in the end of this issue, we do have a little, you know, Mary Marble backup kind of thing, getting you yeah. the idea of who Mary is and how she became part of the Foster family. I think we're going to get that with all the characters, but even it's like- It's weird know, though, because yeah, you have that with the Foster family, but you really don't get like, I, I don't think still that people would know Darla's name after that, because she's part of that right. backup with Mary as well, and Freddie and stuff right. like that. But yeah, I, I think that the whole idea of coming up with their code names, because they say at one point, hey, Mary, now we're going to get code, code names. names. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, you do have like everybody yelling, man, it's the Lightning League and it's the Thunder Squad. And they're (laughs) all fighting. Yeah, they're all fighting about what's going on. They do take out these guys. And then you have the police and like, hey, who's in charge here? And Mary and Billy are like, me, I am. They they don't know. They they just started. So they have no idea. I'm the strongest. I should be the leader. They're they're just going. And and while I'm reading this, when they showed up as a family, I was all excited. But they go home and have dinner. And that's where you see the Vasquez is that they're so great. But they're having Rosa calls everybody down. Victor's made homemade lasagna. And they all sit at the table to shoveling food in their faces trying to talk about the day. (laughs) Yeah, because they're like, what happened? Well, Billy's class, they kind of got taken hostage. What? What? Don't worry. His super team showed up. And the best is Pedro. He's shoving (laughs) lasagna in his mouth. Dude, I call them the Thunder Squad. They're badasses. And then you have have, uh, Freddy's like, they are badasses, but it's definitely not their name. And uh, Could did be. anybody get hurt? Nah, the egos of the bad guys. Uh, the coolest one was the guy with electricity. Nah, nah, <laughs> I like this guy. And then, like, what are they called? Who are these guys? And they all yell out different names. And the sparkly friends is the worst, but it's Darla. It fits. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. The Thunder Squad, the Philadelphia Wizards, the Magic Men, the Super Sorcerers, Lightning League. Of oh, all we, those, we also, we also love the idea the of best. that. Shazam and this whole family are based out of Philadelphia now. That is yeah, something that we do really love. Yep, that's our little deal, me, you, and Adam. Uh, we that's can right. enjoy our our local heroes. Uh, but yeah, I, I love it. I love every bit of this. This scene of you them like the eating magic and talking is no. I'm telling you, Thunder <laughs> Squad is where I'm with Pedro. That's that's the badass. But just this 
little scene of them talking to their foster parents who are great people. They, they're having the time of their Wizards lives. sounds like a minor league basketball team. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. They're, they're having the time of their lives. Well, it is the, the Washington Wizards, Eric, yeah. if you are aware. They, they end up having so much fun. Being This is what I wanted out of Rebirth. This is the idea of the hope and love and family. This, uh, just, I just, this is what I, mean, I wanted. That's why it that, hits though, with me. Of how much we love the Vasquez. And they're just nice people. We just had all this. They, the kids rush up. They say they have homework to do. And so they can yeah. all go off to the Rock of Eternity. And they can yeah, have they their, go to the Rock of their clubhouse kind of idea. They set it how up. Come the, how come the Vasquez is they never go and check in on them or help them with their eh, homework? They might later. How are they gone? So, I mean, they, they, do go to, they do go to bed. I mean, they're only there for a little bit. Yeah, they go. Billy, you know, uses the deal, opens up the Rock of Attorney. It's a clubhouse. I, I just mean, love they have the magic, you know, opens lights. up the, the magic opens up the closet door to the Rock of Eternity where they yeah. all just go inside. Now we have there. Narnia, which I'm a sucker for. Me too. I'm a sucker for any story where kids go to a different realm. They even have, when you go in there, they, they're putting up Shazam Family Head the banner. banner up there. They have a board game well, it's even on the ground like that the it original, looks like they like, were having fun. Kind of Teen Titans when they had their clubhouse and stuff like yeah, that. It's very yeah. reminiscent of that and yeah. I love that. It, it really, Jeff Johns is hitting all my notes. Me too. All the things I love that makes me smile. Just seeing that little board game on the ground that they just go and have fun here and uh this yeah they, they end up where eugene ends up he has been mapping we're things, trying uh, to and it, when they introduce them in the backups eugene was a guy who's really big on reading he's he's one of the smarter ones so the anti-jim winner is what you're telling well, me well yeah no. <laughs> well also he was kind of supposedly because billy said that he liked reading and then when you i like reading too but only likes non-fiction billy's like Ugh. but uh yeah they go he's been mapping things out and again like a hogwarts it changes it yeah. ends up changing around More like the house and of mysteries a, yeah a new a big thing opened up the station where it has a, a train and things like that. That's so funny because this opens up. We have this train station here. I'm like, it just reminded me of when you go into and you see the new Turtle Lair and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 and okay. they have the whole train station vibe. Don't you remember that? No. No, I, you don't I remember don't Turtles 2? Secret no. of the Ooze? No, it's very I, I don't remember that. Oh, I don't so remember Why am I a fatty for no, like a now, TMNT? Now what are you doing? Because you're sitting there on your fat ass oh. watching your turtles. Uh, yeah, so they go well, in why there. Is it be there fat? Is, I also like the uh, the idea that they're there. There's this big train. It, it almost looks like it'd be a Beatle-esque train from the beginning. I, from the front. Uh, very psychedelic type deal. There is a map That's for the magic lands that it seems to be able to go to. And also a little just side deal. No adult supervision required on the wall which made me laugh it and really the made idea me laugh these magical lands that the train can take you to it's like we yeah. know that you know earth is one of them like you know our realm is one of them i actually am i hate the scavenger hunt aspect i am excited to see what these other symbols will mean oh, to yeah. these other but i am very very afraid of and one's right in the be, middle be actually to me oh i know one of them's gem world <laughs> so right in the middle though looks like a roller coaster ride uh you know park there that's what i want to go to you see that big I roller do. coaster hercules i think that's hercules there uh and i mean the ride yes I know. Uh, but yeah I, I really like it I so as they're doing there. this they're, they're you know oh there's the magic lands and they're like hey come on you do let's let's magic on and and freddie of course who always has to do something crazy <laughs> Uh, turns it on at the same point in our regular world there's a knock on the door and somebody has come and says he is Billy's father 
And it, that matches up to the backups because, yeah. in fact, at one point, Billy looks at a picture of his mom and dad, and this looks exactly not only like that, his dad. The motherfucker looks just like Captain Marvel Shazam himself. You know, yeah, this, this he looks does. like Billy grown up. And it, it is C.C. Batson the Fifth yeah. is, is what his name is. Clarence Charles Batson the Fifth, if, if you will. Proper guy. Uh, yeah, but he was in uh, – if you, if you do want to go back and read it, he is in the, – the backups, I believe, start in issue seven. seven. Yeah. And he – is uh in issue eight you see a picture of uh the father and it matches up whether or not it's legitimately him uh, i gotta imagine this is somehow dr savannah and mr mind doing something because when we last left those bags i'm pretty sure that mr mind was inside the rock of eternity like he was like held there kind of prisoner and dr savannah found him so i have to imagine like they know what the kids are up to they know what the goings on are like they might be watching them yeah, and it says "Welcome to the Funlands," uh, and I can only imagine that's that roller coaster uh, you know, <laughs> I thing. Hope so. I'm going to be, I'm going to be so happy. But even there, you you even have a little maze at one point. A couple places with mazes. You got a little swamp there, a castle. I can't it's imagine cool you like mazes. This is, Oh, yeah. no, I don't no? like mazes. No, I didn't no. think so. I'm telling you, no. you get all excited. I'm like, a, I don't think I'll you're a guy you, who would like we're mazes. We're in a hedge maze. Yeah. You know what I'm doing? I'm climbing cheating. up that goddamn hedge and cheating my ass out of there. That's all I would do. That's what would drive me nuts. Or just I would go through the hedges. That's what I do. Why can't you just have uh, fun? Yeah. Why can't you just do nah, it? No, that's not fun, being trapped somewhere. Here, come over here. I'll lock you in my fucking closet. You'll have a fucking ball. There's nothing in there either right now. You can, I'll, I'll throw in a transformer. I'll, a come, of I'll get in there. you in a fucking week and we'll see how much of a goddamn good time you've having. That doesn't seem there like I am a cursing like a tough guy. <laughs> all of a sudden I get mad at you. I think I'm a tough guy. All of a sudden you don't like mazes. It's gotten violent. No, I hate mazes. I, I don't like them. Also, I don't like people who call corn maze. I, I don't know why, Eric. It gets Native me. Americans? No, just yeah. You don't they, like Native Americans? That's their that word, Eric. That's their word. You don't tell me then. You start saying, Get hey, woke, come Jim. over. I'm having pop maze. What? The heck are you saying? I better get woke indeed. <laughs> <laughs> you, you never knew that that's my trigger. Mazes. Uh, and any any, any actors with the last name Maze? No way he's going to have a, like a smile on his face. No, I'd be so angry. First off, if somebody said to me, you know, if it ever got beyond the point of, hey, we should go to the maze, and I said yes, I said, somebody, somebody better check my, you know, sobriety. So level. you're telling me when you know October or September Daddy's come around drinking. next year that we can't go to a, like a corn maze no, together? Like I'm not that. going to those corn mazes. I hate them. And when we go to the buffet around this oh, time, we we'll pass them, and I get angry looking at them. I, Who the hell is doing these now? Now a hayride. Now we're talking because there's. Nothing That's better so than sitting on hay with it going up your ass. I don't wear underwear and I wear shorts all the time. I'm not on a hayride either. I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't like the hayrides. I can't really does. do much in the winter. I, I don't own a pair of pants. So with that, I cannot do a lot of wintertime activities, well, which I don't pants. like anyway. And if, I'm going to get pants to go in a maze or a no, hayride. I'm just saying to do anything. You know, what, you know what the best? Actually, there is one. You know what the best part of the hayride is? The end. When you when you get off the hayride, these are the jokes. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get worse later. We have a backup in this. It's a Mary uh, backup. It's titled Mary. Yeah. And Mayo Senato does the art for it. And if you ever ever wanted to just you just you're sitting there and you go, I wonder what Jim sort hates of art Native Jim Americans, but he loves this so art. much. I'm telling you, if you want to know what art Jim thinks is perfection. 
there it is. And I hope that these backups continue this same art because they obviously they'll go together well. This is pure me. This is a story. Everything about this is just what I love. And I loved it. And when they end up, because it's Mary, she they show how she gets adopted. Her parents were just pieces of jerks. Oh, yeah. You know, pieces I'm sorry, of crap. They, they were essentially, pieces in my mind, jerks, Carol, They're pieces of jerks. They're pieces in my of mind, jerks. Their parents are essentially Carol Burnett and Andy. It's like, you, you got to make dinner. You got to yeah. wash the dishes. You got to do all this stuff. Mary, you got to get out of your room. Because all yeah. they want it's, is her it, to be their they, little maid, it seems they like. They act like, you know, she's Cinderella. And they make her do everything. She oh, has turned it on Andy. them, and she basically is Keith. She's locked their asses out. They can't get there. The bitch can't get it through the door. She's <laughs> locked them out. She escapes. Well, she they find the her. Yeah, she gets out and ends up, you know, giving what little money she has to the Salvation Army. I mean, so, it is really – Mary's you, a nice girl, but if you're ever going to yeah. run away, I don't suggest you give all your money to the no, Salvation and, Army and, right I away. I mean, the, the one thing that you can say about this is the idea that maybe she's a little too good here. But Way too just good. the thing is – Mary, there, there is no way that you're going to read any Shazam book and not fall in love with Mary no. anyway. So this goes where she goes down. And I'm telling you, the minute that she gets down out of the fire escape, she goes out the window and goes down. And you hear her parents, Mary, you're not going anywhere, you little monster. And she looks up scared and then looks up like she's like, you know, not on my watch. And leaves. <laughs> I'm like, I love her. She's the best character ever. She's great. Until then. When Darla shows up, because she's not Freddy. Freddie shows up first. Freddie's funny too. Freddie's great because you, you go in and Freddie's there, and this is where she first shows up. It looks like you know there's the two there are first Freddie and Mary. They right. show up. Freddie's reading How to Make Your Own Fireworks, uh, <laughs> only for adults book, and it made me laugh so much. And Mary's just kind of, you know, she's doing everything she's supposed to. She's very polite. You know, yeah. Freddie's just she's like, got a nice my thing parents she's are in go prison. She doesn't want to ruin a good thing here. And even just a little thing where like, Freddie, why don't you introduce yourself to Mary? My parents are in prison. She's like, mine should be. And you see the Vasquez right. is like, oh, uh, you know, they look at each other like, I, I'm glad that we have these kids. Like Thank these God kids we're deserve better. Shit, huh? It's so good. Just the art and the expressions with the big eyes. It's very anime-esque. Uh, but those big eyes just are so great and you see that freddie you know they're walking freddie and we didn't mention freddie had you know he has a walking problem he's kind of a yeah. cripple with two uh deals so you have him what are those, what are those called where those you know little canes are strapped to the arms uh you know walking sticks i, just I don't walking know sticks? crutches don't know. they are what are we talking about on they're just crutches. crutches he's on crutches but yeah they're they're going and he's kind of behind but he says hey i I see you, you, you really, you know, (laughs) you really like that rabbit. And you know what? I've been looking for an excuse to pull this fire alarm. Well, and not you only do that, get because that. you get that background that Dr. Savannah's yeah. been going through a lot of rabbits lately, and the pet shop owner's yeah. like, look, he's paying the bills. Who cares what he's doing to him? Just send and, the guy the and rabbit. And it seems like they hear that, that this, you know, they might think that the experiments are going to be done on. He's yeah. like, you want to save that rabbit? I've really been looking for an excuse for the fire alarm. He pulls that. Somehow a fire alarm leads the animals to go berserk. I know. I'm you have you, a turtle they, running it's all of a for freedom. It's Pee-wee's big adventure where like, it seems <laughs> oh like they all the animals before they grabbed Hoppy and ran it's out. It's a prison break. The minute that that gets pulled, a turtle is taking off. A, a snake is wrapping a around. Like, eagle or a vulture, it looks yeah, like. And I just love it, too, because you have Mary running, and she has the rabbit, which is Hoppy. Freddie is uh, getting caught, all right? 
He's not running. Freddy, he's, he's on crutches. The time of his life. <laughs> this is the problem is they have their own crutches. So he's going to, but that's why the animals are attacking. <laughs> but yeah, she ends up there. And this is, it wraps around that Mary's been telling this to Darla yeah. about how and now she came. And how day right and before, how you know, Hoppy, the robbers come in. Yeah. And how that ends up being the way that they became a family. That's how the start of them being a family, because then they get the call. And then you see that this is happening while Freddie and Billy were at the museum. So you end up with like, what? Billy called them. That's Uh, why they showed up. And I loved it. I loved it so much because she's like, what? You know, uh, you're at the museum. Okay. And she's oh, Darla, we got, I got to go. You know, Billy, can I come too? Oh, he wants us all to come. And they yell Shazam and they become, and then, and then you see that Hoppy, also becomes he happy. He got a little and, bit and of that excess Shazam power when they transformed. He, he flies a, out. Where's he going? He's Where going to he be going the Marvel there? Bunny. He's going to get, he's going to end up in some, you know, carrot field eating carrots or something. But yeah, even, even that little bit with the Shazam symbol in his eyes. So good. It's so good. And why I really like this too, again, I know we keep saying it, but going back to the, the original backups was the idea of getting Tawny the whole time because there was the tiger. Tawny the tiger at the Philadelphia Zoo. Tawny was in the Philadelphia Zoo and you'd see him and we're like, oh my God tomorrow and there's not a tony the tiger i'm very upset yeah well we saw that and so you're like oh man this is like i said i think that where i really love this issue so much is that there's a lot of things that jeff johns does not stall on it boom we got the family we're in the rock of eternity we have this map of the magic deal we have all this stuff and then even in the backup where you, you see hoppy which this could have been something that would last for it may not even mean anything but he is a member of the shazam family sure and is. all of a sudden in, in one little backup boom you have him yeah. And so you get this idea in my mind reading this, then this means that I know that going forward, I I don't know, but I'm hoping because of how, you know, right out of the gate, this is that every issue should be something happening. And that's one of the things that I have been so upset. I'll I'll go on the rest of the podcast. I don't know how I know this, Eric. I'm seeing in the future of this podcast. One of my major points. We record stuff out of sequence. One of my, here we go. One of my major, (laughs) that's the joke. One of these major things is the stalling of everything. And the, the funny thing about this is, it's been so long since those backups that it's almost like Jeff Johns cannot wait to move this forward and get going. So it's I hope that this time. pace, this pace to me, you got so much in this first issue of stuff that we were begging for years ago in the backup. And he's just like, you're getting it. Here All right, it let's is. go. We did and, this. And without, we get a spread page for the origin. And, and, we're done. Let's move on. Yeah. And without any sort of big, you know, world ending villain, you know, you got Dr. Savannah mentioned in the backup, you have some things going, Coming up but without the, that, yeah. you, all Mr. you Minus had Savannah. was, yeah, all you had and the was society. guys dressed up in masks of the Justice League. And I didn't care because <laughs> I loved it. I don't need to have eight trillion villains and the in the world of these coming to other, an end. You know, six magical worlds. Yeah, yeah. So it just it it hit, and not to mention some me. family drama with Billy's dad coming around out of nowhere. Yeah, some drama, some at drama the end because that that would split them apart. Yeah, and and really, how are you going to have know, the Shazam family if Shazam's not with them? No, I don't know. 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe he'll, you know, he's got a fancy name. He is a fifth. So maybe he will adopt them all. But the Vasquezes, they're great people, don't too. Don't you take them away from uh, the yeah. Vasquezes. How no, you they're say the that? best. They, they were ne- and that's what I liked about it. Most of these stories would end up having the awful step parents that, you know, foster parents that would lead them to want to be you, you keep the Marvel for that, fan. Especially like Raven, daughter, Douglas. So you're just waiting for mm. Raven's, you know, aunt and uncle mm. to start abusing her. Become some weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's still going to happen. Raven just wiped their mind. They're going to wipe their mind clear of them being nice is what i think oh god is anybody reading that besides me you and chris no uh but what did you give this i love the artness i love it completely i hope no creative like you know no creator on this book ever changes because i always wanted to look like this backup and all I love now, the story. remember, you say that it is delayed. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> it's like five weeks it was delayed. I'm telling but you. But yeah, I, I, I've, waited, go I've waited, you know, five, six years for it to come back. I can wait five more weeks just as long as it continues to look this good. I love the story. My biggest problem with the issue is the idea that we have a name problem for Shazam out of nowhere. And I don't think they pushed the name of the other, like, you know, the Shazam family as much as they could have to even get me back on board for stuff that I used to know. So I ended up giving it a 9 out of 10. I love this issue. I can't wait for the next one. And that's the thing. You say the Shazam name problem. We don't know that that's a problem. That might have just been a little joke there. He he never even talks about maybe calling himself Captain Marvel at one point. Yeah, but he can't do that. No. That's a league, you know. But he says he can't say his name lately because of the thing, you know, he's so Shazam, he's going to turn back. Yeah, I think we're going back to that lately, idea. though, yeah. too. We'll have to see. I think that that was just a joke, and we'll just go from there. Because really, if they're going to have a banner that says the Shazam family, you can't say that either. I mean, it, there would be real problems well, with a Shazam. lot of stuff with that. Well, I'm saying, but they'll all say Shazam and they'll all turn into it. I mean, you have like, hey, you like the banner? It's the Shazam. Oh, no. And they turn. So I don't think that they're going to play. I just thought we had gotten away from that before from the backup. I think we have. I think it was a joke. I think that it was just him playing a joke and and being a little wink, wink at the whole idea of the Captain Marvel versus Shazam thing. I I think that that's all it was. And we'll see, because I don't think he's going to tie himself down to that, especially when you have all these other characters and they're the Shazam family the book's called Jazam. Uh, i think that they'll get away from that pretty quick but i'm gonna give it a nine eight just the same as the doom i thought you said the other one wasn't your book of the week no it's because they're both my book of the week they're gonna technically doomsday clock is still your book of the week it's a it's only half of the book of the week that's not my full (laughs) i have books of the week okay now we're gonna continue with another positive issue but not quite as positive as these others this will not be one of my books of of the week, but it's just league number 13 written by Maybe in Reggie's section. Art by Gilliam March. Yeah, that's not happening. Ari <laughs> Priano. I don't even know if I was there during Reggie's section. <laughs> I disappeared for a while. I may have gone to the Rock of Eternity. Arif Priano and Tom Napolitano. And that's what I call going downstairs and making a sandwich. Yeah, we all do. Or possibly that's my Rock of Eternity is the Slack chat. <laughs> Where if you ever, is that a, uh, a caveat the deal? Slack of you eternity? Know, it's a little bonus of the Slack chat is when I record books that I don't like, all of a sudden I get very chatty on the Slack chat. <laughs> the Justice League has been a book of mysteries and crossovers. And while I am waiting to find out about the totality and the hidden forces, I like this Legion of Doom issue because it was good in and of itself. Yeah, I know it was part set up and reminder uh, for next week's Batman No Laughs number one. Seeing the Joker's Legion of Doom's Batman at odds with Lex over teaming up with Batman No Laughs was good. And so are the others thinking they needed to recruit a bit of the classic bad guy teams. Yes, I want answers, but I don't mind waiting for them if we have a little fun. And the problem I have is that we are trying to change our, 
you know, blurbs to kind of fill people in with what the book has been about. I've been struggling lately. Struggling? I don't know what to write for a blurb (laughs) for Justice League. This book has been all over the place. And I really think that this is not a cool down issue for me. This is a reset issue where I can kind of read this issue and get my bearings again. We just had Drowned Earth. and, And really to me, where this shows that that Drowned Earth was nonsense, Eric, garbage. Yeah, yeah, I, it wasn't quite garbage nonsense. They, they don't even really even reference it in the issue after it ended because it just – let's get That's past Earth that. problems. They're on the moon. Yeah, but with that, <laughs> I need a reset, not okay. a cool down, a reset so I can remember kind of what's going on. Let's get, Let me back get the, to the this, seven energies and the totality yeah, and, and all that good stuff. Earth really just threw a, a you know, it, it threw a wrench in the works. I don't even it know what the, the tier of extinction is anymore, how many no, there are. And, and you know what? The heck with it. Uh, you know, when it gets Moving to on. it, let's go with it. But that seems more like it was just to set up Kelly Sue DeConnick and, and Aquaman, if anything else. And so with this issue, I was shocked when I first read it. I'd be shocked that this was a Legion of Doom issue. It seems a little too soon for a Legion of Doom issue. We just had one in the, you know, the things going on. So with that, I was not looking forward to this. When I first started, people know, a lot of people in the Slack, especially I'm talking to you, Simon, know that James Tynan is not one of my favorite writers at the moment. And, you know, I'm kind of a little down on him. I like this issue. I liked it a lot as a kind of standalone deal to get me back. And hopefully now, Scott Snyder, next issue. Now we're going to go forward with our story. We get the, and this did serve as a reminder again, too, of Scott Snyder next week is coming out. The Batman will last number one. Yeah. I like that we just get this over with, have some fun, have something that we've been wanting and you've been wondering, are we going to get the classic, just a Legion of Doom? I mean, and we do, and then we don't. To a degree. And it also shows you how you don't mess with Joker. Uh, it shows you that Lex, in the meantime, is a badass himself, and really you see that Cheetah, Grodd, and Sinestro are just there for the ride, in my mind. It's also to one of those things to- where you have Lex Luthor, who's the, the like one of the most smartest guys in the world. He's one of the biggest yeah. villains we've ever had. You know, The idea that just the Joker, being the crazy guy he is, he can ruin Lex's day completely. All yeah. the well-laid plans that he has, the Joker can just come in and screw it all up just because yep. he's the Joker. And I'm like, you know, and, I and really yeah, like that It aspect. shows that. It also shows that Lex will make promises to everyone, no matter what those promises are. And if they go he against each everybody. other, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. And then even by the end, he says that he thought the Joker, and it, it's a weird line, but it makes sense. It's not that he thinks the Joker is the smartest guy ever. He thinks his type of intelligence is what should rule. That is doom. That is right. the chaos that he wants. So he wants the entropy. But now, yeah, and he's also kind of learning. Eh, maybe it wasn't so great. And by the end, just says we don't need Joker. I wanted him to be involved. We don't really need him. Like we he have is the embodiment of what I want. But if he's going to go yeah. from, we already have the totality. He's like the poster child. He was his exactly. mo kind of uh, in a in person. And yeah, it kind of bit him in the ass here. Uh, the art by Gillian March, and we've had me and you are big fans of Gillian March, yeah. and he kind of went away for a little. He was on the Talon book originally, and I thought the art was stupendous. He he had come back recently. I didn't like it. This issue, he seems to really be channeling like a Neil Adams 
old school look, and I love it. I, I thought it was great. Uh, it was all right to a degree. I, I, I love hate the Lex. Joker's eyes because half yeah, the time it just okay. seems yeah. almost like they're almost sewn shut for all the the heavy like pencil shading over top of them. Where they yeah, just well, sh- even not, at like, the you know, point, he there's some me. very uh, you know uh, times where he's showing some weird stuff too. But I I loved it. I thought the art was great, and it kind of had an old school look, uh, kind of going with the you Especially know society, the, Lex, the secret about. society yeah. and stuff. But the Lex looks just like Neil Adams stuff so with this it's very it's very talky and that's what oh, no. i said about james <laughs> tyne and that i didn't like but this is fun so it i is. don't mind it's a weird and, it's a weird fun though because the whole idea we start out where you know lex luther has recruited the joker from his you know his yes. latest kind of scheme to take yep, out you kill people that. and you see his recruitment which was cool but like when we get in the whole idea look that Batman who laughs, he's an abomination. He should not be a thing. So it's either if you want, it's either him or me. You can't have both yeah. of us. And it's a weird thing because did the Joker then come knowing that Lex had him in the basement chained up, or is it when he asked the Joker, the Batman who laughs, for help in order for him to be released? You know, a little trade off there. Yeah. Like, what is the thing that set him off when the Joker realized that the the Batman who laughs is in the basement, or the fact that Lex released him? I don't know exactly what's going Well, there was a couple times in the series where you had where Joker was really pissed about the Batman or less. When yes. he went down to talk to him and stuff. So I guess he found out then and he's been – what he says here – is been he's working been setting up the traps and yeah. stuff, he, you know, because he has the torture room or whatever at the one point that well, they I just, mentioned I just want well, to know what But he is, says is it's it? the whole place now. I don't know if, like, What's you know, it? he was upset about, though. The idea, is it, like, you know, that he had him there or that he's letting him go? Like, did he have the Batman who left chained up because that was part of the Joker's deal? Or is it yeah, that I, he Yeah, I think that he was all? just mad that he was there at all. Because okay. he did say, when, when Lex went down, he did get mad and, and said to the rest of them, like, this is bullshit, nah, you know, and that. It wasn't as spelled out. You should have had him just go down. But I get he just went off and started making these traps because he, he didn't want to just, you know, leave or whatever. Right. He's going to do this. And then... And even at the end, he lets them all go and says, you're, you're going to get screwed by this Batman who laughs anyway. So I'll just let I that. I going to screw laugh. you so hard, Lex. But Everything even you have, when, it's going to be taken have, down. He's, he's making the big float. It, you know, it's a little wink, wink with the whole parade Batman stuff movie, going yeah. on. And But I love it where Lex is sitting at, at Joker's desk. All the things around, you have the little uh, Joker ice fish in a bowl <laughs> with a Batman Imagine X hanging over it on, on a little pulley thing. Uh, you have all these things. A guy's hand there is chained up. And I really like the bear trap with the $100 bill in the middle. It just makes me laugh. But he has all these things, and I, I really like it. And the thing is, it's very, like I said, it's very talky, but it's very quick paced in my yeah. mind. And really there's not a lot to talk about because really it is just Joker versus, you know, Lex, Lex while everybody else is just oh, like, yeah. I'm because- it's, it's, it's getting Joker off the Legion of doom team. So yeah. we don't have to know what he's That's doing. What it and, is, yes. and it's also setting up next week's the Batman who laughs and getting us all acclimated to where and, he and is. You and know like, what? You know, it remind also everybody. does. It also reminds everybody man is off the team as well, because yes. they, they think that they have to recruit. We, gotta, we have to have people. a recruitment drive, Jim. Yeah. And while Lex is still, saying we don't need this we're winning and none you do of these have people that... can harness any of the things that we need them to do why no. are they here yeah we don't need them they want to have like they're all about this big legion of that's going to strike fear in yeah. all of the villains you know we'll have this guy's villain this guy's villain this guy's villain you have a who's who going on in the and meantime the, the, lex the, the, you you end up with the batman who laughs we already saw this scene where he's yes. like listen you let me go uh, I have my plan. You have yours. They may intersect. We may be against each other at points, but we'll try to keep our own distance from each other. And by the way, 
that's Perpetua. That's somebody in the totality. And yeah, you do that's the totality itself. Perpetua. Yeah, and he is trying to figure that out. Knowing that, you know, the source it. wall itself was a prison that was built to put these seven energy bombs. But who's the one that built the prison yeah. and stuff? Like and that? I'd and love to hear him from? talking. Can yeah. you hear me in there, Perpetua? <laughs> and as he's doing this, this is where you it's have like this recruitment drive. Yeah, and it seems as if they may have gone to Lex and said, "Hey, Lex, we're going to recruit some other guys." He was so busy with this. Hey, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's working on it because all of these villains start getting you know teleported in for this recruitment and they're like lex you're supposed to be down here we're doing this he's like oh man none of these minor costume meddlers can access the hidden forces why are you doing this he doesn't want to even go and down I'm there you, it's, it's a cool scene but i'm very upset that captain cold is occupied in bell rev right now because for the most part right front and center are you the other classic Legion of yeah. Doom members from the cartoon back in the day. And because, <laughs> yeah. we have, but now because Captain Cold's occupied, we have to have yeah. sub and Mr. Freeze instead, which is kind of bullshit in my mind because I, I how does just, he get jokerized with his freaking mask on? I, I don't mind the idea of it, but also it made me laugh right away that they put, you know, bandages around him to try, like, how do you blindfold <laughs> him? He, they blindfolded his thing. But yeah, you, but you like have you get this Toy Man deal. in the background there a little bit, Gigantus in yeah, the background. Yeah, there's some but fun I, we, like, I wish we just would have had the classic ones because you do get a few like Parasite, Parasite you get Cronus or like yeah, uh, yeah. Queen Bailey and stuff like that. You Riddler. didn't need them. Just give yeah, Riddler's a classic one. I'm like, yeah. you don't need the rest though. Just give me the classic no. characters from the Legion of Doom just to let me know that you were thinking about no. them because and, we have with that, a lot already. Yeah. And with the idea that Lex was not really involved with this getting set up, there is a kind of a thing there when they get to the big table, the Legion of Doom table, there's little gift boxes. And I, I laughed at that, but I also think that that is something that Lex would have checked into, but he's occupied, he's preoccupied. He doesn't care about this. They open it up, get, busy talking yeah, you to know, Perpetua. They get Joker Toxin, that Joker even says, I I set it up so each of them had their own little deal. So I'm guessing that maybe that's to explain that somehow it, got it was through made the suit to of get Mr. Freeze through somehow. to freeze. Yeah, because he does say, listen, I, you know, that's the sort of thing that makes them come back to the Joker. You know, that I look into the little details. And even when it's happening where he's laughing and you have the little hologram of, of Lex and he's laughing at him, it, it's the game is on. <laughs> it looks so and good. So, it's so oh, it scary. Does. And it even just looks like it, it's a video game type of thing that he's playing. He's just playing this game where he's going to show – Lex, that well, everything's he all set up. It's time to let down. the game go on itself. Like the game's set. Yeah. So I'm going to watch it play. And now. with it, that's where it starts to play out almost like the idea of Batman having the contingencies for the Justice League. This is the Joker almost doing the opposite of that, having the you know terrorized way of getting <laughs> rid of all these guys because they're attacking each other. They're going. Lex goes to get into it, his power it, suit. It is to that degree the you know the entropy path of what Batman does. Be prepared, yeah, kind of thing. Is. It's the and entropy version says, of that. He's says yeah he's like i i set it up i have this you know these rooms for every one of you ah, and he's laughing and it's it's one of those where i think that james tynan gets the deal where joker's not a joke no. i mean this is why he's, he's the, one of the better villains going on is this stuff and yeah he's gone and he's messed up the power suit but this is where <laughs> like, lex also shows that he's he found badass. the secret hidden room that yeah. lex keeps the power suit and then messed it up and yeah, put it yeah, back with all the stuff around it Yep, <laughs> and, and ends up Lex 
tears up the arm, kind of a jet, and he's, you know, shooting the guys. He's not going to kill them. That's where Joker's like, oh, look at you. You're lame. You're well, so I'm lame because the main Joker for you, says, yeah, and Joker says the way that I'm so great is because I change in the whole thing. I change personalities three times before breakfast. You are lame. You <laughs> always so do what Lex, Lex does. And he says, look at you. You're you're just Lex again. You're, you're just doing that. That's why you're afraid of me. And yeah, you end up going through you know the gauntlet he ends up there there's these uh, the blades going at him he's jumping at him and it's all a lot of fun it just goes again if you're going to complain about anything yeah and if you're gonna if you're gonna complain about anything it's just not much is going on to push the story essentially it's it's lex luther trying to run the gamut to get out alive while the joker's just exiting the story Yep, and Joker just comes and hits him over the head with the doorknob, and then chains him up like and the that Batman was a problem I have. How the hell did he get him out of the doorknob I, out of that glass? Which we were told before. Yeah. I even had a problem with Lex getting it out. This, unlike this, this ultra heavy glass that's unbreakable yeah. where he keeps the doorknob. I get the idea that maybe Lex had it out at that at that point. I, I don't, I don't know. know. Well, they did teleport everybody in, and they are on the moon, so maybe they had to use that to open up doors. I don't. I know. I don't know how that works. I, I don't know. I just but always yeah, thought that the, whole thing we saw before. I never liked that, and I don't like it yeah. now. Just thinking that people have to get this. Yeah, somehow. Lex has been walking around <laughs> with it and stuff. But it, you have everybody Jokerized, but then the Joker's like, "Oh, here they are. They're all here." But I am sedated. They're kind of you know with me. And he just says, "You know, I built a death trap for each member of the Legion, all built to be potentially lethal but practical enough that they'd each think they survived the worst when they pushed through it. They'd think they'd won. It, it's kind of a combo of a Black Mercy contingency." plan right. type deal they're all sitting at this table thinking that they won yeah. they, they think that they're the kings i mean whatever each one is doing they think they're leading the legion of doom whatever and they're just sitting there and all they're there to do though is just you step aside a little while i taunt lex and basically say you fucked up you could have had me on your team but you didn't you didn't go with the plan so, you went against the only thing that you well, promised me you went against and you will be fucked that's you're the thing. done you came to me and you told me you wanted art entropy of the art of entropy and stuff like that well this isn't going this was going to be my masterpiece made just for yeah. you that was the plan the perfect beautiful plan and it's nothing compared to what the batman who laughs is going to do to you yeah. just the idea that yeah. this guy is so bad the joker wants no parts of him he's like yeah, you know no screw parts. you guys i'm out yeah, and basically then he releases the antidote. He doesn't kill anybody. He doesn't no. do anything. This is just his way of showing that you you could have had this. Yep. Now you're screwed because you don't have me, and the, the Batman, Batman Alex is eventually going to yeah. screw you. He's going to screw you in the end. And so you have it where they, they all of the Legion of Doom, then these new recruits, they end up kind of coming cured. out of it and just like – yeah, we're done. We're, look, we're getting look, out of here. I this is a, cool I can, shit. You know, I could pick a fight with Joker at Gotham at home. Yeah, you know, I at home. Do I don't need home. to do it here. I'm not going to be a part of yeah. any of this bullshit, especially if the Joker's against it now. Yeah. So then you have Grodd, Sinestro, and Cheetah just like, oh, man, this sucks. We were going to do this. Now we're out one more person. Lex is like, I told you before. We're still winning, guys. We don't need this. We're winning. We have the totality. We have all this. You, you guys are jerks. But, hey, you know what? Let's get somebody else. And then it is crazy. He's like, hey, get me Ivo. Me Ivo. And it goes off and he is re uh, fixing and he reactivating Brainiac. Brainiac. It's crazy. It's just a crazy so, yeah. Which is another classic member of the Legion of and Doom. And again, so I love that is, aspect as well. 
the weird thing about this is you went through I a seen whole Ivo issue. I forgot he was all no. Freddy Krueger'd out. Oh, yeah, he's all fucked up. He, he ended up a where... More, more immortality potion, well, Ivo. that's Stop what it. happens. That's what happened to you, right? That's what you look like. Oh. Shit. Yeah, you end up having this whole issue where we said not much life. progresses the story. It reminds you that man is off the team. Joker is off yeah. the team. That's big. Uh, and you the have... The Batman laughs out and about. The Batman laughs. You also are reminded that they have the totality. There's all those things. It's kind of like a reminder after the well, event. Yeah, but, out of that mini event, we got to get yeah. people back on the, what's but, the trolley of what's going on. I'm telling you, a cliffhanger that Brainiac is being activated oh, at the God. end, that might be enough of a forward-going thing that it, it doesn't <laughs> matter what else happened. That is, that's humongous. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that is huge. So, yeah, I'm actually going up from my score on the site. I'm going to go to a 9.3, uh, just the deal uh, to go up because I really did like this. And talking to you about it and going through it, I, I, I think that this is a lot of fun. It is a lot of also fun. also a lot of crazy stuff, but it, it shows you how great the Joker is. And it didn't go so convoluted is. that you didn't know what anything was going forward. Like, no. all these, like, and I also want to prove that I can read, oh. Eric. And I don't mind the yakety yak as long as the yakety <laughs> yak doesn't talk back. It's not even just narration. It's the idea of the narration and stuff that takes place of character moments. In this, the big moments are being done and said i don't need a narration and then joker uh you know scared lex to the bottom of his britches i i don't need that i like to see it i like to see it play out and by the end i got a really good you know deal of seeing lex versus joker which i've never really seen i've these are this is superman's big villain and batman's big villain going against each other i haven't said that's this is to me what the jokes and riddles should have been in one single issue. We it was so good, and so I am. Going, and it also I'm reminds going, you too nine when eight when you <laughs> <laughs> no, nine three. It also reminds uh, you too an infinite crisis kind of thing. The whole idea when you know Joker, you know, throws the acid in Alexander Luther Junior's face, like the whole idea. Yeah. You always have to invite the Joker to these kind of things. But even if you do, it, it never might not goes always right. Work out. You yeah. always got to invite him though, because things will yeah. go worse if you don't. And yeah, but and I, you I, did and. And with that, we you have said since the beginning that you didn't think that the Joker could work out on a team no, anyway. And it I'm, seemed weird, it was, so now he's like out. It was odd that he was on this team because he yeah. is pure chaos. He can't he's work out. well together. But you always have to invite him. But he's out now. It makes sense. I liked it. And I even like the idea that this ups the threat of the Batman who laughs that even the Joker yeah. seems to be worried about what he's going to do. Yeah. Because and he doesn't want any parts of something with against no limits, him. Which is scary as yeah. hell. But uh, I would yeah, give this it, issue. There's no limitations, you say? Is no that limitations, what you just said? Jim. No limitations. Oh, man. I but, don't uh, have that, Eric. How dare you? How dare I, wait, you brought it up. How this dare you? We could have moved right along. It. You just but said no. it. I can't do that. I can't. I, how could I do that, Eric? There's no limitations. There just like that. Uh, it's just that yes. easy. <laughs> There's no limitations. Yes. <laughs> uh, back to your score. I was I trying to delay you so I could get it. So. I wasn't big on the art. Right. In sometimes. There was a lot of that was cool. For some reason, the Joker just I bothered me it. the way he looked through most of it. Just with the, like, the very heavy you know lines on his eyes and just... I don't know. I wasn't digging it, but for I the thought most that part, it was supposed to be played out more of a nightmare than an actual, just like as it was going on. Because I mean, even some of the perspectives, he's like huge looking over the playing field and stuff like that. So I think that that was a choice that he made to make it look like the Freddy Cougars. I don't like it. The Dream but Warriors. For the most part, it. though, I did enjoy the art and I really had a lot of fun with this story. So I am giving this issue a 8.5 out of 10. Oh, an 8.5. Bringing the whole party down, are yeah. you? Yeah. 
There yeah. you go. Uh, well, it's just like the next section of books when you really bring it down. Start yelling about psychology. I don't think and, I do and that. Nonsense like about that. satellites and what you know about them. <laughs> satellites. What you, <laughs> you you take more of what you don't know than what you do know. Well, as I understand, you know a thing or two about psychology, Jim. Yes, I do. Uh, I also think that I know that if uh, something is broadcast over eighty million television stations, they can kind of flick the switch and take it off. But hey, that that is what I do. Hey, what do I look I like, a TV repairman here? Hey, it doesn't matter. I- I'm telling you, just because you don't know doesn't mean that they do. And it felt off. The sniff test was off. But we're going to go right now to some mail. Hello, everybody. I'm here to talk about Great Shoes. And if you didn't know by now, Great Shoes is Brooklyn's first sneaker company that offers men's and women's styles and all sorts of classic shoes. I talked about before that Ethan had gotten the all leather royal, the white. All white is what he likes. He still thinks those are the best shoes he's ever gotten. And I agree. But you can go right now. Look at all the fall and winter styles just released for men and women. And if you go now, you can use the code weird science one word capital w and save 15 percent on your first purchase and it is the perfect gift for the holiday and with christmas coming up what better way to get all of your christmas shopping done with a few clicks and i'm over at the site right now and i see that if you do get involved and order something now you'll also get a free holiday tote that has a great bag while supplies last so what you can do is you get the shoes in you you gift them for somebody and then you keep the tote for yourself obviously that's what i always do when i order all the presents for my family they don't like that but they can go and you know they can do whatever they want with it i almost said something very nasty but yeah you can go look at all the styles on there again they have men's and women's styles a lot of difference the royal classic they have a limited edition royal the royal knit the pronto the pronto is the one that i actually like the best that is my favorite there if you go you can look up the pronto and say that is gym style right there uh what tanya got was the royal knit she actually i thought that she had gotten the classic royal she had gotten the pink royal knit reverse blush it's called it sounds fancy and it is for your feet and yeah so go over to greats.com enter a promo code weird science again one word capital w and get all of your christmas shopping or holiday shopping if you will uh done in just a few clicks and get a tote just for you yo it's mail call it's mail with jim It is Mail with Jim and Eric. He's here with me as well. And if you want to be part of the mail, you can mail us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. I don't know. We could ask about 99% of the audience. Nobody's mailing anymore. Uh, Yeah, why wouldn't you? But speaking of communique, I got a little communique from one wrong turn A who told me that he needs to get a hold of you. Because if if you've been listening and playing at home, Eric had said that wrong turn had gotten a 
a transformer and needed yeah. help putting it together. I believe you said it was one of the what? What did you what? call it? What type I, I, of I transformer? What are the what are the movie verse transformers? I believe is yeah, what I said, right? Yeah. Is that what I, I said? That you ended with a, a very inappropriate way of explaining I don't it, think but I, did. I said that to him, sound like me. "Did you get a transformer?" And he said, "Yeah, but I still can't figure out. It's for Keith. I bought it for him." And then came back with, I have to ask Eric if you can show me how to set it up. And then next time I'll play with it myself. <laughs> so he needs your help. It's a goddamn gonna, robot I'm that transforms to a car. There's instructions. I'm sure you already told him this. I'm going to say bring it into work. Bring it into work. I was actually thinking about that. Then I just didn't want to deal with that because then I'm going to be spending time you know, transforming a transformer at work. And then I'm going to yell at Oh, so what you're, what you're <laughs> telling me is – that you would actually be talking or playing with a transform at work, which has never happened ever. 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 You were giving me the, the rundown. Actually, you were having me play the card game with you <laughs> on Friday. You're, I was just trying so to teach you the basics. you had this, and it was so funny because I already started trying to cheat because you're like, okay, I have these cards. Now you get to pick two cards. I'm like, can I pick them from anywhere in the deck? No. You're like, no, you got to pick them from the top. I'm like, oh, that sucks. They're already shuffled that up. This sucks. Play. I start looking, I start peeking, and I was going to mention one of my maneuvers because at one point you had the cards out. Remember, I pretended that I was going to spill coffee on them, mm-hmm. uh, and and you were like, ah, you're like, but but that is one of my maneuvers. If I'm playing any sort of card game, if me and you are playing the card game, and I see your cards, I will accidentally spill or do something to make it so that I can tell what that card will be later. So maybe it'll have a little jam stain. You don't on have that to cheat there. everything. Just play the game and have some fun. I, no, that's not – fun is winning. That's the only reason you play any sort of game, any competition, winning. That is it, Eric. There's no other way. Just like Lex Luthor said, we're still winning. That's all I need. I me, Lex Luthor, me, and Charlie Sheen. It's worked out for all three what of us. What about the in skill space. involved in putting together no. a great battle nope. deck? The skill. Oh. I do have skill, yeah. Cheating. Cheating and not getting caught. That is a skill that I will take to my grave. Eric, a take to the grave, or just being rough and kind of bending the rules. That's another bit of a skill. Like, like in ho- in hockey, I mean, <laughs> it, you rough, can guys. say that. Well, I'm saying you're playing hockey. I mean, is right. it cheating where behind the scenes, you know, you're starting, you go, you, you shoot, the goalie saves it, the play starts going up, you kind of lay back a little so they can hit the defenseman in the back of the knee and maim them. Yes. That's kind of cheating. That's more rough, though. You know, it's you make cheating. sure you look at where you look to see where the refs are. They're involved going up in the play, and then you hit the guy in the knee. Always the knee, Eric, the back of the knee, too, so that it's like what I always hate. Thinking that those little bones there are going to break. So you're and telling you me that laugh. you weren't a Patriots fan until you heard the word deflate gate. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I became a fan, a fan for life. Uh, mail section number one. Also in uh, in baseball, one of my maneuvers was when I was playing baseball is uh, my first at bat. And this is more like Legion baseball, right. Eric. A little later on in my career, uh, I would career. go. I'm a, I'm a smaller guy, so I oh, I also know. like to crowd the plate. Yeah. And I I thought it was the best to get hit by a pitch. That is, uh, it's for some reason that really. It, it floats my boat. I, I love the idea guy. of the pitcher hitting me. So what I would do is my first at bat, I'd go and I'd start playing around. You know, you, you kind of a lot you more know, sense to me now. You start you start digging into the dirt. Well, what I would do then, as I'm digging in my back foot to kind of get my deal, yeah. I would have the bat and I'd start getting the inside of the batter's box, the the chalk there. You start erasing that. You got to get that out. So <laughs> when you do come up the next time, you can go 
beyond that and crowd the plate more because then the umpire will not see that you're over the line. That's, that's basically Christ. every game that I would play. I'm telling you, I would start doing that during batting practice where I'd be like, yeah, but you can't do too much but they because they may end up seeing that. But yeah. yeah, I would do that. I actually – the one uh, – one of the guys who was an umpire in Legion Baseball was a guy who was a former uh, the guy the guidance counselor at our school. Okay, he he had been fired. So, but what happened is, I ended up getting hit by a pitch, and I didn't react. I like thought I was a hard ass. Got hit by that ball, didn't react. He then did not allow me first base because he said that I did not try to get out of the way. I turned my back into it, all yeah. that. I started screaming at him because, in fact, he was fired for kind of having a relationship with one of the students. And I oh, let good. him know that. And everybody in the stands, <laughs> I was screaming. At, and I, I don't know why I got kicked out of the game, Eric. And then I went berserk. And yeah, it was fun. You sound like a lot fun of fun times. to play games with. Oh, it was the best. It was the best, Eric. Just the, you know, nobody liked me. Not even my team. <laughs> Hockey was different. Hockey's different. You, you could do that stuff. Baseball, they kind of don't want to. And baseball would get me angry because there were points where I would want to react like I was playing hockey. And you couldn't. Somebody trash talks you in hockey. You can punch them in the face. That's the best thing. Like so your go-to you do- move is like you know sliding cleats first into someone's face. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I was yeah, I'm Pete Rose, baby Charlie Hustle. <laughs> yeah, I, I would lift the cleats, and that was the other best thing too. In Legion, in, in high school, at least when we when I was in high school, you were not allowed metal cleats. You had to have plastic cleats. For Legion, you were allowed metal You were allowed metal cleats in Legion. So yeah, you, you could really stick it to some people. It was good stuff. It was fun times. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, it was the best. You throw balls at people and stuff. But the first mail is Adam. Right. I'm sure Adam knows what I'm talking about. He's a local guy, Eric. He yeah. he may in fact be your stepson. Or whatever. At one point, thought that he may have had a connection with you from Warminster. Adam says, We are finally through that dreadful no nut November month. I didn't make it through the month, and I'm sure Eric didn't make it through the first day. However, Do what congrats, <laughs> the no nut November. Yeah, Adam, congrats. I don't play your silly games. Yes, congrats, Jim, on the perseverance and dedication to push through no nut November. You're an inspiration. Yeah, yeah, I am, aren't I? I was wondering if you guys were down with TTP. Are you yeah, down you with TTP? Me. It seems like Jim is at least aware of it. Not sure how much he follows, but what about you, Eric? All those years of misery and torture to finally get to this point. Do you, do you know I had some doubts along the road, but you just got to trust it, baby. It's trust the process. Well, how would you not know this, Eric? You are TTP. from you are from the Philadelphia area. The best ever, and I know Adam will agree. That's the Sixers' whole deal. Trust the process. The process of, of kind of tanking watch uh, to get picks. No, the best is, and and I hope that Adam would agree. It's when. Uh, Doug Peterson actually used that for the for the uh, the Eagles as well when he said you got to trust the process. It's such a great uh, thing that I don't have. So we're just going to have there's no limitations. There's no limitations. There's but no when, limitations. When, when Doug Peterson said to trust the process, it was so good and endeared me to him. People are against him now, but we're coming around. We're, we're going to beat Dallas this weekend, and all is is going to be uh, roses right in the world. and and uh, snow cones. 
uh, but you do have to trust it, baby. Whereas uh, you, you're talking TTP with Eric. This guy doesn't even know that the Dallas Stars are in any show. It's a made of team. It's a Mandela effect <laughs> yeah, well, over here. Brandon, Brandon wants to think that. We are at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and my uh, God, do I see the sweet, sweet light. Trust the process, brother. Nice win Friday night for those one, two, three, four, five, sixers, Eric. I ended up listening to the end of that game. Uh, when you? we got done last night, yeah. I went to pick up Ethan at Walmart, and I, I ended we up hearing the end of the this. game, and it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy to see the GFC like a lot of books this week. I enjoyed Justice League. I skipped the Drowned Earth issues after hearing poor reviews about it. Jump back on here, and I don't regret it so far. I read the trade of Jeff John Shazam Tuesday, and it helped transition me into the first issue. Awesome. This sounds like it's going to be fun. Months from now, when the next issue comes out, <laughs> Doomsday Clock was great. These issues seem to get better as we move along. This sounds like it's going to be fun. Months from now when the next yeah. issue comes out. And it kills me. Batman was a load of shit, Eric. He I says, do, I, do agree I love with that. how t- Tom King expects a mention of KGBs being saved is enough for us to move on from Batman leaving him to die. Also, how does the government have better technology than Batman? Don't ask Eric. He'll say he doesn't know those things. I don't know. How can, but you have to come up with your own opinions on some things or else you're not going to know anything. I how could these how cameras work in the world that I don't know about? No, you should know. You should know. How <laughs> could these cameras work out in the middle of nowhere? And here's the deal. If that is the case, if you are reading Green Arrow, what right. do we argue next? And I say to you, whatever, you by now should have went and looked up how things work. So no, you I, do I don't know. care how have things really work. I, I have so no idea how the real world works around me. Well, yeah, here's the you thing. You about some cartoons, and, and comics, or some, you know, some horror movies. Idea, I can tell you. And my whole deal is, and with those as well, Unless you have a stated different reality in that comic, if they come up and say, hey, by the way, this, this and this never happened and this, this and this do, you always do have to defer to the real world. And that's where I get angry. How could their cameras work out in the middle of nowhere? But Batman can't simply talk with Alfred. He's singing my tune here. One of his tweets. Which we did establish in that. So it doesn't make sense. One of his tweets this week bragged that we would find out who the mystery penny is in this issue. When we found out it's a penguin, it's just why do this? It makes no sense. And I can't get over. It'll change up. He'll change it up as long. If people think the penguin thing is the greatest thing ever, it'll always be a penguin. If people start getting angry and say, it's bullshit, whatever, then then it won't be a penguin. We'll see a picture when you'll have. I'm contacting Peter right now and telling him what Tom King's doing. Well, at one (laughs) point after this, you'll have penguin in uh, Arkham cell after all is said and done. He's sitting there when the smoke clears. Nobody like, Penny, I miss you. And I'll be a lady. That if people get mad, and I can't get over Gordon ruining the life of one of his men. <laughs> That's the best. Why would he destroy that bat? Prize possession. There is no reason. Why was he in such a hurry to destroy the the bat signal? I think he forgot how to turn it off, and he was scared. I actually uh, play acted it to Eric, and uh, where I'm like, "Man, I'm mad at Batman." That's it. And I reached down and unplugged it. Bleep! It's unplugged. Batman, and then you, you, there's been points where they put like a drape over it, you know, a big tarp, something like that. That's all you need. Or just go down but, to the local sporting goods store and buy a new bat if you want that so bad. Yeah, maybe. I, I, there's no reason to destroy get a, get, public get property. Get one of the axes that That's are there for like property. A, yeah. 
How about this? Be a badass and kick it or something. I don't know. Actually, it'd be funny to change it to Superman's signal just to end up throwing shade at Batman. (laughs) Batman would think he wanted to make up for what happened at Arkham. Gordon is too proud for that shit. Not on his watch. Congrats, Tom King. You did it, buddy. You made every good guy in this book a dick. And and made one a Rick in another book. How about that? <laughs> I think they took all the dicks out of Nightwing and dropped them here in this shitty book. People still sit there and just demand how great that book is. I, I, I can't see it. I don't get it either. Or either. Overall, I think this past week of books was great <laughs> for the most part. And I hope it continues. That's what I thought up until now. Up until now, the, the narrative is that I am overly positive. That will change, Eric. That will change. Still the best podcast this side of the Mississippi. Ooh, How dare you? The other side? How dare you? <laughs> Love Adam. I want to know who this on the other side of the Mississippi is, and we're going to have We're you. coming for uh, you. It's Podcast Fight Club. We're starting it. I'll tell Not you. Not in the face. I'm not the strongest guy, Eric, but I'm the smelliest. The best looking. No, or well, the that's tallest. the thing too. Yeah, I don't. I don't care about getting hit in the face. That's one thing that never <laughs> bothered me ever. So at least I have that. Akeem is next, and we haven't heard from Akeem in a while. But thank you, Adam. And you thank just you, say love, Adam, which I do like. Hakeem says, "Let but me start love. off by apologizing for not writing to you guys all these months. I'm sorry, but after last spring, I sort of just stopped reading anything DC related." Mm. I had my Marvel mm. Unlimited app, and that pretty much allowed me to get my fix on comics. Furthermore, I just can't fucking start the the mover Warner Brothers has been making with DC. I don't know what that means. Heaven, listen, he has some things. I think he was getting this out quick because there's a there is a mistype at the end that made me laugh that he corrected. Haven't listened to the podcast for a while now. I still read your reviews on the website whenever I can. So Thursday morning, I decided to head over to the site and read some reviews. A little late on Thursday morning, but he says I'm disappointed, but not surprised how Bendis has completely fucked up any momentum Superman had since Rebirth. The five and sixes on most titles are not surprising either. Now, where... I will tell, and I'm assuming that since Hakeem has written in, he will be listening to this podcast because he has some questions as well. But I would tell him that the fives and sixes don't really tell the whole story because the, the fives and sixes that you've been giving have been a little more positive than what we would usually in the six range. You know, you have a positive outlook a lot of times on what Bendis has been doing. It's just not hitting each issue. It's but. not. I'm talking the action comics. I'm going through peaks and valleys of both, like, you know, really into action comics and not so much not liking Superman, but then really liking Superman. I'm going back yeah. and forth with these two individual Superman titles that Bendis has. Yeah, I don't think it's going to win in the end for my love. Oh, my. Don't we all win? In the end, Eric, in this game no, called podcasting. <laughs> but, what, but what did surprise me was the 9.5 score I saw for me too. Doomsday Clock. The best is is that I read that in Shazam before Eric, and I said to him, oh my, I hope that you like these because I like them so much so that too. if you don't, it'll kill me. And you did. <laughs> And then I said, and also what I'll do is kill you. Oh. It is what I said. So and I said, listen, now the anything under, I was anything under a 9.5, I will slice your throat. Jimmy Boy's got a new business plan out there. That's right. It's intimidation. <laughs> intimidation <laughs> like is mob. what I do. Yes. Let me in. Hey there, buddy. You're going to like it. I don't know why that was, was a mob that? guy. <laughs> it sounded like a southern. It's like a yokel. Hey there, buddy. You're going to like it here with us in the mobs. 
Let me ask you a question, Jim. Has Jeff Johns really turned this around? Would you say that the issue was a one-off fluke? I like that he's asking me because he thinks that maybe you're a shill. A one-off fluke. No, it's because you're the negative Nancy usually. Are you genuinely amazed with that one that he has done with the series so far? I will say yes and no. This issue has me completely in. I am so excited now to see how this goes. Uh, Some of them I was kind of bored going, and I don't think they were for me. This one was for me. You got to understand. Earlier on, there was a lot of reading to be done, and Jim wasn't having that. So you understand yes. what he's coming from with this yeah. one. Yeah, I have to. I have to. I have to end that narrative. That whole deal. I don't like narration, but I have to end that narrative. I, I'm telling you, I get the idea. Like it was always a joke when we would say, like uh, it, when we first started the podcast, a lot of things. I'm like, hey, uh, we really should have researched. That. Yeah, research is sucks. Research, research. Uh, that sucks. But yet, when I say the joke of like, hey, I don't want to read, and then it times in with me saying this is too much yakety yak narration. <laughs> they're not exactly one and two together. Oh, but it's so uh, much it, fun. It, Oh, I know. I end up on Slack trying to, you know, plead my point of what I mean. <laughs> and I just and, yes, yeah. yes, my <laughs> darlings, attack. Oh, me precious. <laughs> it, you're there and the flying monkeys are heading off to attack <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, no. He says, if I tell him that this series is amazing and he'll fire up the DC poll list again, at least that's Shazam. Yeah, I do too. Uh, the next episode will be the first one I will be downloading in a long time. I just right. want to know a couple of things. Has there been any changes? Is it still you and Eric? No. Eh, this no. isn't Eric. I, I, we were going to wait until uh, episode 250 to reveal that this is Eric Lee, the man child. He, he has made his way. <laughs> That's why he's talking, all this, guy's talking all this nonsense. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm seeing Jim's name less and less on the website reviews. <laughs> is it still Jim and Eric? Any change to the format? It's funny. He's like, is it still you and Eric? Is he asking that to you? Because then he thinks I'm going. <laughs> no, Do he's we asking start- the new host. <laughs> Any change to the format, the shows, eh, we have a couple other segments that I throw yeah. in as well, but not that much change. Do we still have movie nights? Some news that is now. a no. The movie nights uh, were something that me and you loved, and we yeah. really wanted to do it. Just wasn't much of a turnout, so we yeah. ended up stopping kind of because Turns of that, out having one time for everybody around the world was not very was convenient very for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn time zones. And, and then also, it's like... Other people, uh, you know, 10 o'clock on a Friday night, they didn't really want to sit around and watch movies with me and you. That's like prime Turns time out, for us. They have lives. They have lives. That's basically what it was. We, we'd show up at 10, 11 <laughs> on a Friday night and wonder where everybody is. <sighs> I uh, envy them. We're, we're losers. <laughs> Just wanted to know what to expect. Think back from April 2018 to now, and you can let me know the changes that took place. Huh. Um, basically, yeah, we, we kind of have. Huh. Have, uh, uh, we, we, have news. we have news. Uh, <laughs> we have news. Uh, we have. I started the Flash reviews again. Uh, Jeremy does all of Steve Orlando's books. Uh, that's something, right? You got you do the rant and raves by yourself on. now. What's that? You do the rant and raves by yourself. Oh, yes, now. the rant and raves by myself. We have Man. less of the full sound. There's no limitations. There is limitations. I think the quality Doug. has improved in the sound. <laughs> Really? I oh, do. The sound, I thought you meant of the podcast. No, absolutely not. No, no. The sound quality. Uh, Come on. Yes. Yeah. Come on, Take son. good care of yourselves, guys. Hakeem. Thank and you, Hakeem. he says, 
patrol supporter for life, but then wrote back and said that was actually Patreon supporter for life because even though What's he hasn't listened patrol, since Akeem? April, since he hasn't listened April 2018, Akeem has still been a beta supporter. So he's, he's in. And that is awesome. Thank, Thank you, you Akeem. And we're going to go off. That's the mail for mail section number one. I'm a patrol supporter myself, though. You Honestly, are. you got to love the patrol. Doom Patrol? Is, yeah. that, is that what you're talking about? Doom, Doom Patrol has been one of my favorite pieces of that Titan show. You got the negative no, you woman? you got negative there? man. Yeah, negative woman ended up taking the place of negative man at one point. At one point. Now she's yeah, over in so Russia. She yeah, ain't defecting no Russia. more. She's got Russian hands and Roman fingers, Eric. But we're going to go mm-hmm. off now to a second bunch of books, the green section, where the positivity continues. I- I'm going to end up right now. I'm telling the you. The B-Squad is what I'm uh, calling I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to edit that section to the point where it sounds like we're positive. I like this idea of positivity. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, it's going to be, what did you give that book, Eric? Well, I gave that a 9.5. <laughs> oh, really? And then I make fun of you. It's not going to make uh, any sense <laughs> it'd be so good us just screaming at each other. nine five yeah yeah it's the positivity goes down now but we're going to go off to the green section that does have one green book the b in team the b team we'll be back with that I will shut that. I, I thought that I hit the uh, one that had the burn bow oh, yeah. connection. I messed that up. I was, I was doing that for the green when section. you played and then, the, the rainbow no, halfway I through, I song. figured. Halfway through, I'm like, the one time that Eric has all the blurbs and I don't use the Eric the Bell day. Right. Listen to the beginning of that, Eric. Oh. I'm going to just ring on. There. Oh, I can't, I'm trying to ring the bell. No, oh, just that, <laughs> that fade out. Is I was so horrible. happy. Oh, that fade out. I, I got a little too clever with myself with that. And, and that is the epitome of me being clever, by the way. Yeah, I know. I, I've, been told, I've been told this week that oh. I'm a jerk off, a jack off. This if week. you see Jim reviewing books in the tree, jacking off, Walk go away. away. <laughs> That's what we need. And that Where's rhymes. wrong turn? Where is he? Where, where is my wrong turn? He's the Draxulus, Eric. Wolf man. Uh, He's yes. off watching the Jingle Bells. He's probably watching the jingle balls. Hey, you all hip hasters. Oh, you hip harasters. Uh, I don't even want to tell anybody what Wrong Turns version of pronouncing Arnold Schwarzenegger oh is. Oh, my God. You can guess. Just imagine. Oh, God. Just does it rhyme? It does not rhyme. It's very offensive. Oh, my God. It, it may... He said it, and I'm just like, wait a second, you have to tell Eric that. And that's what I said. And he's like, what? Did I say it's wrong? Oh, my God, did you ever? I don't know. 
I don't know how you said it or what you think you said, but boy, it was wrong indeed. Uh, but yeah, you have all the books in the section. It is a proper green section. I would this say, is, Eric, because it, it has one green book. We got green, we got blue, green we got red. Well, as this section will uh, commence, well, what it's going to do is it's going to be green with envy of how much we love the that lovers, first section. The dreamers. The, the love of the first me. section. The lovers, the dreamers, and Oliver. Does that rhyme? Uh, it, we have uh, some interesting books here. I will tell you. It, it, I said earlier we got the this B week team on the coming Patreon out we Spotlight. Got. Well, I said on the Patreon Spotlight that we were going to be very positive this week on the podcast. Oh, and you said, so what, you three books? And I said, well, I think that you were a little too positive on a couple of these other books. And that's what this <laughs> section is. It's come home to roost for you, Eric. Though I've been told on the site that I'm a pretentious prick, yes. Eric. And, and if I'm yes. anything, wh- what my buddy Pete told everybody is if I'm anything, I'm not <laughs> Thankfully, stuck up. Pete came to your rescue this week on Pete Twitter. He did come to my rescue and say that. Yeah, and I actually, it was a nice thing for him to say just so. You kind of got an idea that what he thought was that somebody was saying I was stuck up. And he, yeah, he did came say to that, if anything, I haven't been. And I'm not a stuck up guy. I'm not. And in fact, I don't really like any attention. I don't want anything like that. Though, privately, I'll tell you, in my own mind, aren't we all a little stuck up, Eric? Aren't we? Don't we I'm all want to be up. the star? It's like, you know, people say that. And I sit there. I light up, Eric. <sighs> Life, yeah. eh? That's what I say. <laughs> Life, eh? Hey. Life, huh? Yeah, we're we're all on the stuck up, pretentious roller coaster ride that we call a podcast, Eric. And you, you, you do you have to be a little bit pretentious to think to yeah, record st- all your this is voice? Strictly masturbation is what it is. Yeah, and you, well, yeah. Ooh, now it's getting sexy. You, just dunk. the idea that you're doing something, assuming that people will want to listen to you. And, and I say, I go on Reddit. I see that in fact people don't want to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> they think that we're jerks. You are stuck they on all of the negatives. They just tell me that they, I hear that Nobody guy saying nothing. that I'm a jerk. Also, later on in this little bit of, uh, you know, ranting and raving he did, he said he could not stand listening to 30 seconds of me, let alone 12 hours, is what he said. And I agree with So what you're telling me is I that this comment came from two years ago and you're just insane enough to keep the problem with it now. Yes, because I just saw it. it yeah. It's new to me. <laughs> It's like reruns on, you know, hey, CBS hey, hey. or NBC. You know, it's new to me, so now I'm angry. But well, I, it doesn't matter because it's your turn to shine, Eric. It's your books, three books, the section starting with what? Green Arrow number 47, written by Julie Benson and Sean Benson with art by German Peralta. I took, no, I took him in high school. German, you German son of Peralta. A bitch. German Cruise. Peralta out there. And D. Ron Bennett. You never correct me for D. Ron Bennett, though. No, because that's a joke. And I, I'm sure that most Wait, people German's listening not? don't even know the joke. They're like, D. Ron, what is he, a moron? Then they're like, German. Now he's just a jerk. Now, now he's just throw it in our face. German Peralta. Peralta. I don't know, I, I don't know why Peralta would, would be more offensive. <laughs> hey, his middle name is Jesus. Probably you did Jesus. German, German Jesus, Jesus Peralta. Peralta. Yeah, there you go. German Jesus. There was a, a rapper called the German Jesus one point. I, I loved like him, Eric. I, I, like I was it. a big fan of, of German Jesus. He he was a gangster rapper. It, it didn't really match. And for some reason, one of the of this DJs of German Jesus was kind of what Wrong Turn said when he pronounced Schwarzenegger. So we're that not sounds about right. There. That way, yeah, it would, right? Oh, those Germans. They they have a sense of humor, the Germans. They, they're 
they're known for that, right? <laughs> of course. I, I, I am German. Uh, do you have any German in your No. Do no. you want some? Oh. Does your face hurt? <laughs> keep going, keep going. The citizen is hell-bent on making Oliver Queen pay for his crimes, or supposed crimes, and after capturing the billionaire last issue, it looks like he's going to have his way. Now it's time to see what plan Green Arrow set in the motion last issue to make sure that all of this will work out in the end. Yes. Now, before we go on, we were talking about Green Arrow a, a bit this week at work, and you were saying, you know, we, we talk about how Green Arrow is the social justice yeah. warrior of character. I mean, he's based on Robin Hood, steal from, yeah, steal from the poor, give to the rich. The the kind of twist that was that. always, well, it, the kind of twist of that, you I know, I'm you. talking in Power general, I'm not talking this issue. They, but the, the twist of it was that he was one of the richest guys in the DC universe as well. So that was kind of the neat twist. He learned his lesson, you know, whatever, you know, they changed his, his origin along the ways, but now we have the island deal where he was this party guy. He got stuck in the island, learned his ways, came back. This was the Origins podcast, damn. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> and so with that, though, everybody who writes it since Ben Percy, because we we're talking when Jeff Lemire was even on the book, right. and even when it went from there to uh, Guggenheim and guys like that that were part the TV of writers, the TV yeah. universe, they tried to get some of the TV stuff in. It was more of an action book. But yes, you never, even if this is an action book, if it's Oliver Queen kicking butt, if it's Oliver Queen with the totems of the, no, you know, the arrow and the shield and. It, you never, you're, you're not getting rid of the idea that he is a rich guy who wants to atone for his past sins. He wants to help people. That is his character. Yeah. But when Ben Percy jumped on, where if you go back and listen to a bunch of the podcasts when we ended the New 52, into the DCYOU, and then into Rebirth, Ben Percy jumped on. And basically, I hate to say it, you said it a bunch of times, Eric. He wanted to show us that Green Arrow was there to show us that white people suck. Yeah, I mean, it really was. There was a lot, the and it was a lot of racist stuff. And you know, some people liked it. We did not. It involved racist werewolves at, at one point. They I mean, racist. It, wolf, the white they people were the who hated man. the werewolves. <laughs> so you had racist werewolf stories. You ended up with crazy Green Arrow was blood, a that as well. He's blood trying to go diseases. Well, yeah, he even had a thing where there's the blood disease in Africa that kind of was alluding to like AIDS and things like that. But it was all it became all about full that. out. So yeah, social Honey, justice warriors, werewolves stuff. and white supremacists. Mr. Miracle. Now that was a story that sticks in your head, Miracle, even though it's terrible. Yeah, oh, had yeah, so Miracle. many crazy. Th- yeah, Miracle. You had so many crazy things. So since then, though, since Ben Percy was on, and this is something where. Ben Percy is a fan of Mike Grell, who was the guy who pretty much established most of the Green Arrow lore since, you know, when it came back, when it really started hitting again later on. Uh, And so with that, since he has left the book, we've had a bunch of creative teams that have come on for these little bits. You know, you even had uh, Lansing and Kelly throw in a little. Then you had Margaret Margaret Scott. Scott. You had, you know, now the Bensons. And every time somebody gets on this, they end up having to reestablish that they're down with him being the social justice warrior. And I'm not saying social justice warrior as if I'm turning my nose up at that term or anybody yeah, who's going to do that. I've heard that. No, I'm not. Well, I'm not saying it like that because then it starts getting into that comics gate nonsense. I'm not We're talking not about that. that. I'm no. just talking about the character. And he, my my thing is, he always was. And even Ben Percy at one point had like a, an issue. It may have been his last 
last one. I forget what it was. Oh, where it came out hard and said he's had, an SJW? Yeah, it, pretty much Oliver said, listen, everybody wants to call me an SJW. I've always been that. That is true. It I'm is telling you, this true. whole thing is the classic version, like, you know, the, the, the legacy version of, you know, Green Arrow. He was always a very liberal character. It's only yeah, recently yeah. since the term SJW has come around. It's like, all right, this is the ultra think liberal that's what he's always and we been, have yeah. to do this now we have to push this that, so hard because that becomes problem. the only piece of the character that yes. we can show and, all and, knows where, and why i'm bringing this up this is the benson's last issue and why i'm bringing it up especially is that we are getting these victory laps on people's last issue whether they're on two issues five fifty Everybody who jumps Everybody on the book when they have their finale, they have to have their victory lap. The Benson's get a victory lap here. I, it was it deserved. Is there is there a need for you know eight pages at the end of a comic that you've only been on a run for five or so issues to have your victory lap? Because Oliver starts to get in my mind, he's getting a little crazy because he keeps announcing to people exactly what he is. I Remember mean, we've seen this in now. The flag and freaking you know, like the yeah, hard travel yeah. heroes. Yeah, that's Come what I'm TV. saying. We, we, he keeps doing the same thing, and then I think that we're getting the idea. But they're letting these things. But what I'm getting at fully is with these victory laps that always now end with the if if liking people is right, I don't want to be wrong. Please, people, I am for the justice of the people. Don't let people run. It's the same thing, and we're getting it over and over with these creative teams because we're having a (laughs) we're having you know it's duck duck goose with with these creative teams now on this book. We keep changing. Now we're going to move on with Lansing and Kelly. Me and you kind of have a theory that maybe that won't be long. I think for the it's world the Green Arrow is done by issue fifty. Lansing and Kelly have unfortunately been the ones They're to the call in to end a book. They are. They're they're the relief pitches. Yeah. They're Mariano Rivera of the DC universe. <laughs> they get called in. That game is closed. Yeah. Done. Unless you're in the World Series against the, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks, yeah. then we won't go into that. But they, still, you're there, and uh, that, that was for that was for Rob Lewis. He's probably uh, grimacing at this moment because that killed me. But uh, you have this going on, so I want somebody to come on this book and actually realize that you can have some action. You mean a, multi, a multi-dimensional character. Yes, you can and and you'll never just because Oliver goes out and kicks some butt, just because Oliver actually fights a villain that isn't the opposite of him in the you know, just these a, villains, a this dark is the problem. Archer. These villains become yeah, the villains become usually like you have reverse flash for exactly. flash. The problem I have with these now, they're actually becoming the opposite or an extreme, extreme version, version in my of, mind, yeah. Not the character but the idea of the character the and also of Oliver Queen. We, we end up with a book that pretty much goes after – the villains are all going after Oliver Queen, well, oh, this comes Green down Arrow. to it's like, all right, it's the 99% versus the 1%, and that's our story going forward for the next yeah. 50 issues. Well, listen, I mean we have Ben Percy. This is, we're almost at 50 issues in Rebirth. Yeah. Who are the villains going after? You have Broderick. He's not going after Green Arrow. He's going after Oliver. Then you have the Burn. The, the, all of these. You have everybody going, going after, after Oliver Queen. But they're not going after Green Arrow. Right. Green Arrow ends up – spe- it, it's shown right here. The Citizen has Green Arrow or Oliver in this. And you can even have Canary show up and, hey, look at me. I'm Green Arrow. Oh, Green Arrow always getting in the way. 
This is Green Arrow's book. Why is he always getting in the way? Why is he the guy who shows up and like, oh, man, why are you here? I'm doing right to go so Oliver the, Queen. The, the it's always against gonna, Oliver it's gonna Queen. It's going to get rebooted. It's going to come out. Oliver Queen, billionaire. It might as well be. Oliver Queen, piece of shit. <laughs> there you go. Because you, you had this. So in the reality in my mind behind the, the stories here is a reality that everybody hates. Even in this where he's like, so did they pick for me to die? You don't want to know, Oliver. Oliver is looked at as a piece again. of shit. Yes, over and over. His company should have failed triple times i mean there's no way that this company survives the crap that has gone down with it they they even when broderick had it earlier in the he ran it into the ground i oh, mean yeah. the guy made a trans-pacific railway that ended dollars. up getting destroyed and now since then we don't get oliver queen in the boardroom maybe that because it'd be a boardroom eric oh there but it, with that you, but you want to center on the idea that he these is are the jokes folks you know that these are the jokes they ain't getting better <laughs> but you know you want to center on oliver queen the you know millionaire who billionaire who doesn't care and all oh, the queen industry but we never see that it's no. always being told and it's always from a past story that we know about because this book has not evolved well even this that, book the whole is idea, devolving you know, we have you know oliver queen billionaire and the whole thing is we've had going to this is where he's going to make you know own a home in a, a really crappy neighborhood kind of thing try to make a difference from the ground up you know like the whole thing like yeah. a green arrow needs to be with us but oliver queen he's he's trying to change himself since black canary has been around where it's not all about money it's, you gotta get you gotta yeah. have an ewok village sometimes sometimes you gotta move to the bad yeah. part of town you just like the whole idea is hitting the ground you know like even the whole thing at the end of this issue is like when they go low we go high and i'm like yeah well you know outside of that whole idea of that you're you're, you're really going lower because you feel like, you know, you've been on the high and mighty this entire time. It's time to go yeah. low to be a part of the people that you want to protect. And that's where like, yeah, we've I been just, going for so long now. And it just, it's really just well, been yeah. this, you know, series and, and right really, now. But, you know, and we'll get into it in a second. But really the whole idea of this, like I'm saying, is it's always – this book has just become attacking Oliver Queen – and then Green Arrow stepping in at the last second to kind of like, look at he, you know, but it, you never resolve anything. And, and I'll even point to the fact that why wasn't, why was Canary going to leave this book? Why was she going to leave Seattle? And because she said Oliver was a piece yeah. of shit. It was, a, we even said that she's why really then, pushy. She doesn't get exactly yeah, what yeah. she wants. She's gone. Her way so she, you, you're a piece of crap. You, you're a rich guy. You're this. And then he's like, oh, I donated all the money to this charity. I did. Oh, yeah. Throw your money around. He never could win. Jesus Christ. And, and it continues. But this is where we get into this issue when the Bensons run. Unfortunately, it was cut short. Uh, and it, it seems very obvious. I don't know about Because if this was – well, if this was the ending of – the citizen, how it was always going to end. Boy, it's lackluster. And they just, it's basically like, let's get this citizen done with. And it's not clever. Uh, it wasn't even set up to be clever. The whole idea of Seattle getting to vote on, you know, if these bad people end up dying or living. We've on seen national TV. Before. Yeah, we've seen it all over yeah, the place. We've it seen it all Roy, before. It happened to Jason Todd, you know, and like, you yeah. know, it happened yeah. to Oliver Queen now. And and even then, they they couldn't even get, like, some of these people were kind of not that bad. And, you know, yeah, freaking Slade, Jubal Slade was bad. 
uh, he was going to kill people, but still, the guy who was his ended up being a what Franklin Ross Moore was his the, like the, lawyer, like the fundraiser guy. Kind yeah, of thing, he just know? he just lent him money, and now he's killed himself in jail conveniently. Bad I mean, investment. if you can call a jail suicide convenient, but convenient so they didn't have to deal with it. Then in this, it's so funny because they had Allison Kim, who was the owner of a racetrack, but seemed to own all the horses, and instead of just fixing the races, which she could, she owned yeah. the horses. It seemed. She was giving them steroids, and so yeah, that. Juice up the horses. This, I love this with, with this deal. What's that? Yeah, That's but how you, fix the you races. own them. They said yeah. she owns them. You can just say to the jockey, "Don't win." You, you don't, don't have to give jockeys. other people. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it was ridiculous. It made no people, sense. But she can't have them. It made this would be like a, I'm running the NFL, but I also own every team. But instead of me just going to the Bills and saying, "Hey guys, don't win this week," I end up giving the Jets steroids. It, it makes no sense. And with that, it continues here because it made me laugh. Because as this is going on, Canary's off to try to find Oliver. It seemed like there was a plan well, that Oliver was going to go off. Knew that he was going to get kidnapped he was by the get citizen. Taken. He was about to call Liam Neeson yeah, this whole yeah. time. And they would take him to wherever they go, wherever he's going to go to do this citizen's watch, and then they'd be able to go. Now, and it, it wraps around that they are going to trek him, but not the way it no, seemed. And Oliver seems surprised. No. So the while this plan is going was, on. You know what? I'm going to get taken. And as long as I have my cell phone, everything's going to go. Oh, no. Yeah. He tossed my cell phone. Plan's off. Yeah. Plan's oh, over. No. God. <laughs> Plan over. I thought that, you know, that, oh, I wish I would have uh, listened to Canary and put that bug up my butt. She always says I have a bug up my butt, and I should have this time. That's the joke, Sarah. This These is are. as good as it's going to get. The bug's up my butt. Is this on? Uh, so Kate Spencer, yes. <laughs> is this on? Uh, okay, does this rhyme? Kate Spencer's there, and she has the big bunch of, you know, news going on. The best is Alice and Kim's prize horse is found in park. Oh, no. Th- that's one of the resolutions. <laughs> There's a kid the feeding a steroid horse on the news. Well, Get away from that it's horse. I've steroids. seen what Oh, my goodness. That kid is in big trouble. Get the hell away from him. At least he's going from the front and not, you know, a donkey punch in the back. But he's there. Kate's like, hey, where are you, Dinah? I'm like, where are you, Dinah? Oh, uh, I'm dry. I'm driving. My window's stuck. She's. Oh, I don't understand this progression because, in fact, you could even have Dinah not. She doesn't want to, you know, say she's Black Canary, though she was in a band called yeah. Black Canary and, and doesn't wear a mask out with and is Black Canary. Yeah, no mask. So, yeah. So Kate's like, where are you in a wind tunnel? What? Yeah. And she's like, oh, my window's stuck. She's on a motorcycle. I don't know why this game is being played. Well, it turns out she doesn't have a uh, license to ri- drive a motorcycle. That and she's might really be. worried about telling the lawyer about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she also, she does think that in Seattle, you didn't know, there's a very big stigma to motorcycle riders Eric. <laughs> i don't know but she's there she i wonder finds, if there's helmet oh, law she's not obeying yeah really she doesn't have that on she's there talking and then out of nowhere she finds this one phone grabs it it's broken or she's looking i don't it's even then, then she found that, then she phone just, and realized oh no we the plan's off there's no luckily i like it though it's like she doesn't turn it on she goes <laughs> yeah and then it basically though for all of this so she is driving around her motorcycle trying to find all of evidence right she's trying to find evidence she finds the phone but then she has a tracker in Oliver's clothes. Why is she looking for the I phone? I mean, know. you have because, look, a straight line. Oliver is a stickler is. for going with his <laughs> rules. All right, he had a plan of motion. <laughs> no, no. Follow my phone. And I like, think what has happened. Now he, she can move on to he her plan. Doesn't, 
He has called he, – she knows that he's called to get her phone replacement. He doesn't quite want to say it's stolen. So to actually turn it as damage, she has to find it. But, yeah, she goes and finds the phone for no reason whatsoever because it's revealed later she has a tracker in his clothes. And, yeah, that's where you go and you see Well, that's the thing. That- right there, Jim, she had a 50-50 shot. It's like I can either follow the tracker that I sewed into his clothes – or I can follow the tracker that's in his phone. That's the They're thing. You get the idea places. that she's – yeah, she, she, it seems <laughs> like really she's following the first thing, the tracker with the phone. But really, I, I would have laughed that in, in the turnabout, she goes and she's like, damn it. He threw his shirt out the window. It's just the shirt on the side because it does seem like she's tracking two separate things. Yeah. I would track the one he's wearing. Or the one not, that is still the, moving. Yeah, one moving, the one that just didn't stop in the middle of a highway. Like, what, yeah, what is no, more she's... likely? You lost your phone or your shirt? Now, me at the casinos. <laughs> yeah. Man, man, These are the are jokes. The jokes folks. <laughs> yeah, really. And, and, you know, Oliver is a sexy guy. He may take off his shirt now and again. Yeah. But the phone just stopping. Was she thinking that she might be finding a dead body? That maybe the, on the side of this road, he's dead because she goes, oh, right. Never says like, oh, man, the, the, this was a dead end. She just gets it. And it's there just to talk he's, to He Kate. really likes that Q phone. Yeah, she done. Well, that's part of the problems because as we go to the citizen, then he says, "Listen, here's we are citizens. Watch, uh, I have Oliver Queen. This isn't just. This is going international, folks. Yeah. I've hooked up hardwire to some citizen Oliver watch Queen industry deal." There is no way anybody is allowing this over the airwaves. And Fife says, oh, man, I wish I could shut it down myself, but I can't because he's hardwired into the satellites. This does not mean that a TV station couldn't just cut the, you know, cut the feed. There is no way that this is being played. You know. Okay, so basically I break in to – uh, the satellite feed to ABC News tonight, mm-hmm. and I go and I, I'm just dancing around naked and shit on the floor. That they're not going to cut that feed. I don't they, know how that works. They're just going to be like, a, y- yes, you do. I do. They not. press a button and it's on. Yeah. If there's anything that comes on in a football game, a live broadcast, and shit goes down, they cut but the feed. It, were, there is were, nothing. Were those hijackers of that TV station? Were they hardwired? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't it, know it, what this it means. isn't what you're cutting, and that this doesn't make sense. You are hardwiring into the satellite, right? right? Right. That sends the signal to the stations. They can cut that signal. There's nothing to do with when it goes from one to the other. I that, don't know, this kid. That's pretty ridiculous. powerful signal coming down from that well, satellite. Well, if this was the case. Then anybody who cuts into anything and does stuff, why are the stations responsible for that? Why would they be responsible? You know, breaks. no, this <laughs> is just it. It was stupid from the get go, yeah. so it continues being stupid for now. Now it's international. Now every, what, every station is playing this, you know, deal on the. T- it's stupid. It is so stupid a setup, but that's what it is. You yeah. have to go with it, and it's just citizen like. I told you that Oliver Queen, he he makes bad products. I don't remember you saying that. He does no. this, he does that, and he's a murderer. But we well, know that's that the he thing isn't. Is, I think but when, he has I, improved. I think they talked about it at the one point because remember during the uh, that one when the Bensons first came in, they had that tie-in to the no justice thing. That about was that, the no justice, exactly, but that wasn't part of 
medicine, really. That was that was part of something else that Kate Spencer said. We are getting sued by everyone. And Oliver said, we'll pay everybody all the money. And she said, you're going to bankrupt us. You can't just be a nice guy. This had nothing to do with citizen. That was just that. Now he's saying that, but also just the idea where you did have Oliver Queen there. And he's like, I'm going to be going to a safe house people. And by the way, I will tell you the evidence of why I'm not guilty of what the citizen said next week. I don't have time right now. I, I, I will tell evidence. you I later. Get to a safe house. It ends up being the whole idea of the, oh, you don't know my real name. It's, oh man, somebody's at the door. You, you never get the info. There was no reason why he wouldn't have just released the info to the press. No. It's only set up so that he can say, so, you're a murderer. Well, we know he's not. Yeah. And we know that, you know, and also I don't know about you. I know that he's not going to end up killing Oliver Queen. That's just off the top of my head, I figure. So the tension don't take the suspense away from there. me uh, you know so basically he's there and what do you plead oliver not guilty liar he and punches I love this him whole you thing have is, this. the whole idea we're going to electrocute oliver queen he's got an electric chair right there in front of the camera so the whole world can watch oliver queen fry for his supposed yeah. crimes which we know aren't true but yeah. we have green arrow show up to stop him. you know the whole thing is like yeah. sorry you've been experiencing technical difficulties when she you know Green Arrow it's green. shoots. It's, it's, it's Black it's Canary. Black canary. Green, we know it's Black Canary. I right want to know. Is it like is it when he says Green Arrow? Is it a question because of the voice that's coming out of Green Arrow? Sorry, you've yeah. been exp- sorry, hey, you've been boys. Exp- it looks like it's time for a commercial break. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love it if it's like. But he's trying to do this really deep voice. Green Arrow here. Please, what's up, bro? And what's going on? The other thing would be great, too. And this is just an aside where she does come. Please stand by. Come up and see me sometime. Knocks him out, cuts off the feed, and then her and Oliver start making out. That's when the cameras go back on. I'm telling you, I don't mind this issue. It's a very forced situation with very silly situations going on in this whole thing. To me, why I don't like it. And he's going to be knocked out just enough. So I can yeah, go over yeah. and change clothes with Oliver Queen so he can yep, become Green clothes. Arrow. I can get in the yeah. car and make it look like Oliver Queen drove away. I'm like, and then like the citizen's like, oh, it's so, I, I came to yeah. now. Oliver Queen is running away. No. I'm like, I like it too. Oliver Queen's running away. Thank God you didn't tie me up or do anything because now I can draw my gun out. And now we're going to fight. Let's fight. Let's dance. We're sprockets. Now it's time to dance. They start fighting. And with that, you know, they're going with this whole idea where now you're going to get the talk. You could have done better as, you know, your kangaroo court is done. I object. You have all these. Case dismissed. Yeah, really. And then what happens is the he ends up, Oliver ends up hitting the, the feedback on. So now you have the whole idea of him like, you know what? It's natural to feel powerless in a world where the powerful appear to be above the law. I'm like, here we go again. I yeah. mean, this guy has a, a one-track mind. People are – also the idea too is you, you want to get this idea that Green Arrow is – he just ends up saving Oliver Queen every time in this book. He yeah. just he might as well be like the whole back in the sit- day when, when Tony Stark used to say that you know Iron Man was his bodyguard. It yeah. might as well just come out yeah. and say, oh, Green Arrow, yeah, he's on the payroll. He's my yeah, bodyguard. Why isn't there the story that somebody picks up if you're going to go this route of, hey, Green Arrow, if you're 
here for the people. Why are you always saving this rich guy over? He's, he's and a part over? of the people, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the whole deal is Canary goes off. They change clothes. She drives off in, uh, basically steals the citizen's car. I don't know about that. But he's like, oh no, my ride. And so then You're they're next fighting for thievery, and it just comes back on with the whole idea of look at me. I'm, uh, you know, I'm here. I'm Oliver, not Oliver Queen. I'm Green Arrow. Green Arrow yeah. Let's get everything good. We're for the people. Please don't follow my example. Be your own person. All this stuff. Because it does look like they did vote for Oliver Queen. Oh, to they totally die. voted for him to die. And that's the thing is where and he comes so, when the feed comes back on, like I said before, this is a silly situation, very forced situation as well. To get where we need to now, like, all right, look, we gotta wrap this up because look, babe, like, you know, sister baby girl, we need to have our victory lap. So we gotta go, you know. Yeah. Finish up the citizen real quick so we can have this. And when we get to this victory lap, which whether it's deserved or not with that limited run that they had, yeah. I started reading this yeah. and I'm like, you know what? It seems they put more thought into this victory lap moment where he goes on the air to tell people, you know, pretty much power to the people in a long uh, speech. But I thought that was more thought out and well-written more like than anything we had to do with the citizens the entire time. Like it actually really reminded me at the end of uh, pump the volume when um when Christian Slater's giving that big important speech at the end, right before he's arrested and stuff like that, it Man. really actually got me going. I'm like, you know what? I actually like this. It is, you know, it's an over the top green arrow moment where he has to give, like I said, the power to the people speech, but it actually hit for me and I thought it was well done. Yeah, it didn't hit for me at yeah. all because it's the exact same speech that ended. I, I could go back. I should go back and get Ben Percy's deal at the end. It's exact. It's almost exact. Yeah, you know, just uh, justice isn't as simple as a button click. It's consideration. And then you have, you know, then Kate Spencer. Now that's a real damn hero. I'm really, <laughs> the only thing that I like was that when the citizen tried to step up from his electric chair, Oliver ended up shooting him in his clothing to keep him there, yeah. which is a classic move and i always wonder why he could just get out of his coat that's all he's being well, held I'm by actually, i'm better than that uh, i like this better because back in the day he used to just shoot people with the arrows through their arms and shit like that I'm like yeah, that's yeah. pretty I, fucking I, brutal he one of his first issues he ended up shooting a guy in his clothes yeah. to, to interrogate him and it made me laugh but yeah with this going on it's just the same stuff again and then we're very quickly like uh, you know, through narration saying, showing that he went and they showed the evidence that he wasn't guilty. He yeah. he wasn't driving. He was in the back seat. Then you have the whole deal. Please, you know, I hope people don't pick up the mantle of the, the citizen for good do, or evil. And you right. see somebody that sees somebody that is doing that, has all these press clippings, making a mask. Then he's like, oh, you know what? I guess the most important thing in the universe that I was supposed to keep a secret, I actually was going to write a letter and send it to Roy, but I'm, I'm going to burn that up because I'll tell him about John Johns's box when we see each other in heaven. That's a little thing. It's like almost a little bit on. of closure. I'm telling you, I'm not saying it's done right. It's just that I, at one point- I know, Why was, would he have written that down? Well, he had there's written no reason to write the most important thing down, well, but saying, he should he never have written, written that down. He had written it down before he- a thing. No, so I'm now saying this is like somebody telling me the most important thing in the world. This is the most important thing to tell so no don't tell anybody you know what i'm gonna write it down to send a letter it's ridiculous you would never write that down it's just there so you get to roy it's not even a dress it just says to roy he was gonna throw it out in the river he was was gonna give it to him personally just like hey i got something to tell you here it's just it's just for the visual of him burning it up makes no sense that he would have written that down but then he goes off and he's with canary and she's like hey you know what's going on you can't what people think i'm still a piece of crap don't let the past define you all right 
right, you know what? I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to get down on my knee, and I'm like, oh, my, they're going to do something really big here. Will you be my partner and not my sidekick? I'm like, really? That That's how we're yeah. ending this? I, I like to imagine that she got up there and like, have you been considering me your sidekick yeah. this entire time? Yeah, because when, we got when a lot was of talk your about sidekick? now. I was going to leave at one point. I just stayed to help you. And then you have the aeroplane at the end that's actually like the aerojet. That's yeah. kind of a cool deal. But even Canary's like, this doesn't make any sense. Why would we have this? It's like, I don't know. It's pretty cool. And then it says, it pretty cool. bird, when they go low, we go high. I'm like, okay, so what you're saying is while they're doing their crime on the ground you're flying around you know on a joyride in your, your jet but yeah I, it's like it you're, just, you're, you're going the around the thing. aeroplane you see any crimes i don't know we're going super and what, fast what right happens now is, yeah, and it's not just the the benson's fault but what happens at the end with these same old victory laps of let me tell people who green arrow really is and what he stands for makes me just realize this book has been the same story oh it's over still it's hell right and now. over and over and never there needs changes to be a new voice they actually has an idea for this. the character to do something yeah, new it's just and important like every, like, and different. Th- that this is where I said uh, when we were talking to a bunch of people on Slack where I get the idea now that DC has these bunch of writers. The Bensons were on the uh, Birds of Prey book and that got canceled. So they thought, OK, well, the Black Canaries in Green Arrow. So we'll shift them to this book. I need them to maybe start doing something. And I don't know the behind the scenes deal, but this is how it seems when they shift people. It seems as if they're shifting creative teams around just because they need to be on a book, not because somebody comes in and says, listen, I have a great green arrow story. Get this. This will be, I I've mapped out 12 issues where we do this, this, and this, and they're blown away by it so much that they end up, you're on the book. Instead, you have Ben Percy end up leaving to go to Nightwing and then getting pretty much shafted out of that as well. So he's off. But it seems like it's just like, oh, well, who should we put on this book now? Well, the Bensons aren't doing doing anything now. Let's get them. Hey, what's Sam Humphrey's doing? He's actually exclusive. He needs to be on the book. Eh, put him on Harley. Oh, you know, what's, you know, Steve Orlando doing? Eh, Electric Warriors. Nothing. At least he seems to come up with an idea, (laughs) you know, that that might be wacky. I got a lot of ideas. A lot of these shifting up creative teams end up. So when you get on the book, they end up just feeling like they're just like, okay, well, I'll just keep doing what they were doing with this. You know, I'll go. It it happened with, you know, that Shea Fontana on Wonder Woman. She gets on. It's like, you know, it didn't seem like there was any sort of great idea no. for it just to put her on. And then Place James holder. Robinson, he's oh, James Robinson's banging on the door. Oh, man. Hey, James Robinson, why do you sound like a penguin? Oh, God, he wants to be on the book. Just just put him on that. And and that wasn't even his story on Wonder Woman. It was a continuation of a Jeff Johns. I need, like you said, a new voice. But I need something where when they get on the book, it seems like, boy, Man, I've been waiting for this. I wanted to to have this type of story all along, and it just doesn't seem that way anymore. It just seems that people are on books for the sake of being on a book, and it, it's getting to me. But what what would you give this? I like the art in this issue, and like even though you weren't a fan and it's been done over and over again, I didn't mind the victory lap. I actually thought it was one of the best parts of this. It actually gave me a little bit of the tingles, the feels. You know, you like to get yeah, that when you read a comic. The most – the majority of it though, it's – kind of forced the citizen's stupid and the whole thing's kind of lame but by the end i didn't hate this issue so i gave it a six out of ten 
Yeah, I, I give it a, a 5.1. I would go 4.9, uh, but I did like the art. Yeah. It's a 5.1. It's generic. It's the same thing we've been getting. There's nothing that I sat there where you have people. It happens all the time when people get taken off a book. And on their Twitter, people are like, oh, man, the, this is the best green arrow that I've read in 10 years. I, I just I don't get it of any of this. And this green arrow book been a lot of is good green so, arrow. <laughs> it's so stale. <laughs> It just keeps saying the same thing over and over. Now, Lansing and Kelly jump on. We don't know. The solicits go to 49. We'll see the solicit for 50. Yeah, I just don't feel like there's a lot going on here anymore. Well, we're going to have Count Vertigo. Exactly. So it's not a new villain, but at least it's – I'd rather have Count Vertigo than a citizen. We haven't seen Count Vertigo in a while. I I just – I don't know if they'd make it like, you know, Green Arrow continue just because he has that box that John gave him to destroy the Justice League if he needs to. I don't know if they'd keep the series going just for that. He's still out and about. I I would say if it was me, you cancel Green Arrow at 50, come out, get somebody who's, you know, you, you think can really kick some butt, do a Green Arrow Black Canary miniseries, six issues, see how that goes, and maybe that can springboard maybe throw into a, green a new arrow number on the one. Team at some wait, point in wait, the future. Yeah, wait for somebody who, you know, maybe a big name that you can grab to be on this. Maybe Tom Taylor, well, he's a big name to us, but yeah. and in comic, but Tom Taylor comes over and you have him at a number one. Or you cool. have, I don't know anybody, you know, some of those other names that they always bandy about, but it would be nice because this book just feels, it's another, this is a 50 issue run that's going on but even that ben percy had his thing before that we're talking 70 issues of nothing and it's just the same old same old and it's just getting to me but we're going to move on to the next book which is a book that everybody's losing their mind as well so what is that nightwing number 54 written by scott liddell and fabian necessa with art by gary brown will conrad nick filardi and and world designs and and world designs. Rick yes, Grayson yes, wants indeed. no parts of his past and is only concerned with the future. Thankfully, that's where Scarecrow comes in handy now that he's set up a new practice in Bloodhaven and is all about talking about his patients' fears and in Rick's case, lack thereof. Hopefully now yeah. the Nightwing is back in town or a reasonable facsimile, this will be the catalyst to get Dr. Crane back in costume and go after who he thinks is the boy that has no fear. Yeah, and this is the thing where we have been kind of, you know, championing yeah. this book a bit because it is something it's new. different. It is something different. And yeah, it may not be the best story for everybody. They're trying something new. The problem is this issue is not doing anything new <laughs> and it's spinning its wheels. And that that to me is the problem where we get the idea. I get it. I get that Rick Grayson wants to be a clean slate. I get that that he doesn't want to be Nightwing, but each issue does not have to start with seven pages of it we we know this already and the art in this i thought was way off there it there was way off i was really was liking the uh the grittier feel that this seemed to have yeah. now that we're like more of a street level kind of deal that he doesn't want to be now for some reason i don't know what happened in this issue because like you said it's way off and i'm like i, I don't know if i like this anymore there's I hope it one stay point like this. that there's one point that just made me giggle when they were going through. And then what happens at the beginning of this, you do see that there's going to be a Nightwing squad. We, you know, we ended yeah. up where, uh, you know, Sapienza ended up getting the crap kicked out of him. Well, they've, the other people that he went to have Which is a shame because like I, said, I, I really want a slow burn story. I was hoping they would extend that a little bit more because since Sapienza got the crap beat out of him before and went to Hutch, like, yeah. oh, man, Sap, you actually went and did That's it. That's all it took. And now we jump ahead where – 
we have all the people on board to be the Nightwing squad. I don't know why you're doing yeah, this. Yeah, so me. they're there. I, I think maybe the like editor, like you got to get Move going it along with this, there, you know? Scotty. Because even with that, you still then have this really long drawn out deal. Well, now I get the idea. I get it that you have Dick Gr- or Rick Grayson talking to a psychiatrist, you know, to get a clear bill of health. Yeah, he has after, to do you this know, for his medical stuff. deal. It throws a little things off, like we said, uh, with the Batman book as well, where we do see that he was taken to a hospital. Which we is do weird. see that he was treated without even a, a fake last name. No, it's Dick Grayson. I mean, who are they fooling? Rick R- Grayson. Well, it's Dick Grayson, Grayson and exactly, came in yeah. as, you know, yeah, did did Batman just take off the Nightwing costume and then went with it? But there's still that idea that it's out and about that Nightwing got shot. I'm telling and you, so, somebody who's the same height, age, build of Nightwing was shot yeah. in the- I like you, you know, have to go into the hospital that, with a I gunshot guess. wound to the head. I'm like, yeah. Why isn't the GCPD looking at this? Are they that bad at yeah, the jobs? I know you have to kind of let it flow in this, but so you have this. But look, we, you we bring understand. in Leslie Tompkins, you bring in some specialists that you know, kind of do whatever you have to do. Put them in blindfolds, like the penguin. Well, this about, is the other thing the with it cave. too. Is you still have this connection to a Bruce Wayne yeah. that that nobody seems to go with anyway? And why is this that? It isn't Leslie coming in to talk to Rick Grayson to get the bill of health because you would think Bruce would have set that up. Yeah. And then you have the roundabout deal of He'd also who would in be informed of what's going on with his boy. Yeah. Uh, who ended up giving Scarecrow a job? I mean, <laughs> he's, he's only, this, this alter ego of his, how long has he been at this? It's the long con in it's his mind. Months, it's it seems so like. off. It, this is the idea in the DC universe. It, what happens in one city definitely stays in that city. He just heads the blood. Bloodhaven is so desperate for psychiatrists. The, the, it's like when we say about Harley. It's the goofy thing with Harley where all of a sudden she's working at the, the psych ward. It, who is letting her when Pamela Isley and the Birds of Prey no, no, is working fine. for This is the Dr. Gruday. Yeah, Gruday. How? Where did Doctor Gruday? Did he go to Devry over the weekend? <laughs> it's so ridiculous that he's there. But this is what I don't mind, and where I actually, if you want to go full out, uh, I wouldn't have minded if Crane was trying to work through a little trouble of his own, and you end up with both Dick Grayson and, and Crane, Jonathan Crane, working their problems out together and kind of become friends in this. But well, you, it's you almost like where, that to a degree. The whole idea. Well, seems he that, is you know, learning from well, him. Exactly. He doesn't seem to know it's Nightwing. Well, no, it's not, Dr. Crane seems really interested in the idea that, you know, this guy has no fear of what's going on because yeah, the fear was put behind. He wants to, to move do. forward the whole idea. And like, I've only ever known one other boy like that kind of thing. Yeah. You get the idea because well, we saw that whole connection before they had with Robin and Scarecrow yeah, in the yeah. past when they first met. And I kind of like this little camaraderie ship kind of thing. We like you get the idea kind of that like camaraderie. This- I, I see the whole idea of this is where I said that Dick Grayson is back as Nightwing by by sixty. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's going to happen? We said we would know that it's going to be one of the things is that oh somebody got hurt when it should have been me, but also. Crane's pretty much spelling out that what Dick Rick Grayson is telling him is inspiring this new fear thing that he's doing. So basically, people are dying because oh, yeah. of what Rick Grayson's lifestyle is. There's the other point of getting him back as Nightwing. Right. He's going to end up feeling responsible in all sorts of ways. Well, I, I really don't mind think that, this. That uh, Dr. Gruday, which is another word for Crane, so I think that's kind of funny that it's just yeah. another word for yeah. Crane, but uh, yeah, it's the whole thing in my mind, he came to Bloodhaven because of Nightwing being here, and when he got here 
Nightwing wasn't around for four months or what, how long, you know, yeah, how long it's yeah. been. So now that the Nightwings are about, I'm, I think that he's going to get back into Scarecrow persona because this is why I really think he's here to finally, you know, put fear in the boy without fear kind of deal. So well, I actually it, like it this whole It doesn't matter thing. if he gets back in the Scarecrow persona because he's already killed a bunch of people that they ripped. Yeah. He's, he's already doing Scarecrow stuff. It's not like he's there as just a doctor trying to figure things out or whatever. He's already caused havoc throughout the city. Uh, so, you, you know, you have that. Co- Plus, you also had the idea that he had a session of, of this psychiatry deal of this, you know, the AA group yeah. that he had where everybody went berserk and uh, killed each other, it seems, or at least be. Why isn't he, you know, fired? I, uh, where do you get where he has this session where everybody Who's attacks each him? other? He's his own and, boss. And, uh, yeah, I don't know that he is. I don't know who he works for. He's obviously working with the guy. Like he is in deep enough that if something happens that they need a clear bill of health, he is being paid by the Gotham, you know, the deal to say, okay, and the insurance, it makes no sense that this would go on. The the Avalon Heights Rehabilitation Center. How is that? Yeah. How is that? (laughs) Did it set up like the Grayson CrossFit? Did Bruce give the money for this? Because And it's so set up that this is where the Gotham Hospital and all that send the people to go talk to them. It is such a forced setup. And it, it is goofy. I don't mind it that much. But no. it's so goofy to think that this even makes sense in any sort of real world deal where all of a sudden I get shot. And now I'm going to a former huge villain who might have just set this up in the past two weeks. And it's set up. that It's nonsense. Well, but the it's there for believe that, that he actually showed up right before Nightwing, you know, got shot or somebody. So he's been sitting around bored like, oh, better better do some fear or something because uh, mm. Nightwing's not around. I guess, I guess I should make you know what? I saw the signs are us. I can maybe make a sign up for the Avalon Rehabilitation Center. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. This would have been different and I thought that maybe it would have been the better way that you know, you have Rick Grayson, he's there. There's the psychological nonsense mumbo jumbo because really what they're giving him the green light to just become himself like it's not for a job it's it's, it's very hokey in yeah. my mind the psychological aspect of this it would be something that he would want to do not a ordered thing he no, didn't I, do yeah, anything I don't wrong i'm saying i don't well, know he how didn't do anything well. wrong i know I he didn't, didn't do anything so wrong. if you got in an accident you think that you would have to be made to go to a psychiatrist to well, talk maybe it has about to do something problem? with insurance as well because i know i had to sign off for something when i wanted there, to end my rehabilitation there is no way that insurance is giving you more things to go to to pay for there is no way because he's not what is the end result of this psychological test to what make are sure they he's gonna not tell a danger him? to himself or no, others no th- but that's not uh, that's not up to anybody that you got shot he wasn't a police well, he's officer. Not he's now, not though. going back to work. If I ended up getting shot at work tomorrow, I'm not going to have to go through psychological testing that's court ordered, it seems, for me to get a clean bill of health. There's no, there was no crime I committed. They didn't even look into the crime of KGB. So I, I just don't get the idea of when he's like, boy, I can't wait till they give me this clean bill of health so I can get out of here and be myself. It's just for the whole thing is forced. It is completely forced. But that's how they're getting Crane into this. It's nonsense. And he ends up there. Huh, I knew a guy who didn't know fear and all this stuff with Crane and Rick. It just it doesn't 
makes sense. It doesn't. There is unless you find out later that Bruce demanded this because he's running the bill. I don't know. I, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know, know how it works. Maybe he wants to get insurance because of this previous thing. He has to get a clean bill. But we never that. saw that. I don't why, know. Why I'm would he saying. want insurance? He's living in everybody in squatting wants in, in, in No, he's squatting in, in cat people's houses, and he's <laughs> not even going by his real name. It's it's just it's just to get him with Crane. It, it is very forced. This whole story is becoming very forced. But I like the I actually don't Nightwing mind this whole thing. The part. whole idea that he has to go talk to a therapist and the idea he should know who Doctor Crane is, Scarecrow, and he looks at this man and all he sees is somebody that he thinks is trying to help him. Like I like yeah, that but, little bit but of but it. Again, like I said, the the whole idea is there'd be nobody demanding he goes there. Also, the other wraparound is nobody would be paying Crane to be the guy. This should have been set up where he wanted to go somewhere because he had problems and ended up. having Having to go to somebody like Crane, who set up his back alley psychiatry deal because Grayson doesn't have any money. Right. And then it's perfect for me. It works out then. But this whole idea of, man, can't wait till you give me the clean bill of health so the hospital lets me become me. And I, what is this hospital? I don't know what world they're living in. But there you go. It, maybe work. it is insurance. I don't know. Well, I do. I mean, more than this, I know a little bit about psychiatry and stuff because that th- this isn't how it works. You have to have a reason why you would force somebody to go to that. Getting shot isn't the reason. You don't. You got an accident. You've had. When are they ever coming? Like, okay, you're going to have to do this until we say you're okay. It just doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't. It, it's complete nonsense. It's just to set up Crane to be in this book. And with that, you know, the the boy who has no fear and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You got that. In the meantime, you have the Nightwing squad. They, you know, go around swinging and dancing and fighting. <laughs> and they bring they bring down a drug That's dealer. That's the thing, too. It's like, you know, they Zach, collect money. Zach and Colleen Edwards, the brother-sister duo of this Nightwing group, which the one thing I am seeing, like, you know, when Hutch shows up and stuff like that, it does seem like that we will be getting different names for these different Nightwings, which I do get excited about because I want it to be that way because it can't all just be Nightwing 1, Nightwing 2, or Nightwing A, Nightwing B. It seems like yeah. Zach, though, out of this brother-sister cop duo – Zach's not all about this kind of thing. He's like hesitating to do stuff. That the superhero yeah, life is he's not gonna for die. Colleen, she seems a little bit, you know, more brutal about it. And like, you know, Hutch himself, yeah. you're worried that Hutch is gonna start getting in on the take kind of idea where look, Yeah, there's the other well, co- there's the weird thing. Why was Hutch kicked out of the police academy? He was yeah, railroaded out, out. all I know, yeah. Yeah, he's railroaded out, so we're gonna have to find out, you know, I, I guess that's a setup to maybe see why. Uh, I don't know why. And maybe it's some sort of deal. Maybe I don't know, because he seems to want to take money right away. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, like, you know, look, we, we just took down all these drug dealers, these bad guys. Look at all this money. That's evidence. I'm like, what? And that's the best part, too. It's like better bag. And I'm like, what are you doing with this evidence? You came in as night wings. The whole idea of you bagging evidence be- just because you're a cop during the day. It felt weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I maybe I'm still thinking about why the hospital would make him go to Crane. Maybe it's because he wanted to get his insurance for the Grayson CrossFit. Mm. Uh, luckily, that wasn't the Dick Grayson CrossFit. It was it's you know you can still be the Grayson CrossFit. It's and Richard Grayson. That, even that when when Crane's talking to him and he's like you know well that's Dick Grayson. They're they're throwing the name Dick Grayson around. There's never like the talk of like. Well, you had a privileged life after your parents died. Like he's just like I don't know. I know all these languages, and and I, I can fight and put together. A, he's the a born gun. supremacy. Yeah, yeah. I just it's so forced. It's so For forced. Like I, you said, it'd be weird that I say the second movie in the series, yeah, the born yeah. supremacy. This is the born identity. 
Yeah. So with that, why, you know, and then at the end, you know, you do have the, okay, well, Rick, you you got a clean bill of health. And also like, I knew a boy who I'm didn't a, have fear and I'm you see the problem right behind he, him. The Dr. Crane's trying to commiserate. I knew a boy once. He simply knew yeah. no fear. I just like that yep. whole idea. And like, he's there. Who's getting and therapy then, here, Doc? You or me? And then shows even more creepiness by, you know what? Have a cupcake. <laughs> I don't trust his blood. I'm telling you, I was waiting for something bad to happen, but no, it's just a cupcake. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm thinking that that thing is full of fear toxin. <laughs> like it's extra special icing. The best part is you never see cake. You never Rick. see Rick eat it. I like to imagine he walked out of the freaking no. the help center just oh, throw it he away. Threw that away. Because yeah, now he's he with, you know, uh, uh, Bay here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Bay, but I think it's B. But like the, the, the new love interest yeah. in the book, it seems to be going forward. Like, okay, I'm a clean bill of health. And also, maybe it's like, I better get some therapy because I don't know what I was doing. I do some crazy shit when I don't know what I'm doing. I better make sure that I'm okay to be around people because I don't want to start hurting B in my sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have that. He has the woman there, Bay, that he's, you know, kind of fancy with, and they go. And then it ends with Crane making a dinner. He's like, oh, you know, making two dinners, too. He's like, you know what? I'm getting to uh, this psychiatry thing is really a wondrous thing. I'm really coming up with some good ideas. This patient, it really reminds me of you. You know, you're wondering, like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, he he just has a Funko Pop Funko Nightwing. Yeah, just talking to him. And he has a, a meal for him, and that's the end. But yeah, uh, again, one, just besides the force deal that you know, I lost my mind a bit with. Uh, it is still just the reminding us that he wants to be Rick Grayson, and then seeing I want more of this Nightwing squad. So do I. Uh, I get the idea. I think we that jumped the gun on a little bit with that. Like it went ahead a little bit too far. Yeah. You had to get well, to I, it, but I now think it's that just there's hot one of the problems with this would be that the editors, like we heard sometimes with the Superman book, that they don't want to have a Nightwing without Dick Grayson in it as much. There's too much Rick Grayson in this book and not enough of this Nightwing squad. In fact, I could have it where you have three pages at the beginning of Rick Grayson and then the rest is the squad getting together. Set them up. See more of these characters. Get their names like you said. See that you know, if if they're for it, if they're not. You have all these things. This Zach to me, he's not in, you know, he's not fully in. He's not no, 100%. No. He's in trouble. He's probably going to get very hurt or this killed. Peer because of the idea bad, that he doesn't here. want to be there. Yeah, so I would like to see more of that. I would have liked to have seen more, like I said, more of these characters. Hutch, I want to know more about him. Pretty much you just uh, wanted to so, see less of Nightwing sitting down and talking about a lot of stuff yeah, that we already and, and knew. We already know. We already know that, and that's the problem. It's setting up more of Crane instead, yeah. of, but we're getting Which it Which you kind of do need. But we're getting it through the idea of things we already know. Yeah. So and it and basically all it was was to set up that whatever Crane does from now on, Rick Grayson is kind of responsible because the inspiration's coming from him as well. You beautiful so that's his bastard other way to without go fear. Back. I'm telling you, you beautiful bastard. There's the one point when you're having all this, you know, background and stuff when he's like Nightwing. Every indication is he's a new good cop. There's the one panel on that where I'm glad this guy's into being Nightwing. I'm like, what the heck kind of art is that? He looks off. Nightwing's with B at one point. It looks like her face is melting. Oh, it's crazy. And yeah, you, you get the idea that Rick Grayson is kind of happy at this point that somebody has taken up the mantle so he doesn't have to feel oh, like no, he, he has to go he's back feeling and happy. That. Some bad shit's about to happen, kid. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And that's going to draw him back. So everybody who wants a Dick Grayson to be Nightwing, I believe you are going to have that coming up. But 
you may get the idea that Rick stays because that is something that they claim is Dan DiDio's big, you know, major stumbling block with this character that he doesn't like that you can make jokes. Oh, there's Batman's dick. Ah, and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. those are the jokes, Eric. <laughs> that is one of the things he hates. And uh, so what did you give this? I gave this issue a 6.5 out of 10. I wasn't a huge fan of the art this month but uh, or this week, but uh, the whole thing with Scarecrow and Nightwing, it went on, or Rick Racing, it went on a little bit too long, but I kind of liked the interaction, the idea about still not having fear, even when he's a new guy going forward. Man. The past is behind him. He doesn't have to worry about that. So there's no fear to moving forward. It was kind of fun. And even the idea that he's going to inspire Crane to do this, this them looking at each other and both not knowing he was, it was a really cool thing there. And plus, I like seeing the Nightwings in action, even if it felt like we jumped the gun a bit with the development of their characters. But a 6.5 out of 10 for this issue. Yeah, I'm 4.5. I thought the art was garbage, and I think this story is going nowhere. This issue, I like the whole idea. It's just all set. We know what we think is going to happen, but nothing happens in this issue. You have recap of Dick Grayson talking, and, and the forced thing of having him have to talk to Crane is ridiculous. It just doesn't make sense. I want more of this Nightwing squad because I think that they're not long for the world anyway, yeah. but I'd like to see it a little bit. The minute that they give each other names, they're done <laughs> in my mind, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm a 4-5. This is a huge disappointment, this issue to me, and something that I've been sitting there telling people, that, you know, give it a shot. Yeah. I like it. Give it a shot. It was a this bit of a down issue for what we've been it, getting. Every, and I, this is the problem, too, is we're now into this run. You have Fabian Nicesa and Scott Liddell into this run. Before, things were forced. It's always been forced. I mean, since Nightwing got shot, this is forced. But before, it was forced because of somebody else's hand, in my mind, Tom King having to have Nightwing shot. You're now on your own now. That You can't keep giving the idea of, oh, well, it's, it is forced because of what happened. We're past that point. You need to get a story going yourself stop with your nonsense recap every story for seven pages and get on with stuff that's exciting to move forward and you're not you're just sitting there doing nothing which is one of our biggest complaints that becomes one of my biggest you know triggers now is a book that just is doing nothing i'm reading comics you know not to just sit there and, and get recap you know you have to trust that these people have read your book if they haven't, they're not going to read this issue. Well, you know, every every book is somebody's first issue, but you don't have to treat the other 99% have been following as if that's their first. I'm not that dumb. I, I understand Rick Grayson wants to be his own guy. I understand it. You're only saying this over and over because he's not going to be. <laughs> Nonsense, Aaron. But yeah, there you go. And as we talk about these books, I'm getting more and more angry at them. I wanted a positive podcast. I know. What's You're the last book of this section? Red Hood at Wall number 29, written by Scott Liddell with art by, art by Pete Woods, Rex Locus, hey. coolest name ever, and Troy Pateri. There's something off about the quaint little town of Appleton, and Red Hood is going to get to the bottom of it. Or it's going to get to the bottom of him. That's oh. right. Now that Jason Todd is on his own, he may be in over his head because in the previous issue, after coming to from being knocked out, he found himself face-to-face with a faux Grundy that wanted to see what his insides looked like. Hopefully now that Batwoman has showed up out of nowhere, the two can work together to take Underlife down. Yeah, at least I was right. They were robots, Eric. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, well, they kind uh, of are. The it Mondays. seems like it's, it's such a weird idea because they're using Grundy DNA to build these things. I'm like, they still don't feel like robots to me. Yeah, but even at the end when this lady who's the pie lady, she mm-hmm. ends up getting punched. She a robot. She a robot android. <laughs> She's great. Yeah, again, you, you want, I'm not going to get as mad with this book, Treading Water, because, boy, yeah. that's all it's done. 
And again, well, we're going with another. Scott Liddell wrote this story. You know, Fabian says is more involved in the Nightwing, but this is Scott Liddell. This guy is just treading water like everyone else. I mean, there is nothing that happens in this issue pretty much. And and then you go with the idea of him going into this town. What what have we gotten really? <laughs> we well, have, we go into a town that's nowhere, being controlled and has robots. Well, go, going into this issue, it really felt like we missed an issue or at least a half an issue because a lot of stuff, people would just like Batwoman just knows stuff. And Red Hood, because of that, oh, Batwoman told me this. Well, when was this? Yeah. Things were just happening. Like the whole idea of why we're in Appleton, he was there to look into things. He never looked into things. Things happened to him. And all of a sudden, he has a giant yeah. plan out of nowhere and is going after things that I never knew about. So it's like we really felt yeah, like we yeah. missed an issue or a half an issue because it seems like Scott Liddell decided – well, this is going on a I little bit too long. Time to end things and right now. And just imagine that issue. Imagine <laughs> that issue that we missed because nothing really goes on here. And uh, just, yeah, oh, we're fighting the Mondays. Is that a nickname? When you going? So you have this now. In the meantime, you almost have a Hulk-esque thing going on where you do have people trailing Red Hood. You know, where his wake is, they're trailing. You have the idea that they're at that diner, that the big fight happened before. Batman is not mentioned in this because, you know, you're going to go forward with just Red Hood and stuff like that. And then we see, you know, Wing man who's just there which is odd too because they said around in this thing when we go to this diner for the feds which we saw the lady before that uh, you know uh, red hood helped before when he first became this Mm -hmm. new red hood on his way to appleton yeah like uh where it says see last issue like that was like two issues ago i don't know what you're talking about see last issue we didn't see anything at the diner last issue but this whole thing like you know it's weird like i don't know what they're trying to push because the Oh, yeah, it was all Red Hood that beat up this diner. Obviously, the pie lady here is the Grundy, I guess, but uh, they're the Monday, as you yeah. call it. But it's such a weird idea where we have the people of Appleton who seem to be off. They seem like they were personally creating these Mondays, but now it's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, the underlife, they were, they were holding all they the children hostage. So now they were just, they kids. that's and the whole idea. Like everybody came at him. Everybody had a weapon. It was such a weird thing last issue. I know. And now I it's know. like, oh, no, they were the victims themselves. Well, like, and what's going to get what what we're going to continue getting in this book is uh, you they want to have red hood firing the gun so basically everybody's going to be an android they're going to be this that so that he can go and it's announced even i guess these are robots so we can go to town on them and then (laughs) it's just there to decapitate things you know androids android uh, rights eric hashtag androids have feelings on my watch well yeah really well they're going on and they're fighting and i i do think that this is going to be a problem through this where we say number one it does look like it's going to go from town to town to town A, a story progression that we're not very hip on anyway and he's going to end up fighting even by the end of this it seems like he was given all the information to find out exactly who the leader of underlife is and where he's at the ending it just ends and that's my biggest problem with this issue he ends up going they and this is going to be quick because he ends up fighting through the mondays and then some more mondays yeah then ends up getting pointed towards you know this big house that he goes to where he does find a bunch of people yeah the big house they end up fighting then and that's where you get this other android woman pie lady, lady who then just tells him exactly what is going on to get you, him to the next place. There is no well, reason. led by a guy named Solitary. He's down in Mexico. I've never seen people talk like this <laughs> in a – in it's the joke of a comic book, really. She's like, huh, it's just – I'm just mad that I'm not going to be alive to see you go down when you find Solitary in the town of here at this address. Because he's like, hey, yeah, let me write you know, what's going you. on here? complicated. What's, uh, what's going on here? Oh, we were creating a lab in Mexico, a place called Huerve El Agua. Oh, 
man, I don't want an address. <laughs> I need a Which name. Place? Oh, I'm sorry. It's called solitary. <laughs> Just go. Yeah, I could die happy knowing that he's going to send you straight to hell. All right, there you go. Now I'm going to blow up this place and walk like a badass off the explosion. And, you know, and then on. go to. I, I really enjoy the art in this issue. It's, that's oh, the art's great. This is essentially like the plot. That's a side story. What you're dealing with here is pure action movie nonsense because it's yeah, fight no, after it's, fight to lead to that walking away from an explosion fights. scene. And the walking thing is, away from it explosion. Looks really bad. But also the idea that they're fighting these Mondays, going through wave and wave. Then they go to the big house to find Pie Lady, and, and as this is going on, she's like, "Huh, you don't even know what's going on in this town of Appleton." He's like, "Oh yeah, we know. You have the kids, and, and by the way, off panel." Batwoman saving all of them. And that's the, thing, the whole like, thing wraps up that way. I didn't know any of this panel. before we got no, here. Like, he why is he keeping everything to no the way? T- no. Yeah. yeah, they're keeping it close to the vest here. So basically, he's like, "Huh, guess your chips are down, baby," because Batwoman already saved the kids. Oh no! Well, I guess I better tell you the whole plan then. Go to Mexico and look for solitary. <laughs> Thank you. Now I will kill you because you're a robot. Though seems to have <laughs> feelings. She killing. seems to have feelings. When she says, I'm going to go, I'm going to die now happy, knowing he's going to send you to hell. That she shows feelings. She was programmed to say there. that. That shows feelings. He is a murderer. Murderer. <laughs> and yeah, he blows up, walks. And I mean, if there's ever so a, a drawing of a badass walking away from an explosion, this is the generic version of it. It's funny. It goes. It's going it's with cool the- It's cool as hell. The, the wink wink of this is an action scene, it doesn't go well with the wink wink that I just wasted this money in an issue that does nothing. The art's <laughs> great. I like the art. Uh, but yeah, then you have what is an odd little victory lap here, but more of a lap to, hey, we're going to take laps here to get to know where these characters well, stand with each other. Well, even this whole thing other. that's like, oh, you know, Batwoman and Red Hood, they're pretty similar because, you know, Kate Kane went against the grain of Bat- what Batman yeah. went before when she killed Quayface. But you yeah. know what? She asked for forgiveness and he gave it. All you got to do that is, you know, all you got to do is that, Jason, <laughs> that chance. <laughs> hey, I just, uh, who's, like, hey, I you want you to introduce you. was right. I tried to kill yeah. a, a penguin because I was angry. There, there's yeah. no coming back from Fat this in chance. Batman's mind. Fat chance. Uh, hey, here's our ride. I want you to meet Renee Montoya. Where are we going? <laughs> south. South it is. This whole what is this whole thing? Renee Montoya has like a week vacation. She's got a she's week just off. Chauffeuring um, not even that. Around. She just says till Friday. So obviously, it's you know at the at the most it's Saturday and this going on. They probably would have had that festival on the weekend. So I'm assuming Sunday and now Saturday. And it's just she's got a week to thrill in Mexico. <laughs> They're off to Mexico, driving around. Oh my! The, this book. You know, we're we're 29 issues into the series, and boy, we don't have a lot of stories, but we still like it. I love yeah. Jason Todd, but boy, th- this is this, a lot of nothing. This whole Appleton bit, once we found out that Roy was dead in the diner, we moved to Appleton. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know what's underlife is. I'm telling you, Roy was in the big annual was telling us about he's been researching underlife and this whole thing that's like, you know, running all of the criminal organizations to a degree. You part of this, you're protected and all this stuff. Jason, can you, well, I, I got to go to the sanctuary. Please look into this. So Jason is doing this for his friend. I don't yeah. know what underlife is still. It's like, oh, it's from no, my South. Like, I who don't we know. know is, you know, Jason's I father at this point. And I'm like, I don't know. They're making faux yeah. Grundies. They're hey, stealing oh, children yeah. so people in so Apple crazy. Towns can and, go and, and freaking And just the stuff. idea now 
that they are leaving a town that he blew up half of it. There's scraps of android robots laying around, but the kids are with the parents. There you go. The kids are with the parents. People are out of homes. Everything's ripped apart. He just apart. blew up the big house. Yeah, but that's somebody's house. I don't think that that lady lived there all her life. I think she was just there. They took it over when they came into town. Some poor person is out of house. Some and rich I person. Look like a fancy that's big house. house. Exactly. I look like him. Yeah, yeah, now they're, they're that's how they got not so rich. I'm sure I hope they're they had insurance. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know insurance for a bomb with androids and a Mondays. Act of but God. yeah, I, I would think that you might want to look cruel, into cruel God. Like, talk to one person in town of how they came in and stole the kids and what was involved. No, it's just I'm sure We're the FBI south. is not far behind them. Yeah, but that's not what they're about. No. You know, Jason Todd, they're just going to go without any info, just a name, which also could have been the android just lying. It could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there they go. But it's time and to cut the head off the snake, the snake that we didn't even know was there, really. This is the name of the snake somewhere around here. Now that we're going to cut the head off because I guess Scott Liddell got It's just going to be back and forth. Over and over, we're just going to go as wingman peeks around trucks. And we did have wingman just on. peek around a truck one yeah, panel. Yeah, just peek around a truck. Uh, I did just go to remind you there. I did go a little bit high on this one because afterwards I was just thinking about the art. Because at one point I was sitting at a 6.5 before the uh, reviewer go- review went up Man. that night. I went outside. I was thinking about just the fun of the issue, the action movie feel, the great art that accompanied because it is just fight after fight after badass walking. Yeah. There's not a lot of plot here. I thought the artwork great depicting these action scenes. The, the like yeah. the idea of Batwoman and Red Hood, it's kind of fun. I like it here. I don't think it, we got enough of it, but there's not a lot of story here. I want a six point nine no. out of ten. Might be a little bit high, yeah. but I had a good time. Six point nine, dude. Yeah, I'm going five five. There's just, yeah. I like the art a lot, but there's just nothing going on, and it seems as if like you have the combo of her uh, Batwoman showing up just because they want to have somebody work off of Jason. They don't yeah. want him by himself. But and even I don't want him by himself off. either because we realize what seems happens off. when he's by. I am yeah, just get Wingman. Artemis. Wingman's sneaking around. Eventually, I think he'll just end up joining him That'd and kind of cool. working some deal. But, we'll but I want see. Artemis we'll Bizarro yeah, back. I, the art's good, but. Nothing's going on in this book at all. It's just, and it, it does seem to point to, okay, we're in this town. Now we'll go to that town. So we'll have a, a an issue where we learn the rules of that town, see that they're making Tuesdays. Well, and I don't know. I'm so, and I mean, Ruby Tuesdays, solitary confinement. So I don't know if we're just going to go learn the background of Underlife and Solitary himself, or if we're just going to go and just, you know, start our arc to kick Solitary's ass no, and finish Underlife. I just want to go kick his ass and finish it and, and yeah. be done with it and then move on to something, but we'll see. But yeah, that's the end of this section. We're going to move off now to some mail. Hello. Me and Eric had a lot of fun talking about Nightwing tonight. But I wanted to get on here to tell everybody that I indeed don't know everything about psychology. I also really don't know anything about rehab and psychiatry. So, this is to apologize to anybody I offended, but also to remind everyone that Eric is an idiot. And also the fact that I believe Bruce Wayne would be looking into any sort of rehab that Rick Grayson was doing, thus leading to Scarecrow, thus shutting the whole ridiculous thing down. So just remember, just because you don't know the facts about something should never stop you from being angry at your co-host and yelling at him making up facts. That is the way I roll. And that is the way that I think you should roll yourself. So please, if you take anything, anything from this discussion of Nightwing tonight, I hope that you take that during a fight. 
just start yelling stuff. Yell stuff louder than the person you're arguing with, and you will usually win. That is that. And also remember, Eric's an idiot, and I don't want to hear anybody ever reference quite like Eric reading comics all of his life that I know about psychology. Thank you, and good night. Yo, it's Mail Call. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First, I'll hear Mail with Jim. Now, Mail with Jim. So first I hear Mel with Jim Now Mel with Jim Gonna hear Mel with Jim All right, and we're here with mail section number two. Are we? And it is all Brandon. Are we here with that? Yes, we are, because there's Brandon. Brandon says, sup, fellas? What's up, Brandy? Busy week in the Buffalo area this week, mostly consisting of shitty Nine weather and horrible traffic. So your average day, six months a year. This one was a little extra special because Ooh. the axle to my car decided to take a shit, doing something it shouldn't, costing me precious dollars and cents at Christmas time. This goddamn car is like living with another woman in the house. Oh, my. <laughs> because every time I get stuck working holiday hours and getting a nice paycheck one or the other takes it all from me oh my and possibly both <laughs> then i'm left penniless just like the penguin and all without oh. the fun of drinking holiday booze to show for my misfortunes really i'm debating between just running this current car into the ground or getting a new car and along with it a new car payment the scam of the whole car family. business <laughs> yeah the scam of the whole car bill well that's where you run into the ground with them yeah. into it uh, the scam of the whole car business is by the end of the year, it'll all work out to be about the same anyway. So the only thing stopping me right now is that I just hate with a passion stronger than my hate of Tom King's Batman dealing with car dealerships and oh, their the nonsense. I hate it so uh, much. My old boss, Bud, would go in and say, fax me your best deal. And that's it. And they would try to say anything. He's like, I don't want your bullshit. And don't then they do me, it. They end up doing it. So driving into the ground is I gave is you my wants out. and needs right now. You make sure you do it. Yeah. He says that he's probably just going to drive that car to the ground. On the bright side, while dealing with all this snow, the snowblower I got for a wedding present from my grandpa blows snow hard enough to knock my daughter clear off her feet <laughs> while in the yard. So that's fun. Add to <laughs> that the great. new snow shovel. <laughs> he got a new snow shovel, by the way. We, we were talking about that. I'm ready to dig out the neighborhood. For a price, of course, when the next blizzard hits. I would guess that people in Buffalo do not need other people to, you know, everybody should have a snowblower, right? I don't know. Uh, That's the thing is, right now, the people, the maintenance man who's ever in charge of my apartment building, stuff like that. And we're not in Buffalo. I'm saying they've taken precautions, though, to all the walkways in my complex kind of thing. They have put those little dowel rods down, you know, those little pieces of metal like rods into the ground to mark out where each and every, like, you know, walkway begins and stuff like that. And Every day I see less and less until one day you drop me off at, like at home after yep. work 
I'm just sitting there bullshitting, and I see a bunch of kids walking home from after yep. getting left off the bus, all and I see all of these kids runs. just grabbing each and every one. I'm like, I hate children so much. Yep. They're only here to make adult lives worse. I said, why don't you say something to them? And you got you say can't it. say anything to kids anymore. Come on, I'm, next know. thing you know, kids. I'm locked up. Kids, you know. Next thing they're dabbing right? at you. <laughs> they're dabbing at you. Are they still do that? Right? I don't Books. know. Books. This was an all DC pull list this week, which is pretty rare for me, especially lately because what DC is putting out and my general unhappiness with their idea to abandon actual company-wide storylines that started in Rebirth in favor of the Didio King initiative. New tagline for the relaunch when sales tank I hear will be bestiality gags over continuity. Exactly what Tom King's Twitter feed asks for. (laughs) Batman, I'm done saying I like single issues of Tom King's Batman run because when he inevitably shits down my throat with other nonsense and the follow-up issues to make me look like a fool. I mean, what is going on here? Batman's dad came back from dead, death seemingly twice now himself, just to fuck with his son. And now we leave that you cliffhanger to get more... Yeah, get more of just what everyone asked for, more Tom King ripping off Hush. Does this issue count as one of his 105? Because it's damn well better. We should all start placing bets on what song, book, poem, or older comic Tom King will rip off next. I'll start next time we pick up this story. We'll see Alfred laying on the floor, curled up in a ball, repeating Humpty Dumpty, or in Tom King's uh, attempt to be clever, the Humpty Dance. <laughs> I'd like the Humpty Dance. <laughs> so would I. It, it like a pe- nose like a pickle. That's what he's going to say. I will give you a little I like a my bit, oatmeal lumpy. I'll, be, I'll, give you, <laughs> I'll give you a little bit of a hint. Uh, Batman Damned, or a little, you know, not spoiler, but Batman Damned has a, a rap in Etrigan next week. That is it's both awesome and both cringeworthy. Doomsday Clock. I like this, but the release schedule really grinds my gears. It's still a little too tied into politics at times for my taste, but I still enjoy it enough. I wish I didn't have to wait so damn long for the next one. Speaking of Mr. Johns, does he always picks slow artists to work with, and this is why his books are delayed. Or is it him always tweaking things? I would like to think he might also be twerking a bit, Eric. I don't think he's a mess and he's tweaking now. I just want him to twerk. I'm worried. Anybody twerk anymore, Eric? No. You want, I might twerk right now. You can't see me. <laughs> Can you imagine if I start I just wish somebody would walk past the door and just I wonder what you're doing. I have twerked to my kids, and they, they were very disturbed. I'm worried. They were all taken away being, now. Yeah. I'm worried. Well, you could have your clothes on. That's not a naked thing. That's just shaking <laughs> your butt. I don't want to be around your that. butt. And that's it. I'm mo- there. He's going to break Can something. Can you hear things shaking? Yeah. I was twerking. We can that hear, is, we can that hear the goddamn podcast. junk in the trunk there. Junk in the trunk? How <laughs> dare you? I will tell you right now, when we go into work on Monday, I will not ask. I will demand you grab my ass. I'm, I'm going to have you. I'm, you are going to do go it. to HR right now. Rock. I, I, even when I'm at my worst and I, you know, I, I, when I'm eating shit or whatever, for some reason, I still rock hard. I have the ass of a young Yarmir Yager, is stop. what they say. Nobody says that. Yes, they do. They say it down at the rec center. And it's weird Where because the it's, the counselors. <laughs> it's the counselors telling me that. Uh, I wish I didn't have to wait so damn long. Uh, I'm, I'm now I, there's the tweaking. Okay, twerking. twerking. I'm worried. I'm worried with him being so busy. This three Joker stuff will never come out. Uh, that'll Maybe be the, the deal. Best. I don't remember Jason Fabuck really ever missing deadlines. I may be off on that. Well, and he has a long is, time I th- I think ahead. The Justice League was pushed back at one point during the Dark it Side War stuff. 
Well, he has months ahead, so he yeah. should be good to go. That never seems I to swear. matter, though. I don't want to read that story. I. I'm not looking forward to that. And me and you might be the only ones. But if it's good, I'll be I'll be happy. Elated, just, even. I, it doesn't. It doesn't. Even. <laughs> I swear I read something the other day. Fabak finished book one. Does that mean soon? I feel like all news has gone dark or even dark label on that title Black label? again. Yeah, I, I, it didn't work. Eric. Some <laughs> jokes don't hit. I tried. <laughs> These are the jokes. Uh, Justice League. <laughs> where, where, where's Jess? Come on, I can't get to. Where are you? Edit that out. Thank you. Why Jess. is it so loud? That was really loud, wasn't it? Why listen, here's wrong my turn. Face? Listen to this. Listen to wrong turn. I don't know. You know that's. A, but then listen to Jess. She gets so angry. Edit that out. Criminy. Yeah. That, that was never with, that Jim. loud. No, right? What are you doing over there? There's her. There have fun. That's fine. Edit that out. Ah. What is? I even look. I'm looking. Do you see the the little graph there of recording? Holy crap, Jess! What are you? T- There's no limitation. I guess that's what it was. There was no limitation. She really don't it's ever never hit been that, that button loud. again. Fix that. It's do something. Don't hit it that no loud. more. What? Edit that out. God damn it, Jess! Everybody settle has down. a headache now. Tell her to settle down and get you to work on time. She said, he said, get yourself to work on time. Justice League. This was okay. And I'm not sure that I don't want to get to work on time. I'm sure it because Tynan feels like he's done half the issues or what. But this doesn't have the same magic Scott Snyder's Batman used to have when I read it. He doesn't seem that busy doing other books. The whole jumping on and off things just isn't working for me. He is doing the Batman of laughs now. So you yeah. have that. And I, I think that this is more of giving Tynan a little, you know, crumbs there. I don't know why because he's on some big books. I don't know. And I don't get why he's doing it because it's not adding to the story much at all. I, I agree in general. Uh, this issue, I, as you heard already, I really liked. Oh, yeah. But overall, I have told you many a time that I think that these Legion of Doom issues put a you know slam on the brakes of any momentum. They do, Joker's but I'm having the most Lex. fun with them because they're not convoluted. Edit that out. Jesus. You're just trying to get Joker's everybody Joker's mad at Lex, but not much happens here other than that besides the fact Batman who laughs is out and about pisses peop- some people off. This whole Perpetua or whatever her name is reeks of being too Pandora-like to me, and I'm losing it, interest. Is it because they both have a P name? Maybe. I, th- I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> really? I, like, Edit that out. Molly, I thought you were going to get sexy. Now the 10 now, listeners e- just left. That hurts our, our ears, but that's the thing is, by the time I go, I do run this through a leveler and it won't be that bad. Hopefully. So, they're going to be like, why is Eric being such a little jerk? It's terrible. Red Hood. I didn't read this yet, but let me guess. Red Hood and Batwoman team up and beat the shit out of the whole lot of people. Set game match. There. Done He's and right. done. He's right. Ite fellas, that is Brandon, and that is his mail. That's Thank all you, the mail for this week, and we're going to go off to talk to Reggie. Reggie, edit that out. That is so loud. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I don't know. I, I gotta, I gotta edit that out. The edit that out is what I have to do. Eric, it, it's now going to implode. That is crossing the stream. Have fun. See, that's fine. that's fine. Thank you, Jess. Thank you for uh, telling us to have fun in a very calm and collected voice. Then slams the door. But I don't know what happened. That, that is something happened with that sound effect. I'm going to have to look into that. But we'll be back with Reggie's books while I look into it, Eric. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Beware of my power, green's light. 
All right, and here we are with Reggie with three books tonight. Green's Light. Green's Light. Uh, We're going to be doing some books that, you know, there's some highs, there's some lows, there's some in-betweens. Oh, roller coaster ride. Stay (laughs) tuned later when Harley finds out that all holidays aren't what they crack up to be. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but we're not going to start with that. We're going to end with that because what are we starting with, Reggie? We are starting with The Green Lantern number 2, written by Grant Morrison, art by Liam Sharp and Steve Olaf. Hey, yo, Lantern am I? People call me Hal. When I'm talking to a spider, I ain't their pal. The Lantern true is by my side to break down arachnids and make them cry. A first and last, I'm a space cop man, and I hate the thugs that beat Rotlop Fan. The monument is standing plain. Fuck with the green light, and you'll feel the pain. <laughs> Word. You know? <laughs> One. Yes, yes. The uh, thing they're... is, what I didn't tell you guys is that I have a uh, sinus infection, so I can't hear oh. out of my right ear. So if I sound flatter and more uh, nasally than usual, oh. then that's oh. what it is. I, I'm that. telling you, because I that's that the... as a gift. I wish that you would have said that earlier, because that's the, the ear that I talk sexy into, Reggie. Oh. Your right ear is where I get sexy. I don't know how you doing that. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. You don't know yet. Listen to this. <laughs> Hey, Eric, what's going on? That was in your right ear, right? <laughs> in a mono I don't deal. know, but I don't it like is. it. Yeah, that didn't get you excited? What you Hold doing on, let me take now? my left ear, hey, ear butt out here. Now, take that out now. Hey there, big boy. Why don't you come over uh-huh. and sit on my lap and we'll talk about the first thing that pops up. Oh! And there you go. See, you didn't realize that like all that through the – it was always being said. You just always had both ears going. Ah, uh, yes, we're here. Those are the jokes there. Like I do. <laughs> yes. Well, there we have it. We have the Green Lantern. If you are, I believe the last issue, the first one, uh, we did on Patreon. It was a Patreon only. It made, made right, the spotlight. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan. At points, I think I might have went and made a sandwich. It's possible. I, I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, with that, this issue, I don't even remember what I gave it. Uh, this issue, I like a little bit more. But when I say little, I mean little. And the the problem I, like I have a little bit less. Well, the I, I we're going to be this one brought me totally on board. I thought that yeah, this one it's was, a weird deal because a lot of people well. are as well. And yeah. to me. I think that if you are, I, I thought that what the first issue of this series was one of those where I said at the end, my, my major epiphany by the end of the review was I realized that I'm not really a Green Lantern fan. And I think that that's one of the things now is in my mind, that issue, the first issue, if you were on board, I don't see why you would get fully off board. Now, Eric's saying he likes it a little less, but I think that he was already going in not liking Grant Morrison. He's not a Grant Morrison fan, and uh-huh. he liked that enough, but I think he's coming back down from that idea. He's, this isn't going to make him a Grant Morrison fan, but if you're well, a Grant the, the Morrison thing fan, really you like it. really put me on board was the idea of that Quarty and Green Lantern. Like, oh, we're going to do some antimatter yeah. universe stuff. That sounds like fun. I jump in this. Where's the antimatter? Yeah, well, and Grant Morrison is a guy who likes to throw a hundred things out there for you, and and some people love that. Some people like the, you know, there's imagination going on. There is here. I mean, and even Liam Sharp with some of these character designs and things like that, they they look really cool. Though I still don't think the art fits the book. That's just I, me. I, I think especially on the on the broad pages, that's one of the big problems. Is I mean, it's meticulously rendered, but it's just too busy. You know, it really yeah. does obscure what's going on. Uh, it needs a softer, maybe, to be honest, it might even be a coloring thing to just kind of soften things up a little bit because it's really, uh, there's a couple of pa- pages that should be very stunning and they end up being 
just incredibly yeah. busy, and they look overworked. You know, they look a little yeah. overwrought. Yeah, I, I but, agree. Uh, uh, but, and, but I, I, don't, I, I don't again, think, it, you know, it's, like it's, it's not like it's bad no, or that you can't tell what's going right, on or anything. It, you're right. It is busy. I say bland just because of the color over. It's, it's kind of washed out. I'm like, ah, there's not much going. Like, you know, there's a lot going on line wise, but I'm like, it's all kind of blending together for me because of the color that's well, with it. And, and one of the things is we talked about it before. You'll have like a Scott Snyder writing a book, and you can see like, boy, he's really paying homage to Grant Morrison. He's really de- if you are a fan of Grant Morrison, but also of Alan Moore, I think that you'll really like this because there's a bunch of Alan Moore characters. There's Rotlop oh, fan yeah. at the beginning. So at the beginning, the big wow moment is seeing Rotlop fan in that. But it's, it's I not don't... just Alan Moore. To be honest, this whole thing just and just like the last issue, there's a lot of nods and winks to that era. Yeah, that, that, that tales of the Green Lantern. And I'm not a Green Lantern, Lantern fan, Gibbons. and yeah, I, I mean, don't it, care about these characters. I really I, don't. I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that isn't all. I hope there's still some joy to be had, you know, for yeah. people that haven't read those stories. But for me. I love, you know, oh, yeah. I love seeing Spider Guild. I love seeing Rotlop fan. Uh, I love seeing, like, we never really ever saw him in action. I think we saw him actually, Jeff Johns used him briefly during yeah. the Sinestro War, but it, nothing, it was only just one, uh, a one-off issue. Yeah. But, uh, well, I like, like I, he... I love the idea that Evil Star was kept in a starless universe, but he used Rot, Rotlop fans sector that has no stars to sort of draw right. himself back into reality yeah. or yeah. whatever star world which I, I actually really like the evil star as well he's a very like one of my favorite underutilized characters i think the last time we saw him was in the new 52 one during the uh the Kundurlin like invasion that we're going against the green lanterns because they brought a bunch of the people from the science cells out to fight yeah. with them against them so like i liked it's it's weird because this kind of goes against us saying oh he's not an owen or like you know mogo or O anymore he's over here in ratlop fans you know galaxy with no sons that keep the you know the star Light from building up yeah. this energy, and yeah, I know well. it's such a weird thing because when it started getting all light, you know, all of a sudden it was bright as hell. And he's starting like, oh my god, the the terrible light, you know, after like or the great light after all this terrible darkness. I'm like, why did it get light? Then you see the one woman, you know, who has all this em- light emanating from her, but she wasn't that before, like a few panels before that. I'm like, there's the something. There's, obviously, he was broken out like that. That's the whole thing. Like yeah. that's the crew. Well, they wanted why to get interrogating his the one from the spider guild. That was part of some crew of people that wanted to get him so that they could get we'll, we'll find oh, later the black stars yeah. yeah yeah the black exactly, stars, the black yep. stars to get his uh, it seems weird too because we have the black star stars bag. and they even talk about you know the one who is talking about how you know he's born on malta so obviously he's a, supposed to be a controller of some sort he doesn't look like a controller instead of dark stars which we just had recently in how jordan the green lantern court we have black stars now and i'm like and instead of even policing the universe, which it seems like the idea of the hard justice that they're all about, they talk about it at one p- moment, but then it's like, all right, you know, we're going to go with the, you know, Kanjar Rose, you know, species of, you know, like, you know, the slavers, and we're going to protect them with all my, I don't know what you're playing with with these, this black stars, because you're kind of going against each thing you're throwing out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with well, me, again. You know, expecting Grant Morrison to, to maintain any continuity, especially coming from the new 52 is, uh, yeah. Well, my, my just, problem that was just the last couple issues. And, uh, but the other I, thing I, is, he's, he's, he's just gonna bl- he's gonna gloss over that. Well, like you're like Eric saying when narrative. you're talking about it. Uh, my problem is, I'm reading it. I don't know what the hell's going on. I, I really but I thought was the controllers confused. Were all dead, actually, I was right? pretty much confused just of most of this issue, just yeah. wondering what was going on and what meant something and what was. He he ends up like you're saying. He likes to push continuity aside, but I also don't think that he does well enough to introduce these characters and let people who have no idea who they are 
know like volcano what they head? are. Yeah, yeah, and and just even volcano with evil, head. evil star, if you don't know what evil star is about, it's very hard to understand why and what's going on until you know a little after the fact, things like that. I don't know evil star, so yeah, when I cast him as a genocidal, well, you know, I know such I a have that, but I really he's there. So. And I'm telling you, I don't know particularly that he's fed by Starlight as well as I should. And when that happens, why he's so excited, and then why they're grabbing this band. Then they're, you know, these things. No, I'm left behind, it seems, again. So I'm I'm watching this. In the meantime, you do have Hal Jordan, you know, playing good cop, bad cop with the spider. It's more concerned about how he doesn't like spiders than really anything else in my mind. And what happens by the end of this again is the idea that it's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on there's cool character designs there are a lot of terms being thrown about at me that i don't really understand and i don't know what they are so i end up being like well there's a lot of pomp and circumstance but really at the end of this it was the the you know the the one group grabbed the the band because they won it and they're taking planets i i end up Would at the end I, it a lot of sound and fury signifying yeah, yeah I, I just i i want to get involved with this now now, I do like the individual moments with Hal. I like the idea of a space cop, good cop, bad cop, and he throws, you know, different terms out that that made me actually giggle a little. Yeah. Uh, but with everything else, it almost seems to me as if, like, like you said, he doesn't care about continuity, but he does. He wants to make this book, in my mind, seem like it's been going on forever. So when we go into this, it seems like I am missed. I missed a whole run. That I've missed 12 issues going in. A lot of times we think that books feel like you missed an issue in between or whatever. I, I got done this and I just like, I, I'm having problems getting on board because I don't know many of these characters. I don't know why I should care. Like it's being stressed that I should care more than I'm actually caring. And it's just all you have to do is read every Green Lantern comic mm. published since 1958. That's but it. again, all that and, and this do. is the thing: is for the podcast, I will go and look up things. You know, a character's yeah. name, I go look up. But if I'm just buying this to enjoy it, I'm I would be more enjoying it for the you know the the imagination of it, the idea of a guy who's walking around volcano. You know that I'd be that would be the thing that grabbed me. But the story itself, I'm really my head spinning at points of not knowing what is going on, really. And then at the end, when I figure out, there's not much going on. It's pretty. But why is it being? It was a pretty straightforward. But why is it? Why go? uh, You know, five streets down, turn left, go right, go down the one way street to get back to three feet from your house? Because that's what it seems to me. You are doing a lot of things here just to get back to a very generic story so far that is exciting about a space cop and his home planet's disappeared it's been stolen that's pretty and some, exciting and some weapons some weapons are being sold so illegally that's a whole other wrinkle yeah, I mean, this, no, this, this is, I don't this is like that, that. Uh, what is that ice tea show the nypd one yeah, you know, yeah, yeah i know what you're talking about. i mean this, this is a scene from that where you have the interrogation scene and like for that, I really looked at it like a police procedural. Well, it could be that. And and I, if, I think it would be a cool scene in a police procedural. Well, if you're now, saying you're that, asking, but you're... Worth four to, bucks or whatever the hell it is? Well, I, I, to me, I join in and I watch, you know, CSI LA, say, or CSI New York. That's back. And that's all of a sudden, you have Gary Sinise. He heads off and he finds this guy and he goes, yo, 
Yo, Tony, I told you the last time that you can't do that. Hey, I, it seems like things have already gone on that I don't know about. And uh, so I'm left oh, kind of behind. And I'm telling you, the interrogation scene alone actually really threw me off because they wanted to spend more time on the idea that, you know, he wants to have this intergalactic strange dialogue that he really wants to push in the, the individual slang terms for the species. So because we have to find out that the spider pirate is a she who is yeah. a pri- had a privileged life and wanted to get she away from her mother princess. and is having an affair right. with some general and all this. I'm like, this yeah, is, this is what a, I'm it's saying. It's a spider pirate. You calm down is, here and you get to the goddamn black stars. It does that's like, the leverage he had. On, yes, you see, that's, but, that's police work. But again, that's but I don't know anything people. about it. And so when this happens, I, I'm pretty much like, I, I don't care. I don't care what's going on in this book because it seems like you have already been telling the story for weeks. I wasn't there. And now I'm just plopped in. Call it Star Crank. Yeah. yeah. The kids have been using it to get high up to their beefers. Yeah. You could tell me that's it. I'll agree with you because I really, by the end, what I get from this, if somebody said what happened in this book, basically all I would say was, well, how Jordan went back and earth is stolen. It's gone because this other he, he stuff. Did, he did police work and he got results. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're mad at. He went, he went, I'm he mad that Eagle Star got taken out of the picture immediately. Yeah, yeah, he's done. He's done. He's an old man. And then that was kind of funny. You know, you have that badass moment where Hal Jordan's like, hey, this guy needs some medical attention. Get a doctor. But, yeah, he killed 2.5 billion people. They do not need to hurry. That, that's kind of a badass moment. But That does seem like one of those procedural kind of TV, like yeah. cop shows or even like hospital shows. Like we have a piece of and, shit and, guy. And again, you don't that's have to the worry deal about is I hate those shows. I hate them with a passion. Tanya watches them all the time. I can't stand them. So maybe that's the other part of it. I'm like, I just don't like this type of story. You're but. mad. You're mad because they never gave uh, the proper shine to cop rock. Yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, you need some songs. I need said, that. I, let no I think the, show ever have its chance. The end is, is just what you're going into this book for. I was going into it to become a big fan of the Green Lanterns, and this is not doing it for me. It's, it seems to be leaving me behind that if you know when i check at the door and i have my id and i don't have the green lantern fan stamp there i'm kind but of i got left it deal. yeah i know and i, I know. feel left behind at this point because he's, i'm telling you instead of telling a really you know this could turn into a really great story yeah, right man. now we have the bla- these black stars who seem to be knockoffs of the dark stars which i do care about going around and taking out like the anti-matter green lantern which i was like all said oh he's dead they took his heart out because like, even you said like don't expect to see him no more they're taking his heart out no. i don't know they're putting that luck dial in there instead but you know even now evil star okay i'm in it for evil star oh fuck he's out now and now we like you know this whole idea now we're with the Kanjar row people that are really drawn to be that silver age kind of goofiness yep, yep. and uh that's kind of exciting too i'm not a huge fan of that character or the species exactly super hyper like uh they get very detailed with it i like it a lot weird that super has... hyper cartoony look you yeah. know it's a, it's a strange thing i'm trying to look you know, humanoid at all yeah, I don't yeah. know what the Black Stars are doing now because, you know, the, the, the queen of the Black Stars, the spider lady who sucked the life out of, you know, this evil star here, she talks about the whole idea of, like, giving getting justice for being the genocidal lunatic that he is and sucks the life out of him, making him all aged and taking him out of the picture. But now we're also selling weapons to the Kanjar Ro people who are stealing planets. I'm like, I don't know what your game is here. I know you're still here hiring people to steal weapons so you can, you know, sell these weapons. You're also talking about the idea of justice. I don't know what all of this means I, together I for where we are right now. What it is is you don't realize that crime doesn't pay. Doesn't pay. I, and, I and heard that. that. The black stars are, are they're just doing crimes, man. They're just out there doing crimes, and they're gonna they're gonna get their comeuppance. 
this one this one picture of the dory in the Kanja Row race does look like a Basil Wol- Wolverton uh, thing from like a Mad Magazine sketch. I like I love that shit. And uh, you and know, the thing actually, it took me a minute to tell what they said what they were because I'm like, this looks familiar, but I can't quite place it. Yeah, but uh, when you get that close up and you see the hex eyes, you get the idea. I think. Yeah, that's that's what did it. And yeah, also, they're, yeah. the guy, they're obviously the guys that stole Earth. They're going around stealing planets. That's their thing, you know. It's Mr. Burns. But, uh, that, seems, that seems to be our side story, though. Like, even, like, you know, there is a, a missing planet, like, task force going on with the Green Lantern. Like, oh, we got some planets that are going missing here. I'm like, well, it should be a bigger thing that the Green Lanterns are taking care of now. Like, you know, we're dealing with all these black that, stuff. The Earth is in his eyeballs, and he's saying commence planetary abduction process. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, it's, well, we'll see, though. You're right. Maybe that. Maybe that's the red hair. Maybe that's the... Uh, throw us for a loop or something like that. You know, I, I like the way the story is unraveling. I think there is plenty more to know, obviously, but I don't feel like I'm, I'm wandering around too much. As a matter of fact, I thought this one was a pretty straightforward issue for the most part, except for it does get a little hinky in the black star area when they start talking and doing their, uh, they're rapid. You start to wonder exactly what the hell's going on. I, I but. Just even the part with Rotlop fam, we had the idea of the Black Stars show up and they start talking and like the ring for some reason cannot translate. And I don't know why yeah. they're doing that because we didn't have this problem the rest of the whole issue. But they're talking and the ring cannot translate to Rotlop fam. Translate what they're talking about that has to do with light. Yeah, it's yeah. such. It, I know it's, it's just such a weird energy. idea, though. I don't know. It's just, for some reason. I know he doesn't say, understand. When they say, "Let me see something." There is no word for see. Nothing can be seen there. Yeah, it's him being clever. I know, but it it just like it it just makes the whole idea of the dialogue and even with the alien slang, everything comes off because I'm trying to read it and like I'm not getting wholly into character here, so I'm not doing it out loud with a you know whatever kind of thing they're doing. But when they throw the slang in and their own little personal thing, it seems like he's more like you know into the idea of doing the dialogue this strange alien way and actually really getting you acclimated to these people and what the story is. Yeah, I, I just in my deal is I just feel like I'm under an avalanche that I can't get out of. I don't understand a lot of the characters. Uh, they're thrown out there. Uh, you know, I understand, you know, Rotlop fan. This is a big character that people really do like and all that. But yeah. I have no connection. So there I have no connection with the evil star. I don't even know anything about him. So when this is going on, I don't even have the benefit of realizing why they're grabbing him. I don't even get the, you know, the cleverness of why he's in Rotlop fans, you know, universe, because I barely know anything about either character. So with that, like Eric's saying, then you're you're more concerned with giving dialect of a good cop bad cop while you go after a spider i really think that he does not care for me you know and that's that's all the power to him he's not he's not here to make me a fan so if i'm not i'm not i don't think he'd care either way uh, about one person me but i'm afraid that it's going to be the same for a lot of people. I can't be the only one who goes into this wanting to love it and just feel like it is they're being left behind. And, you know, maybe because I'm not a huge Green Lantern fan, I don't really care to do the, you know, the legwork to get up that to speed with it, yeah. a, a, a writer like this. Because I would think that if I'm reading the book, I would want him to kind of, you know, not lead me by the hand, but let me get involved. This seems like I've shown up at a birthday party and I didn't know that they were going to talk French. I get there and wee oui, wee. Oui, I don't speak French. I don't know what the fuck's Jim, going on at this party. The invitation was in French. Why no, would you think it I'm was there? not? <laughs> the, the invita- there was no invitation. I wasn't Look, even invited to the party. Put this in terms, then. The invitation was 
Grant Morrison's on this book. You should have realized I what know, you're getting into. I know, but I have liked some Grant Morrison stuff recently. I actually True. have enjoyed some stuff, but what, it, it it's a tell when I say, boy, I like this Wonder Woman Earth 1 because it's not that Grant Morrissey. You know, there you go. I like Morrissey as well. I was going to say Morrissey. <laughs> Morrissey-y. But yeah, I just, it seems like I'm left behind. And I don't know. This is also going back to French, which I did take in high school. I didn't pay attention. And yeah. so by the end of the second semester, when I first started learning that the language, I was already behind. You, it, it's tough to catch up then. You know what I mean? If you if you don't get the ground, you know, rules there, and I'm afraid that by issue six, I am going to be so left behind, there's not going to be any catching up for me, and I want to. I want to like this book. I want to like It's the only Green Lantern book out there. Yeah, I'm just not I enjoying like it, it. I'm not enjoying it at all. But uh, what what would, did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit, except for some of the Liam Sharp art, especially, on, like I say, on the uh, wide panels where they really pan out on things. I think it's pretty st- straightforward. No. I think you just need to really maybe take it at face value and not look for, you know, the things that people are saying. Or, you know, you don't need to know that Rotlob Fan is a popular character, just that he lives oh, in a I dark... Oh, I know the popular character, but so, I know, don't even know that that's where he lives. I don't know space. why. I well, don't it know opens why. Up talking about that. You know, but uh, he's there. He's just there. Uh, when does it spell where... out that, you know, you're there, you're there. I, there's no, I don't know anything about any of these species or anything. I need to kind of ease into it and it's not. So I'm just left with my head spinning from the page one. But yeah. yeah, I, you know, and it is straightforward, but why go through this convoluted way to get there? And he wants to seem to throw shit, everything at you to impress. I just don't there's get definitely, it. There's definitely some fan service to the people from the, uh, Eighties, the eighties days, the pre-crisis eighties, uh, Green Lantern is definitely, I feel like a, uh, a thing on this. And yeah. I, that's probably my favorite run of Green Lantern. So yeah, I guess so you're right. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's for you. Uh, that's the thing. What, I'm not what saying was quite what you said. Eight. Huh? An okay. eight out of ten, right? You said or an eight point yes, five, an eight, 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 eight out of ten. Okay. Eight out of ten. Yeah. I, uh, it just, I said the last issue, it, I realized that I'm not really a big Green Lantern fan. This just shows me that I don't know shit about Green Lanterns. And so these moments that might be big for other people, they're just not big for me. So what Eric, I'm, why don't you tell him about Green Lantern at work sometimes? Yeah, he does, but he would just he, became friends. Yeah, that's how you started out. That's the other thing, the though. There's a lot of this stuff that Eric isn't even involved with either. You don't want this nonsense. And the way it's being presented, Eric can tell me all about Evil Star, but he seems out of the you know, had a commission. That would just so that's upset. why I mean, Eric's getting angry because he knows stuff. But yeah, by the end, I'm just left with this story, which I don't understand the characters. I don't understand when people show up at the end and they're rubbing their hands together and and all these things, what that really, you know, means and the kind of things that that could set up. It's like one of those where if, if I'm uh, I can't even explain it. If I'm watching a sport. And I see somebody do something, I know then what's going to happen next. So I get excited, like, oh, my God, you know that. But if somebody doesn't know, they're just like, why are you getting so excited? And I just, that's how I am, where characters show up that mean something that I don't know. And it's Wait just a second. Not... You can predict the outcome of sporting events? No, I'm saying if all of a sudden we're watching hockey, Eric. Are he, you Rain Man? Eric doesn't even know who the Dallas Stars are, for Christ's sake. That's he didn't even know they team. were a hockey team. But we're there. All of a sudden, the ref puts his hand up, uh, you know, as things 
things are going on, and I'm like, oh, man, that's bullshit. Eric's like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, when the ref puts it up, that means it's a delayed penalty. He doesn't know no, that. No, so he, does, team. he won't know what's going on, and that's how I feel. I feel I like there's a lot of delayed penalties. I remember that time Eric sat and watched yes. hockey together. together. There's that was a lot a of delayed day. penalties <laughs> going on. Or all of a sudden, you know, I'm watching the Eagles, and it's, you know, fourth and, and goal, and all of a sudden the, the kicking team doesn't come out, and I start getting all fired up. Oh, man, they're going for it. Yeah, they're going for it. And Tanya's sitting there like, what do you mean they're going so for Eric, it? I don't know Eric what's going on. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know about that either. Or like I throw a ball to him, and it goes right through his hands. The guy can't oh. catch. He can't the, catch the thing a cold. Is, he, he, can't, he can't throw at anything. He can't without catch any a cold, hitting. that guy. Look at him over there. Can't see. He's got glasses. He's worse now. Now that he can see his whole vision. I can see what's so, coming at me. I'm scared. Y- you ended up, you know, trying to make do with what you had for so long. Now you can see it's really fucked you up. Uh, but yeah, I, I give this a 5-6. I like the art because the character designs I don't think are Liam Sharp's problem. But the overall look of, you know, techno stuff, that I, I think it's I, I a little I hate off. when we have – I'm telling you, we always bitch about, you know, they're not being backgrounds of things. And, like, I actually complain that we do have backgrounds of this and see a big cityscape because yep. it's just – it's all runs together. And I'm like, yeah. this is just kind of a mess here. I yeah. don't like – and the color I don't care for either because I always feel, you know, green and I like and the character really designs. Bright. The character designs look good. I'm telling no, you, I don't like mind that. the way how Jordan looks. I don't care the way the freaking Zudarian, who they call the Avian, looks here. I just, I don't understand what he's doing with the characters. If it is, if he's hearkening back to something that I don't know, or if he's doing something new, because it doesn't feel right for what we've had recently. And it's just the dialogue. It really takes me out because I struggle because, you know, I'm too so busy going over these slang terms and these noises that these aliens make. Like, I forget what the hell I just read. So then yeah. I have to go back and do it again. It's just it's, it's a struggle to read sometimes. But I saw so I like this a little bit less than I did the last. I gave the last issue a six out of ten because I was excited uh, a little bit about it, you know, where we could go. And now that I see we're going to go and we're going to destroy every character that I like from the Green Lantern mythos, I'm like, uh, I'm at a 5.5 out of 10 this one. Yeah, so Eric's actually lower under me. Jim. Yep, he's lower than me. I went a little hi- uh, higher, I thought. And, uh, yeah, and there you go. I was letting you guys talk a little because I thought Eric liked it a little more than me. Uh, no. But, yeah, that's it. What's next, Reggie? Now, now it goes downhill. It, is the <laughs> it goes downhill, but, but as I told you before we recorded, I have an amazing yes. opinion about this book that's going to shock the universe. Uh, Suicide Squad Black Files, number two, written by Mike W. Barr and Jai Nitz. Art by Philippe Briones, Scott Eaton, Wayne Foucher, Gabe Altayeb, and Guy Major. I was sucked in his sword and saw him I say, yo, took me in his arms, I couldn't say no. Told me you're the souls I want in my head. Killed them first so they want revenge. Went through a landman swordsmith made. Imagine that, I'm making swords of my blade. Beyond that, a portal through which I end Lady Cobra's ill plot to fuck up my friends. <laughs> One egg. Anyway. Yes, word. Uh, yeah, here we go. And then this book, uh, a lot of people seem to like the first issue more than we did. Uh, this was canceled before. It's brought I back. thought it was kind of interesting, that last issue. This issue just kind of, yeah. all right, well, what the hell was I thinking last issue? Yeah, I, I just, I it, this it's. was more interesting. I, I like Katana. She kind of does a little, I mean, I mean, you know, let's just say up front, the whole universe within her soul taker is bullshit. That's nonsense that yeah. they'd be like. A, like it's kind of, it's somewhat cool, but it doesn't really make any no. sense. Nor does it make any sense that there's an out. If there was an out, 
Someone yeah. would have fucking taken well, that. And that's my problem. But it's, it's not even the sword blade. It's like, I'm looking at a goddamn cat on the street for some reason at one point in one of these outs. I'm like, what is this whole yeah, world about? And then she and can your talk souls inside. <laughs> this is like the physical phantom zone right here where they're like other souls are in here and they're going to fight the other souls. And then they turn in the other things, depending on what the yeah. sword was well, about. You have, you have made the soul taker sword into a you ever seen the mess. video? Have you ever seen the video for AHA's take on me? I have. Everybody has. That's, yes. that's, that's well, cool. and that's the exactly. thing oh. that I want to know is, well, first off is, what, what was her husband doing all these years? He just sits standing around because all of a sudden Katana goes in and like, oh, thank God you're here to show me yeah, the he way. Was like, Whoa, yeah, shit, oh my are, goodness, you missed a lot of shit. I imagine it's, he was just hanging out at that one entryway. It's so, so talk funny. It's so funny because she's there and he's <laughs> like, oh, wife, tell me about this realm that I've been stuck in all this time, and now you're going to tell me about it. And the other thing is, I need to know the rules of who they not just talk to because they were, you know, it's everybody and this is the problem we're going to have with this is that we talked about it before me and reggie especially that everybody who does katana with the sword does it a different way it's like the phantom yeah. zone so yeah. for the idea at one point it seemed like whoever held the sword can then hear the voices between or do you have to be kind of in tune with it there there's different ways that they spell it out and in fact the main way that i always took it as was also you had to kind of have a you know an in with the person in the sword as well the soul was taken by you then you could talk all these things with that i don't know the rules because now you can talk to cats but what's a cat gonna do and now you get to go to a, you know you can mount manifest doom. soul swords all, all inside of a sudden they're going to mount doom and <laughs> one ring is going on then you have halo out there and then you have the funny deal of this because they were captured they get taken over by cobra that you know this lady in katana's body then says hey come with us let's go they go end up being kind of taken by cobra but actually just join up and then you get the yeah, sexy time there's well, anything wrong with katana then you get the sexy time <laughs> uh, so don't crazy. forget when cobra and lady cobra fuck that's because, what i'm saying uh, this happens. is what happens you get sexy time then and that seems don't, to be don't. what Halo's going to figure out is going on gabrielle like oh what's going on here she keeps seeing it and is kind of like thrown I, I, off I, by it i'm very surprised that it's how, it lets me know that nobody is reading this book that there hasn't been any kind of moral outrage online on twitter and stuff like that for the fact that eve had sex with somebody in katana's body yeah yeah and nobody's you're, reading you're, this you're book pretty nobody right cares. about that yeah. nobody cares and nobody cares about no this book. This no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> no. This whole Katana story just continuing <laughs> up. I just love it when you see Katana, Cult of the Cobra. I'm like, say it, what? Nobody read that. We were the only ones who even were even We stopped reading it. We stopped talking about that piece of crap, and then this was the sequel that was canceled. Yeah, it was canceled then, and then brought back. But boy, and and seemed to us that it was going to be brought back because Katana's so hot now that she's going to be in the the uh, Outsiders book that then was canceled slash delayed. <laughs> There's no yeah. reason for it. Nobody's a- getting as this. If this book would tell you anything you needed to know about a Katana no. book. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I I really can't wait to see what the sales numbers are by the time this is done this really feels like we're going to get another deal like the vigilante book that this is not going to go to issue four it's uh, just going to be canceled and set in the trade because i don't anybody talking about this book at all hey yeah we're dope this is already solicited as two trades one for the katana one for the <laughs> yeah. whatever the hell the other <laughs> one is black. That, that's the best joke Suicide of the podcast. Squad, black yeah, yeah. yeah black so that, that any more about the katana story 
because uh, because then so, it becomes into the whole Suicide Squad yeah, joins yeah. it because now it's time to get revenge on them. Now that I'm making Tana's body, I can fool them into thinking they're coming to help me. Yeah, yeah. And so they're they're lured, they're lured into a trap, but obviously at this very moment that they're about to spring the trap, the real Katana is about to go through the special. Very handy portal that is kept inside of her sword to leave the sword at any time. Yeah. And we know it's going to, it's, he's going to wake up in her own body, like right at the last minute. Well, yeah. And what I need to happen then is the husband that go out and the husband slaps Katana right in the face and says, why didn't you tell me about this years ago? (laughs) I've been stuck in this goddamn sword for all this time. I talked to you. I don't know if I ever had an idea of what the realm inside the sword was. Where the so what I always just kind of imagine maybe like a phantom zone, just so like you know yeah. a voidless, like you know of just a void out there, like a, a physicalless yeah. void, and you can talk through the sword because it's always around you, no matter what. It's just the sword. You go into this place. I'm like, I'm gonna build a goddamn house here. It's beautiful. It's yeah, fucking well, woods everywhere. There's yeah. mountains. I'm like, it looks great. Besides, it looks like you the, have to do certain you souls. Do, do, do no. you have to survive? Are you? I don't doing, know that you, you have, have like, to eat or anything or sleep. Yeah, it's the best. Soul. What are you doing in this? It's the greatest. It may look a little dark in there, but hey, what the hell? I, I just make love a the hut? convoluted rules out of nowhere, though. That they're you know, you talk through the sword. And then you can manifest, you can manifest the sword because she has a connection to the sword inside the sword. I'm like, is there a world inside the sword her you poor, just manifested and you can kill some husband, souls here? Her husband has know. just been sitting on a cliff for she years doing nothing. Next thing she's like, oh yeah, by the way, there was this backdoor portal to get out. He's like, you, you know what? Let's get out because the minute you're going to get served divorce papers. I oh, want no, out. <laughs> Masayo is the one who knows about the exit. He's uh, like, oh, we got to go here. Yeah, he's like, but, you know, but the before only that, he's the one who says to Katana, he says, can you tell me about what this whole landscape is? And she's the one pointing him in the way. He, he the says, forward into around. the, oh, it's so ridiculous. You know, I just don't understand why this is going on. <laughs> this book is ridiculous. Like you said, at the one point, he's looking, I see a waterfall. It's a very beautiful yeah, landscape. Great. You know, Mount Doom in the background. Spot. Maybe you don't want to climb a mountain, but really, what does it matter? Because it, yeah, you know it makes I mean? me think that you cannot die here. So if you fall down the mountain you just start climbing again you don't have anything but time in this book in the suicide squad and a lot of the other books with katana too the the communication is stuff like fear 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 shame shame that that's all that you get to say you got plenty of time to do stuff and he's just standing there waiting for her it's just ridiculous. But why don't, it, you, why don't you guys move into Katana's sword and open up one? I want to. I'm just going to sit so, there and sit around. Uh, do they have, they have chatterbait the there? Is this, you know, the I, I'm getting oh, now. Log am I my sexiest <laughs> self there? I mean, what no, am I? that's the problem. You can't be your sexiest self. I'm not self. my sexiest self. It might that's turn you into things. a beast because apparently in this, the sword decides what you're going to look like when you're that so That's true. But yet yeah, Katana and her husband look exactly alike. You know, like what they did. It got very – the imagination wasn't there at that point they were distracted they were distracted uh then we go to the second story which is the one that this book seems to be mainly based on being put out this you know justice black files or suicide squad black there with this you know mystical team and yeah go with it reggie because i i Uh, I I checked out idea i'm sort i'm sort of like uh you know warming up to a little more obviously because of uh the magic content. For some reason, I can't get to the damn story to remember yeah. how how it starts. 
Uh, uh, the, the whole idea, though, when we start this thing out, for some reason, it's the second issue of this Task Force X Black, but we now decide we're going to have a letter that's going through here that El Diablo is writing to Killer Frost about what he's up to. I'm like, why are you doing this out of nowhere? And what does this have to do with the story at hand? It's just the weirdest thing. I think it's sweet that people still use snail mail in this day and age, quite frankly. I think it's a beautiful thing. I, I, I just don't know why it's there because the whole thing is like, oh, we got to build a, a mystical team because we got to go after Sebastian Foss because he's took, he's taken all the la- like Aladdin's stolen cursed weapons and he's making an army with them. Like, yeah, you do what you want. I actually really thought I liked this whole idea of the team. And then we have the new team come in and like, you know, Ezukar, the, uh, the day of the dead kind of, you know, woman who has like the, uh, the skull sense. I'm like, eh, she's right. kind of cool, but like the rest of them, like, you know, Juniper, the lady who's attached to the green. There, there are like, some pretty derivative fucking characters in here. I admit. Yeah. And yeah, the whole yeah. idea too was like gentleman ghosts. Like how does, like, how does Amanda Waller, you know, att- like, you know, make, keep him in line. He doesn't have a brain bomb and that's as far as you went. I'm like, well, tell me, please. Uh, How does Gentleman Ghost have, you know, like a brain bomb or a mystical brain bomb? She tell me, says please. she'll muss up his top hat. That's yep, what, that's, that's the, what the, happens. The Knock off his top hat so that it's, he can. Uh, you know, the, you know, this is listen. This is not a uh, perfect thing. This is definitely something you have to already be more, way more than Justice League Dark. You have to be predisposed to the magic side of things. Yeah. They, they pull out weirdo shit like Gentleman Ghost and. Clarion Witch Boy. I mean, to me, this makes this stuff makes Swamp Thing look like Superman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As far as like how weird it gets, it does. But nuts and bolts of it. I thought this was not a horrible issue. You know what I mean? You, you they have the team. They name everybody up front. They have this framing yeah. device where it's El Diablo ready to kill the Frost. Does that make sense? No, not really. No. Especially why would someone write someone a letter? But whatever. Maybe maybe uh, you know they have a pen pal system going on. They each get to do something. Reasonably useful, the thing. Although a lot of the times, what you do in magic is sort of just make shit happen. You know what I mean? That, that's well, part of the process. Even this way, Enchantress is part of the Enchantress is part of the group because she's magical. She has nothing to do. Doctor, uh, you know, Thaumaturge. She's here initially, he and then she's like, her. oh, she, you know, oh, they, they, she has something to do over there, so she's not going to be a part of the group anymore. Oh, okay, that's that's weird. I guess we're going to have to go with what we have here. But I, I like we we have to go and collect these weapons. Oh, we got to fight these guys, and now we're just back at Bell Rev. Yeah, they got away, and uh, Aladdin's pissed at him for like destroying the sword because it kept bringing one guy back to life. I'm like, yeah. it, why didn't you continue on? Why did you immediately go back? Because the whole thing is, they're Amanda Waller's pissed now because they let these rest of these people get away with a bunch of stuff just because they focus on this one guy who kept coming back because they whoever failed, grabbed the sword. They exactly. I'm like, why? Why didn't you continue going after these people? Why did you say, well? Everybody else went away. It's time to go back to Bell Rev and let's talk to Aladdin for a while, who seems like a cool character. And then when you tell me, oh, we got to go to Gemworld, I'm like, you know yeah. what? You, you oh, had, know you had to get first. Excited, though. He was like, and Gem. then you say Gemworld. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, just, I'm telling you, I check out it. It's, it. It just, it doesn't interest me at all. And I could see why it was just canceled and it, it just didn't well, you, go on. Yeah. You mean that the reason we can't track Sebastian Faust is because he's using a teleportation through Gemworld? Well, we better go there. Yeah. Oh, it's a trap, you say? Yeah. Gem oh, world. my. Gemworld, but yeah. But then, but then at the end, he offers them the opportunity to either align with him or hang out with the uh, white devil over in the U.S. government known as Amanda Waller. So that's, uh, that's really how it ends. And, you know, this is not, like I say, this is not a perfect story. And definitely, you got to be predisposed to this shit or, or you're just going to be totally lost and not and not give a crap you gotta like seeing people go to these weird other dimensions gem world was something that 
even gave me a little peak of interest, although I wasn't like, you know, going nuts over it. But uh, I was I like, well, that could be cool. Maybe so they'll much. bring Amethyst. Oh, Eric hates gem world. Because Jess always wants that gem, baby. You know what I, I mean? I, I just want to know. I have no idea what you mean. Give me that, but, uh, give me that diamond, baby. I'm telling you, can we have another crisis where we wipe out Skataris and Gemro and just like Dinosaur, Dinosaur Island? Island. It just goes Island. down the line. Evil, now we know why you like Evil Star so much, Jim, Mr. Genocide. Yes. Holy cow. Genocide the shit. What'd you give it, Reggie? I don't want to see him anymore. What did you All right, give so it? here's what I'm going to here's okay. what I'm going to tell I'm you. I'm waiting. My amazing, mind blowing, never heard before opinion on this book. Both both comics. I mean, this is two complete comics yeah. for five bucks. Yep. Both comics are flawed. However, both of these comics are not utter trash. Uh, okay. So I think <laughs> this is actually one of the best values. Oh. On the stands, it might be. Okay. Yeah. I really think it is. I you know it's the second one is the dodgiest one. But if you're already, for some weird reason... I was dodgier about freaking Katana because of the whole depiction uh, of what the Soul Taker Sword Rope is and what you can do with it. You know, listen, you're right. I mean, if you you are Eric, young Eric Lee and you've got a very set idea of how you want characters, this is not going to help you out. If if you don't give a shit, if, if you're not a fan of the magic side of things, the second book will be meaningless to you. But if you come into this world somehow already a fan... Of Clary on the Witch Boy, and I am. you're all right. You're all right with the idea that uh, different writers describe the shit going on with her sword differently. <laughs> Katana's sword. No. Make any this sense? This could be the best value on the. That's all I'm saying. You're not. It's 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 not it's not amazing, but it's as far as like what you're getting. It's two dollars and fifty cents a comic book, and it's that's more in the realm of what I think comic books should cost. So for that reason alone. I bumped it up a whole point and gave it a seven point five out of ten. Yeah, I'm just going five. I just and it's it's a regular five. It's just a comic that seems to be just there to throw up because they had already paid for it and they thought oh, no that it might it. hit. But yeah, you do get two stories. And if you read the other, you know, if you read that katana book, uh you get a little extra bonus here that it continues that story. So yeah, but I I'm just a straight five. Uh how about you, Eric? I'm going to go positive. I'm going to go up a little bit from my score. I'm going to go a straight five as well because <laughs> I, I like the art in both of them. But the whole thing, as I'm telling you, the whole Katana thing, I was on board with the stories that they were telling in the first issue. Now that I got a little bit deeper into it, they've kind of thrown me up because there's nothing really here. Like I'm telling you, we spent all this time in the depiction of that whole, you know, the Soul Taker sword world. I'm like, I don't care about any of that because it doesn't make any sense even within its own context. And then we get over to the Suicide Squad Black, which I was really about, and it just it's it just seemed weird for all the stuff they were throwing at us out of nowhere, just based on the whole idea of the you know Madame Xanadu's tarot cards that Clarion told us, and like we have to get Doctor Thermodurge out of here because oh she wasn't on the whole thing before. I'm like it just it doesn't it's not coming together the way I was hoping it would. It just kind of seems like this is like a uh, spinning their wheels kind of issue, but maybe we'll get somewhere next time. But it's just, it didn't progress to where I thought it, it should have. It's a fine comic. It's just not very well written. That's yeah. no. Yeah. And yeah. even the whole thing, like, I, I started thinking maybe it's just me, the whole idea of what Sebastian Faust did to, you know, Snarl Girl the last time. But when they're calling Snarl Girl, Snarl Girl, but also Tia, and I'm like, you're confusing the hell out they're of really, me. They're they're they were making things stupid there, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pick, pick up your mind. Yes. So that is the end of that. We have one more book that it's not going to get much better. <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. in fact, it's going to get much worse when we talk about Harley Quinn number 55, written by Sam Humphreys, art by John Timms and Alex Sinclair. 
It's Christmas time at Harley Quinn's. Mom's brought the family and some garlic wings. They're messing up the plant soiree. My mom got the cancer, so it's okay. I'm not, I'm not doing more than four bars for Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, I like these books. You got saddled with a bunch of nonsense. Harley Quinn used to be a comedy book. Yeah, am not. I wrong about that? It it's used to be the book. She also used to be Jewish. Yeah, yeah. That's that the, was another thing. I said Harley right away, I read it, and I said to Reggie, I sent him a note, and I'm like, this is a Christmas thing. It's not even a holiday thing. It's pretty much like it's Merry Christmas. She's yeah. Jewish. It's not mentioned yeah. once. Uh, no, I don't. I don't it's get it. It's not even crazy that a Jewish person would celebrate Christmas. No, you know, that's common. Do you think it would though. come up, or there'd be a menorah somewhere? Yeah, but it never something. comes up. Yeah, never comes up. And, and <laughs> all it, it takes is, you know, the family it was Jewish shows up and says, "Oh, Harley, where where's the menorah? Oh, you know, pops, I celebrate. It's a party. We don't have to. You know, you could have that little deal, whatever. Yeah, a little but bit like that. This is a book." That Sam Humphreys just does he not have a funny bone in his body? Because well, now, what he thinks is funny this book is that recently we've been saying that Sam Humphreys was setting up situations and missing all of the opportunities to be funny. Yeah. And this this is one case where he took every opportunity to be funny, but the situation was stupid to begin with. So the, yeah. Yeah, just he's doing it opposite. It was, it was so obvious and stupid. I mean, and then yeah. there was a touching moment that was uh, annoying uh, and ended. It becomes a very special episode because with this, you have had a time frame that did pass since Harley's mom was with her. But Harley's mom spent a good amount of time with Harley, then shows up here as if they haven't seen each other in 10 years. Also, we've had parts of this run back with Pamiani and Connor where the family has shown up before, yeah. and it's pretty much the same thing. It's, you know, when the, they show up, hijinks ensue. But yeah. it, it's if you've been reading this, it's old. Well, that, that, you know, Sam Humphreys can't even keep the time frame in line because from the last issue we saw that we jumped ahead three months from where we were to get to the Christmas issue here. But by the end, when they're looking at the volcano from the cliffhanger, of, not the cliffhanger, but the ending of last issue, they talk about how it happened a week ago. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know what you're doing yep, anymore here, he Sam Humphreys. So basically, the mom shows up and what you go by the continuity of this book saying that basically her mom left. And a week later has already found out she has cancer because that's the big to-do here and somehow comes back as if she hasn't seen Harley in years. She was in this book. She's been in this book since pretty much Harley got back from Apocalypse. And so he can't keep things straight. His idea of funny is to have a death metal Harley Quinn brother who sings, uh, you know, death metal Christmas songs. And then the pyromaniac brother sets the tree on fire. Oh, oh my. And, and the, then the dinner the gets ruined. Dinner with all all drones on his app. Oh, and now he wrecks dinner. They ruined every. They oh, were just they trying to. It. They yeah. were just trying to help, and they ruined everything. Everything. Also, they ruined the annual Harley Quinn Merry Christmas Navidad Noel Festival celebration of tidings and joy, where we have this entire table set up for what she plans on doing before she even knew her family is coming. Yeah. I don't know why all these places set because I don't know what's coming. Even by the end, when everything is wrapped around, it's all nice again. We're all going to have a nice meal. I don't know who half the people at that table are. No, and, and I'm and like, where's the gang of Harleys? Where's Ed, 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 that's Young? Where's the problem? Where's anybody? Yeah, I and you have Catwoman. That didn't affect my score, really. Yeah, why isn't where you have the only person that has continued on here 
is Coach, one of the least interesting characters that they did come up come up uh, with in this uh, gang. Uh, of- let's, uh, I do, I do want to mention just because this really struck me as being an extremely where's Egg when, <laughs> when her father dresses up like Santa and goes to sit in a chair and breaks it because it's a prop chair from a movie. <laughs> yeah, what the comedy, fuck? comedy. What, what? Comedy, what? comedy. Like, what the hell? Where did that come from? Yeah, what is that I, about? You know what I mean? Where like, is that? And and so uh, we have a lot of people. Break the chair because yeah. she was fat. That couldn't just yeah, be one. No, no, you know, like, no. Or that she, hey, you know what, pops? I just got the house back. I haven't really been able to fix the furniture. Something sure, like yeah, that. You know, something as stupid as that. From Santa saves the multiverse. The the uh, <laughs> the idea of this book. Yeah, we like the jokes, and these aren't. There's no jokes Do here. It? It's not funny. These no, I'm jokes. saying here. No, in this issue, we. This is why we liked Harley. I do see a lot of people didn't like Harley as much as we did from the New Fifty Two on, but the the book at least had a charm of its supporting cast. You had Big Tony. You know that's funny because he's a Good dwarf. Boy. You have Aggie. You have you know the whole idea of this burlesque type you know thing going on. Adam yeah. McCobb's freak show, which they're still there. You don't have that. You know, you have nothing here that makes it have any sort of flavor. What you're doing is you are having a guy who's writing this book has no story in mind, so he's going with each issue. He's just throwing it the out there. Yeah, and so when it's like, well, this one comes out in December. Boom. Merry Christmas. She's Jewish. You don't even mention it. Then you go with the, oh, you know what? It will be hilarious. Harley having her family over that ruins a dinner. But he can't even get that right because there is no dinner until there is a dinner. But then there was a dinner. So you don't even have that. Well, then they have a food fight, but then they have food again. Yeah, you don't even have the idea that she she just got the Madame Macabre's magic, you know, place back. And she wants to have a dinner where all the places are set for eggy. You know, Big Tony. Then the family comes and sits down, and she's like, oh, there's not enough places now. What am I going to tell the guys? They're there. Ne- next thing you know, the scatapult's going. You have a hu- bunch of animals running around. That's where the <laughs> hilarity. The hilarity isn't, oh, my goodness. You mean my brothers aren't exactly, you know, sane? Uh, is that a – I want it, somebody – It was like the worst episode of Three's Company it is. ever it's, saw. And, and I mean, written I by really somebody who's like, never written know, an I was, episode. I was just thinking it used to be with Palmiotti and Connor – we used to sometimes complain that they were throwing so many jokes at us all the time yeah. that we couldn't even we couldn't even like catch your breath sometimes. So and, like uh, think we about, thought maybe the story and, and wasn't progressing five, enough because of that. You know, but one in five would hit. Often they yeah, were very, yeah, they were very but you just need a couple to hit. Yeah. At least you had a couple of a couple of chuckles at issue usually. This is like God damn, this is just painful to yeah, read. Everybody the big, the big it. moment is again. Now you have Sam Mumphries, who he's on Harley. I, I can't say that this was a book that he dreamed of ever being on. Now he's trying to. It seems to me he's trying to get this idea that if he Tom Kings the shit out of this book and makes it more about the personal deal and that the mother has cancer and that that people are going to praise him. This is Harley. You're not going to get much praise doing a Harley book anyway. So have some fun. Have some fun with it and go. This is what this book reminds me of. When Sam Humphreys took over this book, it reminded me of a TV show that you know it, we love a TV show. Say it's say it's Brooklyn Nine Nine. 
because sure. that's where I'm going with it. Where it's you, no, you no. really like it, uh, but it's kind of getting a little towards a part where you're like, yeah, you know, the last couple seasons haven't been the greatest, but I really like it. It gets canceled and then gets picked up by another network, and a lot of times when it comes back. It doesn't have that same yeah. <laughs> flavor that it did. It doesn't have the what you liked about it because there's new writers, there's new all these things. Or like this, when they pulled Dan Harmon off Community, that yeah, that season that's what is I'm saying. abomination. It, it totally it, changes it everything. It changes everything, and this feels like that. A lot of other times, you'll get people, and what will happen then is you're there with with Community, and you're like, boy, I guess Dan Harmon. He created it. He's the guy who gets the characters. These new writers are trying. It's like what I say about The Simpsons after a certain point where it ends up not being what it was because these new writers just don't get it or don't want to be on it. I mean, I think we all said that when Palmiotti and Connor walked off the book, they should just cancel it. Yeah, they should have. And that's what I'm saying. This book should have been canceled. But no one would ever get that that complex of a world as well as they did. I mean, it was really a lot going on. but. Sam Humphries isn't even fucking trying. No, and that this is my right problem is, and why then, because then Frank Thierry got on, and he had done some fill-in issues. He did the Gang of Harleys <laughs> yeah. with Palmiotti, so he knew it, and the people who didn't like Palmiotti and Connor didn't like the, the Frank Thierry stuff either, so I, I understand that. We liked it enough. So it goes on. Yeah. You have... You have Sam Humphreys comes on, he goes to Apocalypse, and you get the idea that this is going to start where Sam Humphreys is going to make a clean break and start going. But then you throw Coach in to remind us that there that is, is the characters. Or you have this, and you have the fact he had to have made a he, – she should have left freaking Brooklyn. She should have went somewhere else. She should have went back to Gotham. Just have a change where you have a fresh – this doesn't right. feel fresh. It feels like he doesn't get the character because he only knows a little bit. He can't keep his own continuity in an own comic where in a comic where we will give it a wide berth of continuity. <laughs> you can have a lot of crazy things and we're like, well, it's this continuity. But like yeah. Eric said, but by the, the end, fact Catwoman is sitting here, yeah. by the way. At, at yeah, Catwoman's with there. And you can be like, yeah, that's it. But again, oh, well, it's, it's Harley. But at that's the end when they're like, oh, man, that volcano's been here a week. No, now you messed up everything. You messed up your whole time. Time frame, and then the big thing coming from this is her mom has cancer. Merry Christmas! Oh, Molly, yeah, just nonsense. What did you give it, Reggie? What did you get for Christmas this year? I got cancer. I got cancer. Oh, Merry Uh, Christmas! Thank you, Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, really. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I pretty much hated every bit of this book. The only good aspect, and it really was good, to see John Timms back on it. It really made me feel like it was like the art, yeah. Some classic Harley had come back, at least visually, and, and the storytelling was all on point in that way. And yeah, it looked sharp, but uh every bit of it was just a pain to read all, all throughout, so I gave it a four out of ten. Yeah, I'm gonna go three point five. I'm not even gonna go F U five. I'm sure Eric's just gonna go with that and call it a night. Uh but I I, I just didn't like it. But you know what, what do you... I, I I don't want to give it an F U five. Yeah, because that's because too I... high, right? No, because, yeah, it kind of is. But, no, I, I really enjoyed the art in this. The rest is like you realize Sam Humphrey loved, knows I nothing about like the character. Too, yeah. And uh, just the whole idea that you fucked up the fact that she was Jewish and just made it all about Christmas. Like, you had one job, dude. You, you're doing a, like a, a holiday. Just put a menorah there. No, exactly. Just you put a menorah there. That's all you got to do. A character, and you've and, got it And wrong. you know oh, how like, Harley is. What she would do is make up almost like a festivist. She would exactly. make up her right. own crazy sure. holiday that has everything. You know, and then yeah. the, the weird menorah. The black tree or something. The menorah right. tree. This would, that would catch Mention on it. fire and, you know, all that stuff. And, yeah, but no, I give it a four. I give it a, I'm going to go with Reggie and give it a four out of ten. Yeah, so I just – I'm sorry, Reggie. <laughs> 
what are you going to do? I, uh, I don't know. I'm going to hang in as long as I can. But if it keeps yeah. being this bad, Harley may be an unreviewed comic yeah, on the be. site. It Let's might see. Be. If we'll someone see. else wants to step in, please let we'll us know. We'll see how it goes there. Eric's in next. So we'll see. But, yeah, we're going to go off. I hope that you and Chris are a little more positive because I promised a positive podcast this week. And we after are, the, we are thank positive. goodness, after the first section of books, I've lost my mind. I don't know what's going on here, but we're going to go off to you and Chris talking about what, Reggie? The dreaming number the four. Dreaming indeed. So let's go. I'm dreaming of. I'm dreaming of a, a bunch of books I like. Is that a Christmas Uh-oh. song? Does that oh, rhyme? No. I'm nah, dreaming. They don't play that song in Cleveland anymore. <laughs> of some books that I like. Is that, is that how it? Bo, 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 bo. There you go. But we're gonna go <laughs> off to Reggie and Chris talking about that. Welcome back to the Sandman Universe segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one, I believe this we call this the flagship book. I think so. Of the Sandman Universe, The Dreaming Number Four, written by Simon Spurrier and art by Bilquis Evely and Matt Lopez. Uh, so now falling into the rift that burped out a Cubist sculpture a couple of issues ago, Kane is going on a vision quest. He feels uh, very adamant that he is the first murderer, which, to be fair, I believe is the mainstream biblical perspective, right? He's like the guy that invented murder. Is is this the same biblical Cain? It's are the they are, are the brothers actually the biblical Cain and Abel? I mean, or <laughs> you know, I, close enough. Do the biblical Cain and Abel kill each other indefinitely in the dream space? No, but yes, these are these are based on the original okay. Cain and Abel. They, they are they're supposed to be. It's uh, you know, th- this would be the further adventures of them after the Old Testament. Is that a sure. good way to put it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, that Cubist sculpture that put, is poking out of the rift that he di- he dove into, it has other ideas. It wants to tell him, uh, and it, it'll let him know over the course of the issue. Uh, Kane wants to know what is that Riff did to his brother Abel. If you remember last issue, he like had stopped stuttering, and he no yeah. longer acted as, acted as cowardly. He was like a totally different person. In fact, we find out Abel has a new job in the Dreaming. He's a security guard at the gates, and uh, with Judge Gallows in charge, the borders of the Dreaming are secured. And I laughed at it hilariously. It's like literally with barbed wire and pickets. <laughs> like, why would that matter? You know, to. <laughs> You know, like half half of these beings float. You yeah, know, just, a, just for the looks. What's yeah. a, I know. It, I, I thought it was a good visual. <laughs> uh, hideous monsters line the road up to the entrance, and Judge Gallows himself even shoots some guy in the face for trying to smuggle a demon in. So he's he's getting his hands dirty. Uh, but the dreaming may be secure from outsiders, but it's looking rather bleak on the inside. Now, Matthew, the Raven has returned to the Dreaming with a specific creature that the judge had requested him bring. Uh, Matthew talks about the difficulty of this task and how many more females there were than males. Uh, Judge Gallows cuts him off and tells him to just deliver the creature. Lucy and the librarian are starting to freak out over Judge Gallows' exercise of power. Secretly, he asked Matthew to petition Dora for a little bit of help. Yeah, where is Dora anyway? Where is she? She was hanging around. She's locked in an iron cage. Hanging from the branch of her house tree, and she's still mumbling about not being real. Uh, other blanks and her own blank, Ziggy, the one in the pirate outfit, he's, they're also hanging from the other branches, but they're hanging by their necks. However, yeah. 
as we learn, they they can't die. Although, as we're going to learn, they can do something. So, uh, <laughs> it's time to make an example of Ziggy. Uh, if you remember, he shot Judge Gallows in the face last issue, but apparently being shot in the face is not the fatal thing in the dreaming that is in the real world, right? It's more of an annoyance, I guess. Yeah, it'll uh, ruin your day. It seems like, you know, people just get shot in the face, whatever. It's not a big deal. Uh, Mervyn, the janitor, he's got some remorse over what's going on. He asked Judge Gallows if killing is really necessary, and Gallows cuts him off. He asked Mervyn if, Mervyn if questioning your superiors is really necessary. <laughs> so uh, he's, he's not, a, not a nice boss, is, is the impression I get. Uh, he has Brute and, and Glob take Ziggy down from the tree. Now, after Ziggy calls Judge Gallows an asshole, or more like an uh, Brute and Glob open a box, which releases a nasty purple and turquoise beast that's known as the Baku. And we're going to figure that that's what Matthew had retrieved from wherever he was. Wherever that was, yeah. Anyway, the Baku eats Ziggy in one chomp. Uh, The gruesome spectacle concluded the shivering Lucian has something to show Judge Gallows. When everyone disperses, Matthew flies over to Dora in the cage, and he gives her a little bit of a pep talk. Yeah. Says that she can be helpful in all this. Sure. Uh, now, over in the palace, Lucian takes Judge Gallows to the Hall of the Endless. That's where they keep their sigils in, uh, in picture frames. Lucian explains that this is where Dream would contact his siblings to chit-chat. He's part of the pantheon of siblings that embodies certain core human realities, uh, all of whom just happen to have their names start with the letter D. Yeah, because they're D for it, you know. But uh, this is where we start to go into a little bit of Sandman stuff. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure how intimately familiar you are with the Endless, but it was... It figured, Very little. Yeah. The, the, this, I, this, I know dream, I know death. This this, <laughs> ex, this might explain your feelings to this issue. But uh, so uh, he explains that since this is Lucian explaining to Judge Gallows says that since Daniel Dream left, his picture frame has fallen and something else is coalescing in its place. It looks like a bunch of jagged glass shards arranged in a rectangle where the frame had been. Lucian thinks a new member of the Endless is being born. And boy, there's going to be trouble if that happens. That new member, incidentally, is the Cubist Sculpture, but we just don't know their D-name yet. Uh, it might be Denial. We know, we'll find out. It, uh, they say they provide clarity. For instance, they tell Kane that he is not the first murderer. People had already been slaughtering animals for years. For instance, uh, you know, plenty of death had happened before he showed up. Kane is merely the first person to feel badly about having done it. Now back in the palace, Judge Gallows wants to contact Destiny of the Endless. After confirming with Lucian that they can't hurt him in the dreaming, uh, well, Lucian does seem reasonably sure about yeah, it. I like that he's like, not quite, he's like, well, he, they, um, he's yeah, not uh, in their realm, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't have any, con- oh, well, uh, he's like, I tried calling, but they didn't answer. And now, use, using one hand in order to touch Destiny's sigil, uh, Judge Gallows calls out to him, but... Nothing happens. Lucian says usually they use two hands to get in touch, so Lucian hands Lucian the helm of the dreaming to hold, and then he places two hands on the sigil. And then Dora just busts out in gigantic beast mode and shoves Judge Gallows back, but he really seems only mildly bothered by this, right? He calls her filth or something. (laughs) And uh, he tells Dora she's not real, and that's like the magic button that makes her shrink away and become, you know, timid again. Uh, Lucian hesitates to give Dream's helm back to Judge Gallows, and now Gallows knows of his duplicity. But before anyone can do anything about it, uh, Lucian gives Dora enough of a pep talk just to give her enough energy that they can slide out of that dimension into a place called the In-Between, which is a blank page with them sort of bouncing around on it. 
Uh, and usually when I see the blank page, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the blank page for obvious reasons. <laughs> but uh, he steers them to a new location, but then and that is the fulcrum, which was Destruction's realm before he vacated it. And it looks like a persistent, ongoing comic book explosion. I This is, this is probably my favorite panel in the book, even though it's so simple. Yeah, it's such effective. It's such an effective image using, you know, comic book language and tropes. And it's like, I looked at it. I was like, that looks so cool. I, I liked, liked it a lot. <laughs> uh, not to say the the art is poor. The rest of it, but that was just a clever way to represent that, stand out, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, and Lucian says at the end, a fine place to bury a dream. Sadly, so uh, that is it. Now you know. So Dora and Lucian are on their own little uh, Bill and Ted adventure. And, uh, you know, Judge Gallows is trying to hang out with the Endless. Uh, now, I, I didn't think about this when we first, when we were talking about this before we recorded, but you don't really know a ton about the Endless. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah. Destiny is a character that had been around before. Uh, I think he used to show up in the House of Mystery or something. He used to be it's one of It's not Doc Destiny, is no, it? No, 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 no. It's, it's, okay. it's, 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 it's a whole other thing. It's such a whole other thing, Chris. I'm not even going to... <laughs> do it a disservice yeah. by explaining it, but that explains why this this issue might have missed for you, and why it really hit for me because yeah, this really started to bring a lot of elements in that this is you know showed me the import of what's happening, and uh, frankly, one thing I've I've noticed uh, over recent years reading comics is I love to see jerks get their comeuppance. I mm-hmm. I think it's always been true, but I just have been noticing it that that's something that really like tickles my uh, norepinephrine or whatever you know what I mean, my uh, <laughs> my uh, neurotransmitters. But uh, the uh, I, I I see I see his day coming uh, if if one of these endless guys if a new endless character shows up. These are basically sure. uh, we can call them specters, right? They do whatever the hell they want yeah. when yeah. they show up. But uh, <laughs> you'll see it's it's if they play it the way it was in Sandman. It's it's a lot more complicated than just a Deus Ex Machina. It's more these characters have more to them, and uh, mm. but I I do see why you would be kind of lost on you. Let me know what you think. Uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, it was just a, just an issue for me. Uh, didn't uh, didn't really. It, I I don't connect to it, so it mm. uh, it didn't uh, tickle me the way it tickled you. Uh, I I kind of find the judge to be compelling. Yeah. I, I, I think maybe because he, even in this fantastical world, he's like the most grounded. He, he feels the most human right. in this extraordinary world. He seems the most ordinary, but, you know, you know, being shot in the face, notwithstanding. Right. But uh, <laughs> you, you can like kind of see like the grit under his fingernails, kind of. He uh, just seems more real. And that's I can relate more to real than fantastical, I suppose. But uh yeah, it really uh, didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, I'm glad that this wasn't, you know, going through the normal issue number four of six type thing where it's just a recap of what came before. Yeah, so I was, was pleased that I really, it wasn't that. I, I really appreciate that. Like, I did feel this was a, a worthwhile chapter. issue. There's a real yeah. chapter. Yeah. So things progressed. New facts were learned. You know, we're sure. moving towards a, a visible something. You know, I don't know whether, yeah. what it's going to be, but, you know. We'll find and out. That's, that's a good point about Judge Gallows, though. He isn't telling people to go around and catch the bubble butterflies. Yeah. He's dealing with real-world issues, and they are issues, as they showed. You know, mm-hmm. you, you might think it's a horrible thing to uh, close the gates of the dreaming, but he stopped a guy trying to smuggle a demon in right there. 
Yep. You know, so and obviously demons are getting in. That's what they don't want. You know, so uh, that was interesting. Yeah. I, I did like that. Yeah, he's, he's you know he's flawed uh, and uh, perhaps wrong-headed, but you know he he has a goal. I guess he yeah. he's rational, I should say. But uh, I, I think this is going to read a lot better in trade. Um, yeah, I which I mean, that's not <laughs> I I ain't you know I'm not breaking any new ground by saying that. But uh, as a chapter, it was a it was definitely a chapter. Um, yeah. I, I didn't hate it, but uh, I just didn't find a whole lot to uh, cozy up to in it. I think that's. I think it's the, it, the telling thing is that your lack of familiarity with the endless, absolutely, and, and mine with with the endless, like that scene meant something totally different to me than it meant to sure. you. Sure, and, and it should. I, yeah. I like it that they're doing. That. I like. I like that they're actually rewarding longtime fans because too many books don't do that anymore. But I also uh, hope I, that before this arc is done. They explained it enough that you could understand why. that I could be I mean? comfortable. Yeah, uh, it doesn't have to be this issue, but before the next two are out, I would definitely want them to make make it clear why what the what the what they are. Because what the significance is? Yeah, it's uh, it's a big deal, and a, and a new member is a real big deal. It's uh, it's you know one of these world shaping type, universe shaping type sure. events. So, uh, but I had a good time. What, what do you think you would have given it in a alternate world that you scored it? I'd probably give it a seven out of ten. All right, I think I think that's a fair thing. It's still, I think, a quality comic. Sure. Uh, you know, as far as like time it takes to read it, I still think it's a buck too much. But that's you know, I yeah. can say that about it's everything good. in the world. But you know, it's not. It's not like you're gonna burn through it in five minutes. It's it takes a little time, and you know, it's it's a little more interesting than that. You can burn through it in five minutes, but you don't have to, Chris. Right? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I gave it an eight out of ten, and I'm I'm staying with it. I really felt good about it. I, I recommend this, especially. Uh, fans of Sandman, I think this is this is our book, boy. This is that's, uh, that's your next chapter, yeah. Absolutely, this this really just feels right in step with the, with a lot of the stuff that happened in there. If anything, this is a little more accessible than that. But okay. uh, yeah, it's it's cool. I'm I'm digging it, and I'm really am excited to see how they're gonna uh, wrap all this up. Like I say, I still think Dora is going to be the new boss. But it, it seems like they're they're heading that direction, or she's going to be massively significant, whatever the case. Some, you know, she's she's obviously she's going to stop being the mean bitch she always Petulant, is, yeah. Or maybe <laughs> she will be, but she'll be you know still important. She'll be doing helpful things. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm. There's a lot of moving parts in this, and I really am interested to see where they are. Even the Kane thing, like that thing came out of left field, but that was uh, I liked it. So, sure. I felt good about it. Next week, uh, we pretty sure we're going to be reading the house of whispers number four <laughs> only reason i don't say definitely is we don't have it in our hands yet but we not just yet no reason to think it won't be here uh and of course we'll deal with that when it's there but uh i think that's all we got from for this week chris got anything else for him no we'll do it well until next time folks i want you to keep it dreamily see ya she was Nonsense! Then it's time to phone it in! 
Welcome to the Rant and Raves for this week. And if you want to be part of the Rant and Raves, you can either email me a personalized, a very uh, hate-towards-Eric-centric uh, bit, and that is bound to get you on. And you can mail that at e- yeah, ugh, weird science, DC Comics at gmail.com. You can also call in to our Rant and Rave line. I'm having problems this morning or this night. I don't want to lift the veil. Uh, you can call us at the Rant and Rave Line, 641-715-3900, enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. And it is, as we always say, just that easy. We're going to start with a return, a return of a king, maybe. No, we're not talking J.R.R. Tolkien. We're talking about Richard Richardson. I just, we need Eric's sigh whenever he, <sighs> we don't have that now. So it's all positive. And I'm glad that we're hearing from Richard Richardson. And I know that one dancing Mike will be very pleased to hear this. Back on Weird Science DC Comics, it's Richard Richardson. How much have you missed me? I missed you a lot. <laughs> oh my. Jim, how much have <laughs> you missed me, Eric? Eric, how much yeah, I don't know if Richard has been listening, uh, thinking that Eric has anything to do with this, but hey. Fresh crew and my buddy, Prick Dancing Mike. Yep. It's Richard Richardson. It is. Yeah, Richard Richardson. He has taken a lot of time to come up with this material since we last heard him. Back on the show. I know how much you've been missing me. Yeah, yeah. Richard Richardson has been reading those DC comics. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Tom King, DC comics. Richard Richardson. Yes. Says that Batman with Tom King is Richard Richardson approved. It yeah, is. Richard Richardson definitely approves because. That's Jim's favorite writer. That is true. I know, Jim, you're probably busy. You've been watching The Breakfast Club and doing things like that and reading Tom King's rules. Yes, and he got cut off, uh, probably also going through mazes. Mazes. And we'll be back with Richard Richardson. That is not the last we'll hear of him tonight. But we're going to go off to his greatest fan, 
biggest fan, biggest fan of all. Here he is, Dancing Mike. He's in Disney. So we'll see if that comes up in this rant and rave. Here we go. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And hello, mother. Hello, mother. So I'm sitting here at the Opa Humpka. Oh. Opa Humpka Service Center. That sounds that sounds sexy. That's what that sounds like. Here are um, service station center here in uh, the Florida Turnpike. Oh, he's leaving Disney. I, I should have realized that he would have been leaving around now. Or as Mrs. Dancing Mike calls it, the Oompa Loompa. The Oompa Loompa. But anyway, so we're heading home from our week at Disney, our hashtag 2018 drunkation. Yes. And uh, we had a good, good time. So I really don't have much to talk about this week except to uh, say... I wonder uh, if he did go to that. A lot of people suggested him going to a certain comic store there's a comic store in disney and i was wondering if he actually went to that because i would have liked to have seen it. i didn't see pictures of that plus i don't know that that comic store served beer so i don't know that he would go there uh, big shout out to everyone in the get fresh crew whoop, whoop. and maybe maybe the long promised return of the king richard richardson, richard richardson here. Yes, it was. we already heard that long indeed. may he reign Anyway, um, that's about all I've got. So I did, I did see the uh, band Mariachi Cobre from uh, Mexico, from Mexico, yeah. and I did um, take a picture of a uh, mariachi musician and yes, put it did. on Twitter. Of course, and I hope I did not uh, majorly. <laughs> You'll see, I, I didn't retweet that one this time, Mike. I learned my lesson. Offend anyone, and I did, I did like it though. Uh, any, anyone, hope I hope I didn't get you guys in trouble by posting a no. picture of a. Um, the person that would get us in trouble or get mad at that has long since blocked our ass and wants no parts of it. Mariachi musician, because apparently that's, you know, can get you in trouble. So I don't know. Anyway, that's about all I've got for this week because I have a lot of comic books to read yeah, when I get back. And up. I have about, um, I have several, several hours of driving ahead of me right now. So anyway, uh, like I said, uh, and like a man, he's doing the driving. I can't I, – I would rather have Tanya drive. Well, two things stop that. Number one, if I'm in the passenger seat anymore, I get car sick. Number two, Tanya is an awful driver. Happy uh, week to everyone in the Get Fresh crew. And you'll probably hear more from me next week, a lot more. That'd so nice. if you're the – He's going to be a little uh, mustard and catch-up kind of person who likes hearing things from me that's a good thing if you're the person who doesn't like hearing a lot from me the, just the person maybe not such a good thing but anyway um, everyone be sure to uh, check out uh, patreon.com slash weird science for all kinds of great content yes. uh, content from uh, Jim and uh, all of his um, merry band of underlings yes. and um, I, I will see you all oh keep it weird keep and I will see you Indeed. all in seven. In seven. We will see you on the sevens, and we're going to go through this quick. We have a bunch of these, but we're going to get through them quick. The next is a PSA complaint uh, from a new caller that seems to be an Eric Shea fan, a fan gal, possibly, um, but it is Mrs. Gertrude, uh, well, actually, Mrs. Marjorie Gertrude Steinberg, who has a problem, does not like the way that Eric is treated with his big fat butt. And here is the complaint. Hello? Hello? 
podcast i like listening to the podcast i like to know about what the little ones are doing these days with their comic i think that was a veiled attempt at uh, a dig at me the little ones books and their soda maybe i'm a little sensitive maybe uh maybe mrs steinberg did not mean that and things but i have a complaint to make about the podcast i'm 95 years old Today, it is my birthday, birthday. and I'd like to make a birthday wish that you don't fat shame my little Eric (laughs) Shea anymore. I love my little Eric Shea, and I like his plump little booty just the way it is. I give him little candies to come over to my house and play hopscotch in the basement. So please, no more. And uh, if if you do as I like, I'll give you a nice little Werther's on your birthday. Okay. Bye-bye, Jim. This has been... Marjorie Gertrude Steinberg. Goodbye. Goodbye, Marjorie. Uh, my mom used to give me Werther's uh, if I was a good boy. So I, I didn't get a lot of those. And plus, my mom wanted to eat them all anyway. So it's one of those things where if I got one of those for being good, she would kind of have a little bit at the end. You know, the twist that somehow I wasn't good enough to get her Werther's. I'd have to steal them. I'd have to sneak down and grab them. But I do like those. But we're going to go back to the king, Richard Richardson. Richard Richardson is back on the show. Is there anything you want to know about what Richard Richardson has been doing? Obviously, we all want to know what grandma is up to. Richard Richardson and grandma had to move. Yeah, that's correct. We had had to to move. move. The boyfriend... Apparently, was cheating on Grandma <laughs> and not paying the bills. Uh, so, yeah, we had to move. Grandma, just be where Grandma is one thing. Grandma wants what Grandma wants and, and is really – what I know of Grandma, she really lets her heart – you know, lead her way. And sometimes hearts are broken. And sometimes people take advantage of grandma. I, I know of this. Anybody who wants a boyfriend, oh. this guy's name was Brandon Murray. <laughs> was the boyfriend? Uh, Brandon. Was a cheater. How dare yeah, you? you? Don't want to date Brandon Murray. You wouldn't Gr- want to date Brandon Murray. Had a- Brandon Murray right now is tailgating at the Buffalo Bills game. And believe me, right now at 11 a.m. in the morning, he's probably feeling no pain. Though, I did see him. We'll see if he comes through. I ended up giving him questions that we are going to have a game coming up. Who is smarter, the Denim Mafia outside the Bills game or Wrong Turn? I sent him a bunch of questions. I'm going to ask both the Denim Mafia and Wrong Turn, and we'll see who is smarter in the end. Had a few fun sessions with him. She called it sessions. Sessions. But yeah. Brandon was his name. I'd stay. I had a bunch of KTEL records back in the day called Sessions. Sessions presents, and they were they were really good. I used to like those KTEL records. Away from him doesn't sound like it. And yes, I'm only talking to Dancing Mike again. But you know, does it? Yeah, yeah. So yep. we've been uh, living. Uh, would you say in a in outdoors? A, Car? Cardboard. <laughs> Cardboard box? Container for a while. Hopefully yeah. a refrigerator box that you and Grandma can stretch your legs. Oh, we've been homeless. Yeah, me and Grandma's homeless. But now we're back. They're outdoors, yeah, you Yeah, know. we're back. I even have my own 
Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, I'm gonna get back into reading the comic books. books. Yeah, reading the comic books. <laughs> the books. Maybe Jim would and Eric would even have me on the show to oh, review. Oh, you're on the, the show book. now. Oh, Jim. Hey, you could do the Flash Reviews from now on. Flash Reviews with Richard Richardson. I'm all for that. I still have to record that today. So, Richard, if you can, if somehow you can get in tune with my mind right now, you record it now so that I don't have any more work to do. Uh, Eric? Yeah. Yeah, Richard Richardson. Well, you wouldn't even believe the ratings. The ratings would just shoot through the roof if you had they Richard would. Richardson. But Richard Richardson has to go. We uh, will see you. In seven. See you in seven, Richard. And we have one last rant and rave, and that is Jelly Drew with his hot, hot takes of the week. Oh, yeah, yo. What up? It's a Jolly Drew joint. That's what we're going to do today. Uh, yes. I didn't really have an idea uh, before I pressed record about what I wanted to talk about, but really I just wanted to talk about... That never stops Jolly Drew, though. That's when he's at his best. About the hand- West Division Street. Okay. I wanted to talk about the handful <laughs> of uh, books that I really enjoyed this week. I think he's going to like Doomsday Clock, Justice League, Shazam, and in a weird deal, he is going to like Green Arrow. That is uh, my prediction. There's a ton of books that came out this week. A couple of stinkers, uh, some uh, middling ones, yeah. but then some standouts. Some uh, so standouts. I thought uh, Shazam number one, you know, I do not awesome. have a familiarity with Shazam, you know, all that much. I read, you know, all of Jeff Johns' Justice League, so I caught a little bit of that, but not really necessary. Yeah, and again, that was more, if you if he's not including the backups, uh, that includes Shazam sitting around playing video games with Cyborg. That doesn't really do much for For this book at all, I would give it like... You know, if I were just throwing a number out there, I might even give it a 10 out of 10. Cause oh, I, my. I, How dare you? You should have went 9-8. I can't imagine anything that I didn't like about it. I, it was refreshing. It was... No, I, I'm telling you, uh, when we talked about it earlier in the podcast, the only thing that I can fault is that I didn't really know all of the characters' names again, though I started remembering from reading before. Fun. Uh, it was, the, the art was fantastic. I mean, yep. uh, what can I say? I had a great time. And the concept was just super clear. I just yep. thought the storytelling was like perfectly like understandable and clear. You got a bunch of foster kids. Jack's and it's mile. just the... <clears throat> Turn left to I-90, I-94 like West. <laughs> He just got the ultimate wish fulfillment, uh, you know, thing going on, which what make, which is I what. I want to know why Jolly Drew, like, he's never driving anywhere that he must know where to go. He's always got that GPS. That on. makes Shazam so cool. Uh, you know, he's a he's a he's a lonely little boy who gets powers yep. now, and wooey, isn't that fun? It is. uh, so another book that I really enjoyed this week was uh, uh, Green Lantern, uh, the Green Lantern I number two. I, I actually forgot about the Green Lantern, so yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the first. I take back Green. Arrow. I, I, I met Green Lantern. First one, I thought this one was uh, probably a little bit more accessible. Uh, you know, you only had really had to read it once to, like, get it. Uh, whereas the first one might have been a little bit more difficult. Uh, I, you know, I'm loving it. I even like the art. You know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty good. Goddamn traffic. Move! Uh, so, I'm yeah, I'm fighting through Friday no traffic comment. right now. It's probably not super safe what I'm doing, but, you know, if I uh, hey. if this cuts off, like... 
immediately, then you know. If it cuts off after hearing a loud screeching noise of brakes being pressed, then we'll know that I died in a horrific yeah, car accident. I don't, I hope and it that was didn't all happen. your fault. And then you oh can probably my. just go ahead and keep charging my uh, uh, my debit card every month for Damn the Patreon. Right. That's fine. I'll put That's that. That's Eric's dream: is that everybody just kicks the bucket, but their credit cards rip. My will uh, <laughs> every month. You can count yes. on me for the uh, badass level. You are a badass. Uh, let's see here. Another book that I enjoyed besides the Green Lantern and Shazam was Doomsday Clock. Number eight. Uh, So we are, I guess, uh, two-thirds of the way through. Uh, So I guess that would be like uh, eight o'clock. Yeah, eight o'clock. There's twelve. Ooh, 8 there's twelve 30. issues and there's twelve hours on a that clock. That's true, but the, wow. I, I don't know that it started at zero. That I didn't even. Think. I would say that we're about at uh, ten of. Think about no, that. That's know. super I, cool. I, I don't know how it is. Probably, I think it's that not maybe. That cool. I think maybe it has a clock at the end that shows you exactly where we're at while you talk. I'm gonna go but, look uh, again. Yeah, so we're two thirds of the way through, and this was like kind of a different issue. I thought it was you know near perfect as well. Uh, I agree. Yeah, you, you got uh, Firestorm and some big emotional character moments. I thought Speed Trap reported ahead. Thank you. Speed Thank Trap. You. Uh, I don't want to get another uh, a speed speeding ticket. I, no. I got one in the mail. That sounds uh, illegal. That, you know, I went through a, uh, a school zone. I was 11 over. Which yeah, it looks like it's like 8 of 12. It looks like at the back of the book. It means I was probably going 31 miles per hour oh, in a 20 my. mile per hour zone. And that's fucking horse shit, man. I'll I didn't kill any you. kids. Uh, <laughs> not this week, at least. Not Oops. that week. Uh, but anyway, back to uh, Doomsday in Clock. 1,000 feet. God. Turn left to I-94 <laughs> West. Uh, sorry, I know that I, I I put I put my GPS on for for these, and you know I I probably shouldn't. I, I basically okay. know where I'm going. Yeah, that that was my question. You would figure he knows where he's going. Uh, so I but I I just like the right into my heart. That's where he's going. Does that GPS has directions to my heart? Because that's where you always end up, Jolly Drew. The safety net of of the uh, of the GPS telling me where to go. He just wants people talking to him. He gets lonely. Oh, I, I need to be told what to do. Uh, there, uh, yes. But yeah, Doomsday Clock, uh, what what happened? Uh, I really like the Superman characterization. You know, he it's the little Superman moments that I like so much. You know, not the uh, the slobber knockers and the, the, the all-out brawls. But when he's, like, hanging out with uh, a Firestorm yeah. and just... When me and Eric were talking, I think one of the best is when that kid gets, uh, you know, turned back to a kid. I'm a real boy. And then he looks up and sees Superman and goes and hugs him. That's a great moment. It's like, hey, I'm right here for you, buddy. I believe in you. Uh, you, can, you can do it. It's that sort of, like, calm confidence that I find, like, really, like... Um, uh, Super. I, I found really enjoyable uh, in my Superman uh, yeah, uh, comics. So that was pretty cool. Uh, if Jeff Johns was, you know, on a permanent Superman title, I would not cry about it. Uh, but I thought this was a weird... His run in the New 52, not great. Not great at all, but hey... Week, week that um, you know some of DC's best writers really like separated themselves. Uh, the cre- the cream rose uh, yeah. uh, to the top. I guess that's a phrase. Uh, yes, but yeah, like the, you know, some of my favorite writers, Graham Morrison and uh, and Jeff Johns, just kind of showing out. Uh, this is some of Jeff Johns' best work uh, that I've read in a long time. So I uh, just wanted to say hey and uh, what up to the Get Fresh crew. Uh, also, I don't know if you guys have checked out the, uh, the, like, re-release of, uh, the Beatles, the White Album, uh, but there's a bunch of, like, 
new bonus material on on that. And if you're a Beatles fan, you might enjoy some of the like. Guess what, Johnny Drew? I have, and I love it. Uh, studio outtakes yep. and like different versions of songs that like you may may not have heard that way, and some demos. Uh, so yeah, check out the new uh, uh, the re-release of uh, the White Album. Everything's like. Uh, uh, remixed again. by George Martin's son, yes, I think. Son, uh, so yeah. B- uh, besides all the like outtakes and, stu- and uh, different studio recordings and different versions of songs, like they just redid, they just remixed everything, and it sounds yep. fantastic. So uh, that's uh, my. Pick. The other day, I actually listened to some recording chatter. Uh, of the Beatles talking uh, while doing redubs and stuff uh, during – I forget what song. I forget what album it was on, but I just sat and listened to like this for like 30 minutes. I, I actually had a Beatles interview album when I was a kid and would sit and listen to it. I was I was a fanatic. Pick of the week. Uh, it's been, I think that's been out for like a month or so, so I'm a little bit behind. But, you know, I, I, I've been listening to it a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, go ahead and check that out as well as, uh, ooh, and, uh, super, uh, Adventures of the Super Sons. Before I go, I just got to talk about Adventures of the Super Sons. I just, uh, finished listening to the, uh, Patreon spotlight yep. and, you know, I'm really enjoying this series, but I, I, I don't, I, I think the title of the series is pretty, uh, straight up with what you're going to get. It's Adventures of the Super Sons. I think it's like little mini stories, like within like, kind of a less important like larger narrative yeah if it was that though if if we had like an anthology deal that each issue was a little adventure they haven't been like that we got we got a ton of the you know the uh kid the the gang which i really love i love the uh at the beginning but i think that's just going to be kind of put on the back burner until like the final few issues i think what what when it was when it was first solicited you were supposed to get this romp through a multiverse of the DC Comics imprints of the past. Like, a, here they are in the Western deal. Here they are in the romance novels. Here they are in this. And that seemed pretty fun. And like you're saying, like a each issue is a new adventure. It's just nothing really is going on lately. And this issue, I liked enough. And I love John and Damien and think Tomasi writes them great. Like I said on the Patreon, if you listen to that, this is old hat now. But... I uh, I just think that this issue had a concept, and then it was rushed to the finish by the end, and really did not tell a full story. But I still liked it. Enough. We're going to get the is, art uh, was just awesome. John and Damien just sort of like going through different smaller adventures, and I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, I'm not a big plot guy. I think Space Cabby's dead too. I, I don't need like a ton of plot. I'm more of a uh, you know I appreciate more character moments, more character driven stuff. So you know I, I there may not have been like a ton of story here, but that's not that's not exactly what I need. Uh, so uh, hi guys, love hi. you and uh, kisses XOXO. Uh, XOXO. You guys are doing XOXO. a great job. Uh, I love all the shows that come out, and uh, yeah, I just just love hearing my buddies uh, Jim and Eric and Reggie in my head uh, every week. It's, uh, it really helps uh, pass the time, especially when I'm driving through traffic. Uh, really and, helps and to speeding. calm and soothe me. So uh, have a great night, guys. Bye-bye. See ya. There you go. There's Jolly Drew. And that is the end of the Rant and Raves. Hopefully Jolly made it home alive and didn't get another speeding ticket with that speed trap. But yeah, that is it for the Rant and Raves. Thanks, everybody, for calling in, especially my man Richard Richardson, who made his grand return. And we're going to go back to the podcast now.
Oh yes, it's another edition of The Orlando Zone. Indeed it is, and uh, this time around actually it is a bumper edition of The Orlando Zone. I'll stop that now, I think. Yes, it's a bumper edition of The Orlando Zone this time around because we've got not one but two uh, comics written by the mighty, the wonderful, uh, the fantastic, the one and only Steve Orlando. Not only uh, has Martian Manhunter issue number one come out this uh, this week, but we've also got the penultimate issue, a word apparently beloved of uh, our dear co-host Eric Shea, um, of The Unexpected uh, coming out this week, which is, of course, The Unexpected issue number seven. So, uh, wow, uh, it's going to be a bumper, uh, a bumper edition of uh, The Orlando Zone, and I hope you're up for this. Um, Truly, uh, the gods of comics uh have been <laughs> either they're they're very generous or they've they're, <laughs> they're they're very mischievous and possibly capricious and they're they're just they're just messing us about i know what my money's on shall we start with the unexpected shall we we're going to start with the unexpected because i have to pick up my wife in 45 minutes no less than that actually uh so this section uh i have a uh, I have a I have a deadline <laughs> for this section, so uh, so yes, we'd better get to it. Uh, the good thing about the unexpected is it should be relatively easy to review uh, because not very much happens in it, so that's good. Uh, there's lots of fighting, uh, but I, it's fairly inconsequential fighting for reasons which I'll get into in a minute. Uh, the Unexpected Issue number 7 is, of course, written by Steve Orlando. Of course it's written by Steve Orlando, otherwise it wouldn't be in the Orlando zone, would it? Uh, art is by Ronan Clique. Colours are by Jeremy Cox. Letters are by Carlos M. Manuel. It is published by DC Comics, and the cover price is $2.99, which, if you ask me, is $2.98 too much. Well, here we are. The penultimate issue of The Unexpected. Usually a reviewer will start a review like this with a quick recap of what's happened in the series so far. But that's not going to happen, partly because Neon and Firebrand's breakneck journey across the DC universe would essentially be a list of place names, followed by And Then They Fight, followed by either the word Quench or the words Onimar Sin, or the name of whichever Gestar du jour was unlucky enough to be pulled out of the psychedelic Stetson that particular month. And partly it's because the review's already late. And it was. It was late by two days, actually. I've already done a Martian Manhunter review for the site this week, and there really is only so much nonsense a man can take. Let's just get on with it, shall we? All right, then. Uh, we start with... A triptych of our three heroes. There were four heroes at the very start of this this series, way back in the dawn of time. And, of course, two of them are dead, which happened at the end of the first issue. So we've got Neon and Firebrand and guest star Hawkman, who, unlike other guest stars in this comic book, has actually stuck around for a bit, so that's good. Uh, So we've actually got those of you who... (laughs) And there's a kind of cruel irony to this. Those of you who have been desperate to see Hawkman uh, in a team can, can have their Hawkman in a team desires fulfilled here. There you go. 
Here we go. Uh, we got some Mandrak. I, I, I mentioned this in the review. Um, there's something almost uh, pathetically endearing about uh, Orlando writing dialogue uh, so that new readers can catch up. There are no new readers. This uh, this book is hemorrhaging readers. The, there will be no, there will be no new readers, Steve. Trust me. Anyway, we do get this, and it's spoken by Mandrak. What I like about Mandrak, no, actually, there's not very much I like about Mandrak. But what I what I find interesting about this dialogue is uh, is the way he feels uh, compelled uh, to remind each of our three characters of stuff that they already know, uh, and do so in a in a fairly uh, sort of melodramatic, grandiose way. Um, and he says this, we stand, and this is over Hawkman's face, we stand on holy ground, Hawkman, the gateway to a multiverse of positive matter. Life, all life, is a fattened herd for me to devour. That's all right. As a piece of writing, it's okay. Um, we've had the devouring thing uh, from Onomar Sin already in this book, so I, and I think that's that's a bit of an issue because because sort of from a uh, a purely kind of thematic point of view, uh, this dialogue feels familiar, uh, too familiar perhaps. I mean, we're only seven issues in at the end of the day, and we've heard Onomar Sin utter words pretty much like this in the last couple of issues. So we've basically. Um, replaced one vampiric type villain with another one uh, the only difference is is that this particular villain uh mandrak is uh is obviously sort of exponentially worse than onomar sin then we get this super easy <laughs> okay all right here we go this this is it see this is the problem so you see you see Orlando has chosen to use a villain that has appeared in, uh, my understanding is, I think, uh, one of the Final Crisis spin-offs, I think, uh, or has been involved in Final Crisis in some way. Uh, he fought Superman. Superman defeated him. Um, this is this is all sort of Grant Morrison stuff, which, you know, I'm, I'm a Grant Morrison fan. I like Grant Morrison stuff. I haven't read Final Crisis. Uh, it's it's one of the many gaps in my in my knowledge of DC Comics. So 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 basically, you know, you know he, having chosen to, to, to use this character, he has him tell Firebrand who he is and what has happened to him when. I, I think a more skillful writer would have taken the time to kind of show it and and actually all and in the process give us some kind of understanding as to Mandrak's motivation and Orlando just doesn't do that. Um, this is this is exactly the kind of of comic where you would start with maybe a flashback and we don't get that. Uh, we just get dialogue instead, and the dialogue's crap. Superman cast me from nil through the overvoid to Barbatos's feet, Firebrand. I quite like the fact that it's almost like he he reminds me of those teachers that you get, and I am a teacher, as you know. I, uh, you get at school who who kind of have naughty children in front of them, and they and they speak to them, and they're speaking to all of them, but they speak to them sort of, you know, in, in they individually name call each one of them. It, it's ridiculous. Superman cast me 
from Nil through the overvoid to Barbatos's feet, Firebrand. Are you paying attention, Firebrand? She is. You know she's paying attention. She's staring up at you and her mouth's wide open. She's horrified. And I don't blame her. Surrounded by dark matter like seawater, unable to feed, starving. A siren call brought me fools like Alden Quench. Their blood gave me strength enough to reach this gate. And you... Well, that's is all caught up then. Fantastic. Very good. Wonderful. Thanks for that. Cheers, Mandrak, for filling us all in on the last seven issues or so and how we got to this point. Cheers. Thanks. Can we get on with the fight now? That would be lovely. Oh, we can. Great. Superb. Uh, there's a number of things I want to say about this. Unable to feed starving. Uh, that's a uh, redundancy. Uh, we don't really need starving there. If you are unable to feed, it's kind of implied that starving is what you are. It would have been kind of nice maybe to, for you to sort of say uh, how you felt as if you were starving. Uh, a better writer, uh, a writer who, who was kind of interested in conveying some kind of emotion from Mandrak might have done that. I, I don't no, I mean, I, I, there's a part of me that thinks I'm just being a git here. But um, I was reading uh, one of the reviews, <laughs> a comic book roundup, which is like, uh, it's a fantasy world comic book roundup, isn't it? You, you you go on comic book roundup and you find out that the that the uh, the issue that you really haven't enjoyed at all. Uh, you know, in the last sort of twenty minutes or so, and you've you've given you know some time to think about why you haven't enjoyed it, and you you write it all out uh, and to try and explain what it is, and you try and work out what it is that you haven't enjoyed about the issue. And you go on Comic Book Roundup, and you find out actually the issue was fucking perfect after all. And you think to yourself, what what the hell? Why am I even reviewing things if I've missed this? I must be the worst reviewer in the world. I gave this a five out of ten, and five five people have given it 10 out of 10 it's just incredible how on earth have how on earth have i managed this i i i i, I think to myself i must be a, I, i'm a reasonably i think intelligent person how can i have missed how how amazing this is 10 out of 10 five of them and then it goes down 9.7 and and you know 9.5 8 7 6 all this kind of stuff it's incredible absolutely incredible anyway Anyway, I've just realised I've been talking about uh, the review <laughs> reviews for Martian Manhunter. But it was a good rant, so I'm going to leave it in. Okay. Um, Superman cast me from nil through the... Oh, what's nil? Don't know. Nobody knows. It's 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 the his, the monitor's home planet. Through the overvoid... I think that's actually where they... It is. It's where they are. It's it's where they are. Cast me from nil through the overvoid to Barbatos's feet, firebrand, surrounded by dark matter-like seawater. I said this in the review. Dark matter-like seawater is a really kind of nice idea. It's a, it, it's a, it's a poetic idea. Uh, but the simile is just so kind of on the money. And I think, you know... Uh, you know, to sort of do something with that notion of surrounded by dark matter like seawater, what does that even mean to you? What 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 does it suggest? What does it what does it say about the situation that you're in that you're surrounded by dark matter like seawater? What do, what does that even mean? What's the implications of that? Um and of course we don't we don't get that. Uh, you see the siren call thing. You could you could make something. You know, there's there's kind of an implicit sort of link there with the seawater and the siren call because you associate the sirens from the sea. A siren call brought me fools like Alden Quench. He doesn't actually say that it was him that sent it. Although later, 
We find out that it was. Their blood gave me strength enough to reach this gate and you. Uh, and Neon replies to him and says, this is where your climb ends. I'm the guardian of creation and you will never get past me. Uh, as, you know, it's not you shall not pass level. And and, and actually, this is, this is the point, actually. This is... This is the bridge at Khazad Doom, isn't it? It's the uh, it, it's the you know the wizard standing by to stop the you know the the big nasty monster from ascending from the depths and and killing people and what have you. And it's yeah, it has kind of echoes of that, and I kind of like that because I'm a sucker for that kind of uh, sort of heroic grandeur. But let's be really clear here. Orlando is no Tolkien. His his the cadences, the rhythms of of his of his uh, of his dialogue just don't have that epic quality. And what what's really kind of interesting is that it's clear that he's striving for that. He wants that, but he just can't quite get it, and he falls flat i was gonna say every time more more times than not he said it happens here i've heard that before neon from stronger lips than yours see that's and and i know again i'm being really finicky um i'm being finicky and i know i am but these things matter stronger lips you see what when you say stronger lips you're drawing attention to the physical uh you know the physical parts of the body that that is is part of but not not the whole thing part of producing speech um and and i understand where he's coming from um but in my mind it just makes me think of right okay well i suppose stronger lips okay well i suppose superman is sort of super strong how strong are his lips and and it, and it sends you off on this kind of ridiculous this ridiculous tr- rabbit trail of of thought it sends me off I mean, maybe it's just me i don't know uh, and i'm thinking just oh, maybe we should ask lois lane how strong superman's lips are but she'd have an answer for that anyway you cannot keep that promise guardian none of you can today mandrak will have his flesh yeah, all right, fair enough. Clique's art's pretty good. Uh, if you remember, at the end of the last issue, Mandrak killed a Tempest Fuginaut, and he's holding his heart in his hand, which is which is pretty. It looks pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. It's very dramatic. It is very dramatic, but it, but it, it, it's there's no there's no kind of sort of emotional resonance with it. I mean, I mean, one of the big issues here is simply that why should we care about any of this? He's on nil. The, the, they're on nil. The monitor's home world. That should be a big thing. I know Hawkman's there. It's all tied into sort of like the dark multiverse. It's all tied into Dark Knight's metal. But it feels really small and self-contained because it is. Because because this is all happening somewhere else. It's all happening in a uh, in a small kind of physically small place. Uh, the mo- whole multiverse is is at stake, but that's kind of like a a concept that is almost too big to fully understand. And and I think we need to see something here. We need to see. See, back in the in the day, you know, with Crisis on Infinite Earths, for example, you'd have these sort of grand vistas of sort of multiple Earths, kind of in a row, like like sort of billiard balls or whatever on the on the on the table, and and. You just don't get anything, anything like that that says that this is this is cosmically significant. 
uh, you just get dialogue that that strives for that, but doesn't doesn't really get there. Uh, and and you see, Hawkman says you're you're just another devil who'll go hungry, Mandrak, and that's that's drawing attention to the fact that Mandrak is essentially fulfilling exactly the same function as Onimar Sin was in the first five or six issues of this story, and it's and in in very much the same way as well, and and so the kind of the whole sort of you know, idea of consumption and consuming things and devouring things and what have you is just carrying on. The, the, the themes haven't really changed here at all. And as a result of that, the, the dialogue is kind of, is kind of, you know, it, it, it echoes with, with the, with, with the kind of dialogue that we've, we've had already. You see here, this is, this is, I see what lurks in your soul, Hawkman. We monitors mocked your true people's mission. How pathetic you will never complete it. And it's all just kind of like, yeah, I know uh, stuff about Hawkman. I know stuff about his, you know, do you know who doesn't know? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Uh, And there were no editor's notes. And I, I, we discussed this the other day. Uh, We discussed this last time. Uh, with the unexpected, there are no edit- editor's notes because. Uh, well, sorry, actually, no, that's not strictly true. There are editor's notes actually referring back to. There's one editor's note I think referring back to issues one and two of the series, but you know, the, there's just nothing here to help somebody who isn't already a big Grant Morrison fan and has read everything Grant Morrison has done in the last twenty years or so. Uh, and the thing is, no, no one really cares. And to be absolutely honest with you, I don't really care either. My only mission right now is to put you down. That's from Hawkman. Uh, and uh, he's he's deflecting Mandrak's eye beams, uh, which unfortunately uh, hit Neon's arm, and uh, he drops the now inert Nth Metal isotope. Remember that? You do. Okay, uh, Firebrand and Hawkman attack. Uh, Firebrand comes a cropper because Mandrax splashes her with Tempest Fuginort's blood, uh, which obviously burns because that's what blood does. I mean, you see, here's the thing. This is I was thinking about this today actually. Um, this this is what this is what distinguishes true genius from wannabes. Um, Yes, of course, the Tempest Fusionaut's blood is is acidic because you know that's like alien, isn't it? Uh, if this was Grant Morrison, the blood would be would smell like honey and distract her, or would make her head turn into a giant butterfly, or or would give her visions of the future, or you know you know what I mean. I, I, he he would he would take that idea of the heart of a of a kind of multi dimensional uh, character like the Tempest Fusionaut and do something really creative with it. It. And instead, we go. Oh, it burns like acid. Yeah, of course it does. I, I just, it's also kind of, uh, it, it just, you know, it's reaching all the time for, to be profound, to be amazing, to capture that sense of of Morrison esque wonder. And and I'm, I like Morrison. I know, I know people. I know Jim and, and Eric are not big fans of Morrison. I, I get that. I understand that. I understand why actually. Morrison can be extraordinarily infuriating to read, but but there is a sense of there's a kind of mad genius there, and there's a there's a mad kind of sense of of wonder there. And this is what happens when you get people who want that, but just 
aren't good enough to to write in that way and and there's a part of me that thinks maybe Orlando would be better just doing something else being somebody else just 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 doing you know writing stories that that are kind of more that are not are not where he's just trying to ape somebody else but but just be his own guy we'll talk about that a little more maybe when we when we talk about the Martian Manhunter later but anyway so you get um you get sort of Mandrax squeezing the Tempest Fuginaut's heart so that the blood spurts all over uh, Firebrand. Uh, there's something almost kind of... There's something weirdly almost sexual about that moment, actually. It, it's it's to do with the way Clique's drawn um, Firebrand's face. It's, it's very weird. Anyway, um, so there's more fighting. And as, uh, as they're fighting, uh, Quench appears and and to be fair the build-up to quench's appearance is is actually pretty cool because it, it takes two pages before he joins the fight and he picks up the isotope and he sticks it in this kind of weird eldritch eye i always like to say that eldritch eye uh in his uh cowboy hat and and it's all just a bit it's kind of dramatic i, I mean i i've said this before you know orlando's not a completely rubbish writer. He, he he's very good at times uh, at structuring structuring kind of big reveals. Uh, the problem I've always had with Orlando is simply dialogue and tone. I, I think um, he's just not very good at, at at that kind of that aspect of of the writing craft. The, the, you know, the, the, in terms of sort of plot beats and and structuring moments within within a story that's a different thing but but there's more to writing than that though um anyway he he kind of has uh quench is is kind of he's got this sort of sort of kind of strange way of talking um and you know which is kind of flippant and 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 sort of i suppose a bit um sort of arrogant and and what have you uh but then he has uh then he you know Orlando has him saying some really quite ridiculous things like no good neon no one forgets old and quench no one forgets the bad samaritan like he's kind of really genuinely hacked off that neon has forgotten him which which isn't really true because because neon's been been talking about quench for the last four issues it, it's just a really odd thing for for him to come out with um and and then it, it's like again his relationship with with Mandrak is is kind of odd as well. Sort of, you know, Quench says, you know, what do you think of my boss? You know, it's just a weird thing to say, and and uh, it's all just a bit ridiculous. I, it's it's hard, it's hard uh, to to like any of this. Uh, uh, he gets into a big uh, fight with Neon, which is dramatic and bold and kind of spectacular. Uh, Neon says, no, damn it, how are you alive? You've died at my feet. And Quench says, not like you saw the body, buddy. And that, uh, you see, that <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's trash-talking somebody who's blind. That's very classy. And now look at us all here reunited. Well, minus a few fried friends. And alliteration works quite well there. I knew if I found Mandrak, he could shut off the bell. He's been ringing in my brain, but getting a... Sorry, I'm I'm kind of unconsciously putting this into uh, 
sort of southern accent so i apologize for that i i knew if i found mandrak he could shut off the bell he's been ringing in my brain but getting another chance to boil you is icing today destruction wins and that's there right there is is kind of again a, a bit of an obvious kind of thing that that quench represents destruction neon represents creation he's an artist you know um which mandrak refers to earlier on and and it's it's all just a bit sort of obvious and and not terribly subtle um so lots of things go happen here the mandrak basically turns around and says oh quench you're completely useless to me now i'm not really interested in you um and quench turns on mandrak as a result uh firebrand doesn't know what's going on says what what the hell is is quench helping us now um neon says no he's he's just you know he's devoting himself to destruction um and then you get the moment where mandrak bites quench uh because he's a vampire um and quench says dead before it's not supposed to feel like this I was like, okay, well, right, fair enough. Uh, do I care? No, I don't think I do. Uh, should I be scared? No, I, I don't think I am. Um, is any of this interesting? No. <laughs> no, it isn't. Not really. Uh, Quench was a disappointment. This is this is Mandrag. Gone and soon forgotten. And you three, the secret weapon of a forgotten people... I'll be Hawkman. The Heart of Destruction, Firebrand. The Blind Creator. Do you know how small you are? Three stories bled down from the 52 sanguine worlds above the... Wait, 53 worlds. Intriguing. What? What's What's going on there? Don't know. See, I, 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 is that a reference to Doomsday Clock? Is that what's what's going on? Don't know. Nobody knows. Uh, and then you get, you see, here's the thing is they're in the middle of a fight for the whole multiverse and, and, and they have a nice little chat about sort of multiversal theory and, and how many multiverses there might actually be. It's silly, isn't it? Really? Neon, the, the could be infinite worlds, Mandrak, a multiverse of multiverses and you'd still never reach them. Yeah. A multiverse of multiverses. Okay. I just, I can't care about this anymore. I mean, I mean, Clique's art is really good. When, when, um, you know, he says, turn and face the vampire god, uh, and Mandrak is kind of floating in the sky and got all this sort of energy roiling around him, and it's it's all very so dramatic. That's that looks good. That looks really, really good. Um, and then uh, having. Uh, having bitten Quench, um, Mandrak goes for Neon and does the same, and that's it. That's the end of the issue. And I'm like, okay, well, okay. <laughs> Woo, great. I don't know. Do I care? No, I don't care. I wish I could care. I really do. But you see, the thing is, is, is all the way through this series, it's been incredibly flat. It's been 
it's been the same tonal stuff all the time. He doesn't do humor. He doesn't do introspection very well, um, if at all. Um, he throws these, uh, you know, these characters have have com- everything happen. Everything is des- is described and explained through a conversation. Uh, and after a while, that just gets incredibly tedious and incredibly boring. And that's what we've got here. Um, I, I, the, the art's okay. Um, it is a well-produced comic book in that regard. It's just, it's a really poorly told story. It, it, it could have been interesting. This, this could have been, um, you know, a, a kind of, I mean, I, I, it, the thing is, is when you're dealing with like, you know, the multiverse, you're dealing with these incredibly big sort of abstract concepts and um what you what you need with with things like that is is something concrete to to anchor anchor that the the, the kind of the existential threat that the that these moments represent bring it home in 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 some way um make it matter and Orlando never does. It, it, it's all just kind of we're told that the whole multiverse at stake. It doesn't feel like it. Uh, we're, we're told that all sorts of you know terrible things will happen if Mandrak. You know we don't we don't get any sense of that. Any sense of how significant this moment is, and it's meant to be significant. The significant this moment is for the wider the wider DC universe, it all feels really small. Uh, and when you have somebody, when you, when you have something that feels small, but yet the dialogue, uh, the dialogue sort of hammers home how important it is. You have this really weird kind of disconnect, this really weird kind of disjunction, uh, between, um, you know, between, between, between content and tone, if you see what I mean. And it just feels odd. It feels really, really weird. Anyway, I gave it 5 out of 10. And yes, that is an FU5. Sorry about that. For those of you who have been reading The Unexpected. Um, I don't know. If there are people out there who like it, please tell me. Tell me why. Tell me why I should like it. Um, I, I, I can certainly see the potential in it, but it's just being horribly, horribly squandered. I can see the potential in Neon. Neon's a fantastic character. He should be. He could be this universe's Doctor Strange. I, I mean, the the the, um, the character design kind of kind of makes him look like that anyway. But there's there's enough different about him there's enough different in his backstory and in his origin to make that work but but not here it's it's all just too too ridiculous really anyway that's that's uh that's the unexpected issue number seven now we're going to have a short musical interlude um and then we're going to hit uh we're going to we're going to have a look at the main course. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, we will. I'll see you soon.
Martian Manhunter, issue number one. Here we go. Uh, written by Steve Orlando, with art by Riley Rosmo. Colors are by Ivan Placentia. Letters are by D. Ron Bennett. It's published by DC Comics. And the price is $3.99. It is the first issue of a 12-issue series. So we've got 12 issues of this. Okay. When hearing the words Martian Manhunter, which three words first spring to your mind? Fire, shape-changing, invisibility. For me, it's probably strength, dignity, and Oreos, but that's probably just me. I've always had a soft spot for John Johns. His tenure as a member of various incarnations of the Justice League in the 80s and early 90s included some of that team's stint in Detroit in the extraordinarily fun Giffen de Mateus run. Throughout, the character possessed the kind of dry, understated wit that was tailor-made for a teenage me who had just discovered sarcasm and was exploring the possibilities offered by sardonic irony. And yes, I was mostly insufferable to be around back then. The question, I suppose, is what kind of Martian Manhunter am I going to find in this series? Well, we're not going to find out if we just hang around in the introduction all day, are we? And so we begin. And we begin with... uh, First of all, let's just talk very quickly about the two covers. I really like... Uh, both covers uh, for different reasons uh, and, and they are they're an interesting choice of covers because I think I think tonally they they sort of represent the the, the two kind of conflicting images of the Martian Manhunter uh, that we are dealing with in this series on the one hand you have a, a kind of tough no-nonsense portrait really uh by riley rosmo of john johns um the it it's drawn as if as if he's right in our faces kind of almost and he's tense and there's there's uh undetermined and there's his brow is furrowed and there's uh the there's a thin traceries of blood sort of coming from his nostril and, and the corner of his mouth he's obviously sort of been uh beaten up um there's also uh he's wearing his kind of traditional um martian manhunter outfit but in the middle of his chest there is a police badge um he's uh a detective on the middleton police force so that that's that's kind of interesting so so you've got this kind of contrast between john's kind of alienness but yet at the same time there's absolutely no doubt whatsoever that he is a cop and I kind of like that. It's a damn fine piece of artwork. I, I'm, I'm going to say some other things about Riley Rossmo in a minute, but but that cover is is fantastic. Uh, the Joshua Middleton cover is is really different. It's much cleaner for a start. Uh, John is kind of adopting a much more sort of heroic pose. Uh, his outfit is the same, really, as as the outfit that we get on the first cover. Uh, but everything is sort of cleaner lines. There's Mars kind of hanging above his head in the background. There's, there's, it's a kind of a cosmic uh, sort of image in that sense that, you know, there are stars kind of whirling in the background and it's, it, it's all very alien and, and, and a bit clean, a- alien in almost a kind of a 1950s sort of way. It's, it's got that kind of, uh, a sort of pulpy kind of feel to it. It's a really nice piece of artwork as well. Um, and it seems to me that both these covers kind of represent really what the, the, the sort of fundamental tension, I suppose, uh, in, in what 
Orlando is trying to do in the sense that that we've got, if anything, sort of the Joshua Middleton cover is is kind of our uh, our our kind of accepted John Johns. He's noble and he's alien and slightly inscrutable. Uh, but clean. Uh, and I think the word clean is kind of a, an important word in this context. Um, on the other hand, the Riley Rosmo presents us with somebody who's, who's much more kind of physical and much more dirty in the, in a, both a literal sense and in a metaphorical sense. He's soiled and sullied by the world. He's not aloof from it. He's a part of it. Um, and there's a kind of a, there's, uh, unlike the Joshua Middleton, uh, variant. There's a real sense of kind of determination and will, uh, and and just he looks pretty scary actually in in some respects. Uh, it's a very nice, uh, nice image. And and as I said, there is there is this tension here between our expectations of what a Martian Manhunter book might be like and what we actually get. And, and we'll, we'll talk about the implications of that in a minute when we when we get to the actual issue proper it's been quite interesting actually because i i, I kind of I, as some of you know i have a son he well i've had two sons actually but one one son is a big comic book fan he's 21 um he's uh he's a fine young man if uh if he doesn't mind me saying so we have quite interesting conversations about comics. He experiences comics very differently to me. Um, I, I get them in single issues primarily. I mean, I do have a, a fair few trades, but most of, most of what I've got at the moment is, is in single issues. Try and keep up reading them each month and what have you and ex- experience the stories that way rather than just kind of binging a whole trade, which is, which is what uh, my son tends to do. Um, so he's, he's an interesting guy to talk to because on the one hand, he's kind of, he's really into comics, but on the other hand, he's not, he's not up on comics, if you see what I mean. So he's kind of vaguely aware of some of the things that are happening, uh, in DC and Marvel at the moment. Uh, but he's not, he's not kind of intimately kind of in, involved and, and not emotionally involved. So, so when I showed him, uh, Riley, <laughs> Riley Rosmo's art, uh, he was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and, and I think, you know, when you open the comic, um, and you're confronted with that first page, which is, which is, which is, which is John looking horrified as, as the rest of Mars seems to be kind of burning around him, which I, which I guess is where we're headed really with this series. Um, and you and there are a number of kind of very small sort of individual panels showing uh people in uh, people basically sort of in the process of kind of being burnt being burnt alive uh and there there are various sort of martians uh sort of being essentially kind of immolated um while john is kind of and he's picking up the the Im- implication is that he is picking up their uh their pain it's being telepathically transmitted to him um it's a reasonably effective image the the the, the problem we're going to have here with rossimo is that his art is um unlike the cover which which i think you know there's some fine work on the cover uh, when i say fine i mean finely drawn uh work 
his art here um, is a little bit too heavy uh, in terms of the line work, or at least in terms of, and, and we're talking we're talking almost imper- almost imperceptibly too heavy, but it but it's there nonetheless, and and it and it, and it, it just makes everything a little bit more cartoony than I'm comfortable with, and I and, and I, I've said it already uh, in this. Uh, in this edition of the of the Orlando Zone, uh, I'm prob- possibly being finicky, but but I but I do think that's an issue because I like Rossimo's art. I I, I don't have a problem with Rossimo's art. That the, the, there are certain things that Rossimo does that that work incredibly well. He, even when he's doing superhero stuff, I I don't mind it. But here, I think that there, there are some real problems, and I think one of the issues is, is that uh, when you're dealing with an alien world, actually, you need to be fairly detailed and fairly precise to convey that. Otherwise, things become sketchy and cartoony, and the whole thing just sort of loses its. Loses almost feels like it kind of loses authenticity in a way. It 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 doesn't feel it doesn't feel real. And and, and I know that's that's a ridiculous thing to say about comics. But what I'm what I mean is is that the the needs to be you've got alien things going on. You've got in an alien city with alien people, but there needs to be a sense that these things are in some sense real or at least real to one another and everything here is just too just a little bit too cartoony uh too too organic almost uh, and, and and this is one of those those things that is a is a key kind of visual feature of the way that he presents mars which is that things are kind of sticky and messy and kind of organic and and there's there's a there's a whole host of issues associated with that but but one of the one of the downsides of that is that it doesn't feel quite real or quite as real as we want it to be layered on to that is the whole issue with orlando's uh dialogue which makes it feel even less real so so, so you, you've you've got two things working against that sense of and when i say real what i mean is 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 real to the reader emotionally real um something that the, the the reader can kind of latch onto and kind of connect with emotionally and i think i think this is a book that's actually quite difficult to do that with uh which is a shame uh for for a whole host of reasons uh anyway we we, we get away from that quite quickly that, that that initial kind of uh sort of horrific nightmarish slightly absurd kind of opening and we we get to uh to earth we see john as john jones uh on his bed he gets up he has a shower he gets dressed uh, he goes down into the garage and he gets uh he heads towards his car heading to start the day and it's a really nicely paced page it works really well there is very little dialogue and it would be it would be an obvious and, and quite cheap point to say that that you know that that's in its favor because Orlando's dialogue is never particularly good but to be fair Orlando's made the decision to to present the character in this way and to allow Rosmo's art to tell the story of who this person is and it would seem that he is quite you know he's kind of troubled and you know 
lonely and one of the things about this this issue that uh, a number of people have made the point is that this is a, a kind of a, a noir type story which which it is and i think this is a very good sort of noir opening even to the the sunlight coming through the blinds it's it's a very kind of you know the the pattern of shadows on the walls and what have you that it is a very kind of noir idea and and i kind of like that then we get uh john john's uh partner who is diane mead we know that she eats pizza for breakfast and uh that that she always runs late and that john john always picks her up on time because he has an issue with this um i'm gonna be honest with you the pizza thing is weird to me and and this is one of those times when when the art kind of pulls you out of the story a little bit because i was looking at this piece of pizza as it falls onto the floor and i was thinking to myself why would anybody have bits of broccoli on their pizza and then i realized they're meant to be they're meant to be mushrooms <laughs> and i'm an idiot but, it, but, but just just for a moment there it kind of pulled me out it's very very weird the dialogue here is okay um it's not amazingly good but it's it's okay um the, there's a there's a new story being played on on the back in the background uh about uh outdoorsman john coleman claiming have to have seen the slide rock bolter whatever that is uh he says he called it hungry for his mind which should kind of you know make certain antennae on certain comic book fans is uh heads twitch a bit because obviously the martian manhunter is telepathic um then you get her getting ready and, and she's got this kind of outrageous uh sort of uh, Ros- uh, Rosimo esque hairdo. Uh, Rosimo is very good at these kind of these kind of elegantly sculpted female uh, hairdos. I quite I quite like them actually, but I know some people don't. Um, he gives Margot Lane a great one in uh, in the Batman Shadow series, and uh, the protagonist in uh, Deathbed, whose name escapes me now, actually she has one as well. So Deathbed's can I just say Deathbed's good? Uh, you should check Deathbed out. Um, this, not so much. They end up at a crime scene. Uh, it's pretty nasty. It's a double homicide. It, husband and wife. Uh, daughter's gone missing. And um, so has their pet. And there's a little bit of confusion about exactly what the pet is. It turns out that it's an iguana. And again, that that might sort of raise all sorts of uh of kind of questions in our mind about what exactly this thing is this this pet is is it really an iguana or is it something else uh the fact that the iguana's name is spaceman also kind of raises all sorts of ideas um yeah i and and they've set up a place for the dog again which is which is kind of weird it, it's kind of interesting that there's 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 all sorts of little clues here, and it, it's done reasonably well. The uh, the dialogue's pretty sharp here at this point, and I, I think I was talking to Simon in the in the Slack um, earlier on this week about this issue, and we we both kind of said that the that the opening in terms of you know the um, 
the the this detective stuff is is actually pretty good it lays out the uh, the mystery that needs to be unraveled uh, it hints at uh, the ways in which that mystery might be connected to uh, to john's personal uh, history um and it it's it does it all reasonably well and reasonably uh, you know it, it intrigues us basically is 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 i guess what i'm saying it's intriguing um john decides to go up home um and this is where the 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 kind of this is where the nonsense begins to to seep in we get um he has a personal telepathic log that he um that he kind of well I, whatever the telepathic version of writing <laughs> is that's what he does and he he heads upstairs and he checks out the daughter's bedroom this is the daughter that's gone missing and there is a tank there's a there's a tank kind of uh on the left hand side of the door as we're seeing it that looks like it might house an iguana that it's got a lamp and there's a there's a um a branch there for it to rest on then we see her bed um so he's kind of looking at all this and he's scanning it psychically as you might expect uh the martian manhunter to do uh so here we go no signs of struggle in parents bedrooms daughter's bedroom appears undisturbed but it's as rich in emotional residue as any crime scene there may be visual clues i should try to connect and somehow he's able to um to kind of access her memories despite the fact that she's not there and they've never met before so that is kind of weird uh so we we get a kind of slightly weird shifted um look at at uh at her memories um and he says Rokar's ghost she's not much older than Kim and uh, so we get this kind of right okay so the Martian Manhunter had a family we kind of know that so maybe you know that's a reference to to his daughter possibly I don't know horror adrenaline it's there but the emotional residue has been scrubbed of visuals what does what you see you see that now we're getting into what does that mean what what are you talking about so if it's been scrubbed, then presumably, you know, somebody who is Martian and or and or telepathic and knows what they're doing about with emotional residue uh, has has been involved in this somehow. But it, it's it's all just a little bit, you know, emotional residue has been scrubbed of visuals. I feel like we need something a bit more than that. Maybe Ashley's gone. She fought back. She wasn't afraid of whoever the attacker. Wait, the attacker. Okay, here we go. So, the the problem we've got here is because Ashley's gone, she fought back, she wasn't afraid of. Where's he getting this from? You see, because because the problem that we've got here, he said the room's been scrubbed of of, uh, emotional residue's been scrubbed of visuals. This to me, I'm going to be honest here. This to me feels like a a breakdown of communication between artist and writer that the artist has gone back and covered up. So, because all of the, all of the, um, the, the, the images that we get are relatively benign. When it says await the attacker, we, we see presumably Ashley, is it? Um, sat down and there's, 
a, or maybe it's from her perspective. It's really difficult to see actually ex- exactly what's going on here. But but most of the most of the images are kind of relatively uh, pedestrian and relatively ordinary. But but then he says, you know, it's there, but the emotional residue has been scrubbed of visuals. Ashley's gone. She fought back. She wasn't afraid. How does he know that she fought back? And and I guess the possible problem is, is, yeah, okay, I guess he can kind of work it out or feel it. But but we as readers who and we've been involved so far, we, we've been we've been kind of uh, involved in this investigation and, and now kind of we're, we're kind of being pushed back and we're being told stuff instead of being shown it. And surely the whole point of having a kind of a psychic scan of this girl's life is actually to present us with, with kind of images of her life uh, that we can kind of identify with her. And that's presumably what we, what we get. But it's like I said, it seems to me like Rossimo's not quite done exactly what Orlando wanted him to do. I, I mean, I don't know. I, it, it just, it just feels really odd to me. I mean, I, I could totally be overthinking this, but um, it, it's just a bit strange to me that, that that's in there. Uh, anyway, then we get the full page. Uh, well, it's not quite full page of um, just kind of weird stuff, weird pink glowing stuff, which apparently is fright foam. Uh, and he, this freaks him out, and he says, "Moons of Mars, fright foam. No, it can't be. Not on Earth." And there's a problem here, isn't it? Because fright foam is 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 a weird name for something. I I I don't know what we're talking about here. Are we talking about an excrescence from uh, that 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 is kind of left behind after a violent? incident are we talking about something that's been artificially generated are we talking about something that's synthetic are we talking about something that's naturally produced we, we don't know we don't have any frame of reference for it yet and it, it's really really weird and just a little bit confusing and fright foam if i'm being honest is kind of a lame name for something that's meant to be this terrifying uh, anyway, he's interrupted in his investigation by uh, Mead coming in, and we get a little bit of uh, of kind of consolidation of the plot, really, which is that obviously the, the parents are dead, Ashley's gone missing, uh, the place setting was for the iguana for some weird reason. Um, Mead says the place settings are a statement, not entirely sure what of. Uh, she says that with Ashley missing, they might have another murder on their hands. That's fine. Um, and they have to find this iguana. All of that, I can kind of see where we're going with that. Um, that's all fine. Um, and then we're back and then we're over on Mars. Okay. Uh, and there's, you know, th- there's a nice kind of, um, segue into this where she talks about, uh, we need to go back to this girl's high school where everyone treated me like I was from a different planet. This is Mead saying that. And then, of course, then we get uh, Mars. Now, there's a couple of things to say here. What Rosmo has chosen to done here, do here in, in terms of, uh, in terms of presenting Mars, uh, is he has, depicted Mars as a bustling cityscape that is uh, somewhat conventional in the sense that 
there are skyscrapers, there are flying ships, there are um, buildings made up of, of reasonably conventional geometrical shapes. The, the kind of weirdness, the alienness that you might expect from a Martian cityscape isn't quite there. Um, it is a bit. I mean, I mean, some of the buildings are kind of elegant and what have you and a bit curved. Uh, but then, you know, you can find buildings like that in modern architecture or with, you know, with modern architecture all around the world. Um, it just seems a little bit safe to me. Uh, it's a bit of an unusual thing to say about Riley Rossmo artwork. Um, it's all very kind of compact and uh, it feels restricted. Uh, and it feels imaginatively restricted as well. It's it's kind of yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not overly happy with it. I mean, you have got flying fish, large flying fish in the background, you know, floating over the city. That's all great. You, you've got the dialogue is to, it, the dialogue is is really where we lose the book, to be honest with you, because um, Orlando is trying. To convey Martian society in in little sound bites, uh, which is not a bad way of doing it, but all the sound bites are essentially kind of analogs for things that we experience on Earth. So the the notion of kind of something genuinely alien here is sort of lost, and what you end up with is a sense that this is this is almost exactly like a, a major Earth city, but with telepathy, with weird names, weird looking people, and the odd reference to some customs to do with shape changing and telepathy, and that's it. And I know that you, again, you're thinking, well, that, that's what you expect, Jeremy. You know, it, this is what the book is. Um, I, I don't know what I expected, but I expected something a little bit more ambitious than this, and this feels very uh, constricted. And then we find out that John John's is a police officer, more or less, and he's corrupt. Um, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Really, I, I kind of, it's bold, I suppose. It's, it's interesting, maybe. It's interesting if 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 Orlando does something interesting with it, uh, which he might do. At the moment, I don't like it. I, I, I think one of the things that we associate with... See, here's, here's, here's where I think we're heading with this. So I, I think we're heading to, for the the redemptive power of suffering, uh, which is fine. Uh, you can certainly argue that, although I, I would argue that it's not suffering itself that is redemptive, but um, but how people react to it and, and what they what what lessons they learn and what conclusions they draw from that suffering. Um, suffering in itself can easily beget more suffering. It, it's not intrinsically good or intrinsically bad. Uh, but I, but I, I think I think what we're kind of heading towards is is sort of John's loss of his of his wife and child, as loss of his planet is is what redeems him, what changes him. Um, if that's the case, that's uh, might be interesting, but it's not as interesting as I would like this comic to be. We'll just have to see. Uh, it's way too early for me to judge on that on that basis. So, so I'm not doing. Um, 
other than to say that this isn't really the John Johns that I want to see. But you know, we also get some gra- <laughs> get some great dialogue. This might be my <laughs> worst page of dialogue in the entire comic book. Um, John is beating up a uh, a gold flesh Martian who looks like a rotten and partially desiccated pumpkin. Um, he says, Bad sales mean your cut's down, you anus. Whenever a character calls somebody an anus, that's that's probably a point off on its own in my in my book. I, I just I think that's just terrible dialogue. And then he says, Or oh, do they not teach math at in, at institute any and then he gets choked out by uh by John, who starts beating him up. Says, Say that again, I'll paint the alley with your fright foam. Oh dear. You peddle cheap valor trances to white flesh who don't know any better. Your knockoff hallucinations might make them feel like heroes, but the Salazi war's over. They lost, and you gold flesh sat it out. The bosses and I are the only things protecting you from the manhunters. You want that to change? Uh, everything that's wrong with Steve Orlando dialogue is more or less on display there. A curious mix of sort of cheesiness, exoticism, uh, and extraordinarily flat tone, um, while at the same time hinting at broader, broader cultural information that the reader might want to know, uh, but the but the writer is not prepared to explain properly. Plus, it's just silly. Um, when we get to, they'd find you, sentence you, and freeze you in one shape like any other high fella, and I'd hate to see that happen. Think about it, Neil, and find my money. Um, the idea of, of freezing people, um, okay, in one shape, that's kind of interesting, I suppose. Um, and then the... the the creature says, listen, Johns, and I really mean this, you green flesh coward. I hope you're penetrated by Hronmir's holy hot fist. And I'm like, what? Sorry, what? Is this, is this, are we really having a fisting reference in, in a Martian Manhunter comic? Is, is that what we're doing? Why, why are we doing this? What's, what's, what's going on? What's going on? I, I, I'm like, I just, what? <laughs> I can't cope. I can't cope anymore. I've got I've got half an issue to look at yet, and I just can't deal with this anymore. This is just this is just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I hope you're penetrated by Hronmir's holy hot fist. Might just be the worst line of dialogue in a comic I have ever ever read. And there are there are plenty of um plenty. There's plenty of competition for that. But but that that's just that's just ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, even 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 the the order of holy and hot seems wrong to me. It should be hot holy, shouldn't it? Does it? Is his fist just hot? I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't cope. 
I need to turn the page. I'm going to turn the page. Oh, by the way, before I turn the page, there appears to be uh, pink uh, effluence spurting out of this poor, unfortunate, but probably quite unpleasant gold Martian. It looks like fright foam to me. So there's, there's your answer. Apparently, fright foam is uh, is involuntarily ejaculated. There you go. <laughs> Oh gosh, there we go. Oh God, help us! Ah, right. Start. Sorry, sorry about that. I'm really sorry about that. I don't. I don't need any of that. The suburbs of Gore, Greg. <laughs> the suburbs of Gore, Greg. I knew a man called Greg once. He's all right. He didn't go around goring people though. Um. I just, I can't. Uh, anyway, he goes home. It's nice. There's, uh, he's being told, he's being, he's being contacted by his boss. Um, and, uh, okay, whatever. There's a reference to a seduction dome. And he says, I don't do that. Uh, It's all just very, again, he's going for this noir kind of idea. Everything's seedy. Everything's horrible. It's all just, Hey, Florit. Uh, Florit is a reference, presumably, to his wife. Uh, isn't a Florit a sprig of broccoli? Is it? Is is that? Is that what it is? It's weird because the, what this, what his wife is preparing for him. She has extraordinary hips, by the way. These are the most amazing hips. That they're, they're they're massive, huge. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't really get into this. Just got back. Kim cooked most of this. Uh, the ward. Okay, Kim is the kind of is a kind of vestigial blob that's sort of floating around the room, and uh, she gives John a nice hug, and it's very. I, I will say this: there is some kind of te- genuine kind of tenderness there between John and and the kid. That's that's nice. I uh, just got back. Kim cooked most of this. The ward was exhausting, even for emergency branch. Another Hron Mir's curse, suicide attempt. Why worship a god whose only gift was our worst intolerance? Okay. If there was proof of a superphysical ignition plague, the health council would say so. Still, with how our minds and flesh are linked, enough malacandrons believing in it could make it real. Um, all of this is kind of heavy handed. Um, so Steve, what you're saying is that there is a, uh, a plague. You see, again, I think I can see where we're going here. Um, according to this, there is a plague that causes people to ignite. Uh, and if enough people believe in it, it could possibly become real, even though it isn't real. Okay. Hrongmir apparently was a god uh, who encourages people to commit suicide. Or or possibly not. I don't know. Uh, a god whose only gift was our worst intolerance is presumably a reference to uh, the the thing about skin colour. Uh, this is all very... This is, <laughs> this, this is all very... Uh, very on the money for Steve's social justice warrior Orlando, but okay, I guess I'll go with it. Uh, I, the reason I paused and, and kind of lost my way there is because uh, I just noticed that uh, 
essentially uh, Riley, and that's that's a big caveat word right there. But Riley Rossmo has drawn uh, the what's the word I'm looking for? He has drawn the profile uh, of a flaccid penis uh, halfway down uh, the page. Uh, masquerading as some kind of plant. So there we go. That's that's grand. Uh, whether he's done that deliberately or not, I don't know. And at this point, I don't really care. There's some interesting stuff about social shapes and uh, Martians adopting kind of a social shape. Um, and then we have sex. Uh, sorry, I say we. The, uh, John and his wife have sex. Um how to describe this page um i i don't know i don't, I don't know how to describe it you'd, you'd have to see it. It, it, it essentially the two of them become one kind of intertwined mass of gelatinous flesh and it's good for both of them so that's that's great i'm really pleased for them yeah uh, they climax together. Yay, that's good. Um, and then it turns out that they're melded not just physically, but also uh, they're also kind of uh, mentally melded as well. Um, John has a has a safe house where he keeps his memories that he doesn't want uh, his wife to see. And she points out that she has, she hasn't kept back the the, the issues with her work, um, and she works in a uh, in a hospital, and she sees some pretty terrible things as well. So, obviously, the whole kind of thing is is that John's keeping back the fact that he's on the take and all this kind of stuff. It's all very odd and strange. And then we're back to. Um, we're back to John and Mead in the car and they're talking about um, the they're talking about the case John thinks he sees uh, a, a Martian child wading through kind of some superimposed fiery landscape possibly fiery it's difficult to see whether it's meant to be Kim I don't know but it causes him to swerve off the road and they end up and this this bit is done really well they end up um crashed against a tree and it starts to the car starts to burn and Diane is having difficulty getting John to to get out of it and and we see already that his um you know his his kind of eyes have started to glow red. He's he's changing back into his Martian shape, and then uh, as the fire catches hold, um, he is sort of evidently kind of traumatized by this, and and we see him as John Johns in his John Johns kind of outfit, being sort of almost kind of flayed by the heat. It is a really kind of disturbing image. Um, I gave this five out of ten. There's there's a part of me that kind of thinks, well, actually, now that I've talked about it, I was probably a bit too too low. But no, I I, I can't I can't do this. I I I can't give it any more than this because 
because it, it it's doing too many things too wrong. It's um, the noir stuff is okay, but it's kind of safe. If you think about noir, there's a number of things to say about this. Noir you associate with kind of hard boiled narration. You experience, you associate with darkness and shadows and all that kind of stuff. And and we, we get a little bit of that, particularly at the end, and also a little bit at the beginning as well. And that, that's fine, but there's no kind of, there's no sense of of danger to really grab you at, at this point, or the, all that much of a sense of mystery. Um, the relationship between John and Diane is really promising, and I, I, I would say it's actually quite good. Um, but at the moment, it's just not enough to, to lift the book. And when we get to Mars, Mars is a bloody mess. It's an absolute mess. It's, it, right. It, when you're looking at Mars, okay, there's, there's a number of things that you can do with Mars. And there's a number of things that have been done in the past with Mars. Going right back to, and we've always always associated Mars with war and bloodshed, so that that's that's been a thing that's been in in human uh, you know human ideas for a long time. You go back to H.G. Wells. It, Mars is the is the kind of ultimate repository of the other. It's where the other comes from. In H.G. Wells, uh, he explicitly uses Mars uh, as a means of. As, an, as, a, as, a, as a as a kind of as the antagonist in his kind of anti-imperialist message, you know, which is which is you know he deliberately pits the the might of the British Empire um, against uh, a vastly superior foe, at least in part to kind of say, look, now you know how it feels to be I don't know living in uh, sort of India or whatever, um, and 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 you know he's he's kind of got a point. The, the the other thing that he does in in War of the Worlds is he makes he makes the uh, the final victors uh, over the Martians uh, you know microscopic germs and again there's a kind of there's a kind of irony there and it, there's there's a there's a humility there that says you know human beings are not all that great are they you know if if they have to be saved by germs. Um, then you get Bradbury, and I'm a big Bradbury fan. I, I, I love Ray Bradbury, and, and Ray Bradbury wrote a lot of stories set on Mars. Um, and they tend to be, uh, they tend to be stories about exploration. Uh, they tend to be stories about coming face to face with, again, with the other, with, with how we deal with that. Um, Bradbury's Martians more often than not are, are fragile. They are, they're decaying. Um, they're, they're sort of, uh, but they're dignified. Um, and for a long time, I, I suppose I thought that, that John Johns kind of fit into that mold. Somebody who was kind of essentially dignified, but dying, uh, dying as a race, I'm talking about, not necessarily as an individual, but, but dying as a race and aware that, that, that they were dying and, and kind of having that, that kind of, essential dignity in in the face of that uh and there's a lot of that in in bradbury's stuff as well this is this is an attempt to do mars as kind of a noir thing mars is a corrupt thing what's the point because you could do that quite easily anywhere else 
Um, to me, you, you're taking everything that is unique about the setting and about, or ever, not even unique, but everything that's important, everything that's associated with the setting, with the character, and you're you're kind of corrupting it. Uh, and I and I get why. I understand, or at least I think I do. I think I understand why. I think we're we're heading towards sort of redemption and what have you. But I'm not just talking about the the character, the Martian Manhunter. I'm talking about the whole world. That it's not it's not satisfying to me. And, and you could say, well, that's because you're expecting something else. And and you, you'd be right. You'd be right to say that. And, and and at the end of the day, you can only kind of, you know, you can only review sort of what's in front of you and, and you should try not to come with preconceptions. But let's be clear about this. The Martian Manhunter is, a, is an accepted character in comics, has been around for a long, long time, was a founder member of the Justice League back in the 1960s. Um he has a character it's already established and you're messing about with it now if you're messing about with it to give us something better or to give us something different or to give us something new uh and interesting and thought-provoking but that's good that's fine but um but th- there's very little uh evidence of that so far in this book and i think what we're left with is something um something deeply unsatisfying really and and you know um art is part of that rosmo's art is grubby it's 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 messy it's um it's not clean it's it's kind of i don't know i don't know it's it's not sharp enough it's not the attempts at being alien are just i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say uh okay anyway um five out of ten is what i gave it uh so yeah two fu5s for orlando this week uh it's again i keep on coming back to this orlando is a great ideas man but his execution is is generally terrible and that's certainly been the case this week um so anyway there you go uh two five out of tens uh for me for a martian manhunter and the unexpected uh, I hope you have a great week. I, I really do. Uh, there are some great comic books out there. Uh, Orlando hasn't written any of them. Um, but apart from that, uh, there are some good ones out there. I'm enjoying Green Lantern. I'm enjoying Hawkman. Um, ooh, what else am I enjoying? I'm enjoying quite a few things. I, I'm enjoying Deathstroke, actually, in Arkham. Oh, yeah, that's that's very good. Um, all right. Anyway, that's enough for me. I will see you later. Uh, you take care. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at DoorJeremy is the place to do it. If you want to check out my WordPress blog, uh, com is the place to do that. In the meantime, thanks again for listening uh, and for letting me try and sort of work out my issues with these comic books. I do appreciate your patience. You take care and have a great week. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome to Flash Reviews and I'm going to talk about one book this week, one book that I liked and it's Border Town number four, written by Eric M. Escoval, uh, art by Ramon Villalobos and Tamra Bonvillon. And this issue, there's a lot of character moments. The first half of the issue is pretty much the, well, actually not the first half, I would say the first quarter is a kind of a character 
deal with Julieta. And Julieta, it's been known she is an undocumented daughter of two illegal aliens, two Mexican uh, mom and dad who came over the border uh, and ended up wanting to come over to have a better life for her daughter. But because of that, she is undocumented. And this is what it deals with. But it deals with the idea that we've had Julieta all through this this series so far, obviously. And she's kind of a tough girl, kind of doesn't want to get close to anyone. And she's mentioned the idea of her parents not having documents and things like that. But here we see the ramifications of a little girl who's just growing up and she's in school. She's really enjoying things. She ends up being part of the chess club, the school newspaper, the basketball team. And what ends up happening is she is, has to go to the library to use the Wi-Fi at the library to do homework. So she gets there, she gets mad. Oh, I need a library card. Okay. Goes up to the desk. Like, Oh, I need a, I want to get a library card. And like, okay, let's sign up. All I need is photo ID proof of Arrowhead County residents and and she's like government paperwork is not a friend to the undocumented american and this is not pushed in any sort of way of good bad and different this is her situation and you see that this little girl who you know she is involved in a lot of things she seems very smart she ends up just going there and quitting everything that she's done because she goes home and says to her parents, you know, I need some signatures. I need to get uh, stuff. She even wants to get a, you know, work. She So she's like, I want my social security number. And you have, you know, the mom and dad look at each other. And there's a really good moment in here where they say, she says, you know, most parents referencing the talk is about, say, Santa, about sex, no, with her and, you know, undocumented deal, the talk is about how you can't really go, you know, you have to avoid things and things like that. You don't have a social security number because we're undocumented and she ends up quitting all the things she's involved with. But because of that, she leaves school and she's well, not leave school. She leaves school for the day. She's walking home and Amy, another character from the book, sees her and says, hey, what's going on? Uh, you want to hang out and they become friends. So quickly here you get a deal where you see Julietta's situation, also see her and Amy become friends. It goes off to a school safety rally with Sheriff Arnie Hernandez, which we've seen not a very good guy. Uh, he's pretty much rallying the troops that the the border, the Mexican border has to remain and it's a battlefield and we have to fight and all these things. But in this, you you know that Julieta herself is there. They're kind of talking, the group of kids that we had before, Frank and stuff, and Amy. And she, they're there talking. But in the meantime, you can also think that a lot of people in the crowd are also some undocumented, uh, you know, kids. But, you know, some of them don't care. Some are all getting riled up. But we then go and see a little of Arnie Hernandez's background of how he's kind of tricked people into revealing that they're undocumented and going. And also in the roundabout way, you learn that he is kind of the parent. He's a son of some immigrants and things like that. So it's like a weird deal that Julieta even is like, why would he do this? But then we go back to Amy, who's hanging out at the Chupacabra deal with the old lady from before. And we get a little background. She's been reading books and we get some background of things we kind of knew already, that the Mexican border is a border also, a mystical border between hell and earth. It's actually the Aztec 
hell of Miklon. She tells him that. And basically, Juliet is like, OK, let's go. Let's kick this God of the Borders, you know, butt. So they head off because the whole thing is their little chupacabra has escaped. And we know that before from the other issues that the God of Borders also was after, kind of set out a bounty on the chupacabra. So they go off to the the wall, the, the fence that is the border while Blake is already there. And Blake was the bully that got in the fight with Frank before. And they ended up, you know, that's where Julieta got his gun, things like that from before. He's there and he's there uh, with this demon lady and they're opening up the border, the actual border to hell. And the God of Borders comes through and that's where Julieta is there and shoots him, shoots him right in the head and kills him, it seems. And so the border has been broken down. Basically, the border is open. There is no gatekeeper and out come tons of demons. And they, you know, they all come out. Some of them look like like garbage pail kids. They're all coming out screaming and yelling. In the meantime, the sheriff shows up. Sheriff Arnie shows up with his guys and basically said, this is what we've been waiting for. It's a full-blown Mexican invasion. And as we saw at points, these demons that have come out in the book, they have been seen as people. Uh, they are obviously not paid. These are demons, but they are coming over. The sheriff's yelling that it's a Mexican invasion. So there's going to be a lot of, of stuff going on with that. Pretty much a full blown out war, it would seem. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, I liked it. I really liked the art again. I like this issue a little more than what we have been getting since the issue number one, even that I think that this is something that you should check out. If you want something that's like a story that's kind of about how hate can lead to people being demons, but also with demons being involved, then and then it's for you. It's, it is a little more political than what I usually like. Uh, but the, I don't think it's pushed as much as it could have been. I think that it's actually uh, played out very well. And I really, really like the characters. So I would suggest a reading this. I would actually give it about an 8 to an 8.5 if I was rating it. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Uh, that is Border Town number four. But that's it for the Flash reviews. I was talking, I think next week when I do this, there's a bunch of uh, books that we have next week that we won't be talking about on the podcast including, uh, let me see, I was actually bringing it up and I brought up the wrong thing. Of course, I, I, I am not prepared. I always lead myself down a weird yeah, path at the end of these things. Uh, next week, one of the things that I want to talk about is a Vertigo book, Goddess Mode, number one that comes out. And I'll always try to grab the number ones, uh, but also Sideways number 11. I'll probably be involved in next week's Flash reviews, but I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you at least check out Border Town, even if it is the first issue. Check it out, see if it's for you. But we're going to go back to finish up the podcast. Hey there, we're back. What happened to this podcast? 
<laughs> that it fits. We have one last book, and it takes place in Arkham Asylum. I saw them like that. It's a pretty Does good time. Are you sure of that? I don't know. <laughs> I do know that I love Britney, though. You better watch it. You watch Who yourself. Who doesn't love Britney? Uh, everybody should. Everybody should. I said the other day, I had a clickbait that said, look That's at Britney Styles through the, the years. And it was like this. I swear to God, it was 250 things that I had to click on. I clicked on every one, reading the little things about them. Like, Pants oh, down. Brittany. Oh, Britney, you went off the deep end there. Oh, my. Yeah, I was going. I'm like, oh, the Fetter line, get him out of here. Out of town with him. But yeah, I was I was enjoying it until I got so I got sad when they showed the picture of her hitting that car with the umbrella. <laughs> like, oh, oh, Brittany, you came back though. She did. She came Hard. back strong. Eric came back strong. We have one more book for the night, and this is a weird ending section with one book. I said to you before we started recording, is this just one book? And you said it damn well better be because you didn't read anything. <laughs> I hope so. Look at it. Look at who's against reading now. Oh, just, Eric Shea. I'm not against it. I just didn't know we had anything else, which we don't, thankfully. There it is. She's calmed down. <laughs> but to She's everybody else, young. you said that's going to be fine for them. I know, but I'm just doing it for you. That's the secret of the podcast. Just do it for your co-host. I like turtles. I like them so as well. You get so angry at me all the time. I, you want to yeah, hit me. That's what happens. I, I, and it's the end of the week. That's the other thing. I sat there last night. We got done recording a bunch yeah. of things. We did Reggie's books. We did the second section. I was not in a very good mood. I don't well, know if you tell. realize that by the end. And I'm sitting there. I'm like... Everybody else like looks forward to the weekend about <laughs> how they can working relax. for the weekend. I've heard. I'm like, we are working on the weekend. The, the worry, real work starts. Uh, I, there's no rest for the weary. Is as they say, the wicked. Not wicked. What are you talking? I don't know. You, you shut cheated your everything. Mouth. What are you, you talking about? Shut your stupid mouth. Oh. Is what I say. Hey, hey, listen to me. Go to heck. Go to H-E double hockey sticks. You <laughs> Your bad jerk. persona is not really working for me here. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't want to curse anymore. They said that I was trying to Come be on, a bad guy. What are you going to do? Hey there. Don't you make me be a bad butt. Tool. Yeah. Tool indeed. Uh, tool. Uh, hey, hey there, you screwdriver. How pretentious of good? you. You're so stuck uh, up. I am. I was called pretentious and stuck up on the site just because I happen to say that anybody who gives 10 out of 10s every week is a hack. Hold on. Hold you on. know. Hold I, on. Oh, I got scared for a second. I thought Pete was about to rush to your rescue here. Damn right he was. <laughs> if I am anything, it's Nate. <laughs> oh, Pete. Oh. <laughs> That's for you, Pete. I'm sad that you. I I forgot to tell you, you got in a car accident today. Oh my god! Thank you, thank you for bringing that up, Eric. I've been trying to put on a brave face. Yeah, my my one uh, true defender is down. You thought the defenders were actually including Namor, Hulk? No, no, no. It's Pete. We're here with this one last book. I'm not stuck up, Eric. If I'm anything, you know, I'm a lot of things. Yeah, Yeah, jerk off. Cheater, mm-hmm. lover. Oh. <laughs> lover. I, I often think uh, sometimes where you do these podcasts, we do not edit much out. No. Way, even though Jess does. Edit that out. So there are a lot of times that we talk about things during the week, and there are some really good things that don't <laughs> – we end up burning out from that, the true. jokes and don't bring it on the podcast. Well, we so just that forget. Gets, but – 
There are, yeah, there are other times. I mean, I had a whole thing tonight that I was going through step by step plans of how I was going to be future douchebag Jim that comes back and tells you <laughs> that your 9.5 on Doomsday Clock was setting things in motion to destroy the world. This was a whole thing I was going to do. Didn't feel right. No. Once we start talking about it, it feels too rehearsed and we don't do it. But there are often times like at this moment now where we are almost done, you know, and we've been recording for hours tonight. But with us almost being done, I get a little giddy and I start having some fun. And then I get sad with myself like, why did I have fun the rest of the time? Seriously, People are listening now. We're about to talk about a book that I really didn't like. No. But boy, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, Eric. And then by the end, it almost feels like I did not give the fans you didn't give the show that I wish they got. And then this is what leads us to go to work. And on Monday, pretty much most Mondays, lamenting that the podcast has really hit the skits that we sit there like, yeah, yeah, we just don't have it anymore. We're done. I and never then people, said that. What are you talking man, about? I really like that. I really like that. And we, anytime we think that we had the worst show ever, it, it, nothing That's said. That's really then, people. Then we have what we claim in our minds, our little pretentious minds, comedy gold. Oh, this is going to be great. Oh, man. Wait Everyone's going to love this. Not one comment. Not no. one comment about that stuff, Eric. We, we have, I guess we have a different sense of humor than most. Maybe I should trust get up the and process, tweak. Jim. Maybe I should tweak a little right now. Just There's trust no the process. There are no limitations. I, I mentioned on the Patreon news show, I did uh, reveal my uh, persona, Dab Dad, that I do here at <sighs> home. But that, that's more. That's more visual. You've seen Dab Dad. You, <laughs> you like look like it. space pants. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like space pants. Oh, dab dad. Everybody loves dab dad. They all and call space for pants. it. Now, well, one, uh, I did hear some screaming earlier. I don't think it bled through to the podcast. We were just getting done no, one no, of the it mails. Did. And it my did. kids started screaming because Rafe uh, blocked up the toilet with so much crap that he needed everybody to go look. And it became a goddamn fiasco out there, which led to me then plunging the toilet, which seems to be my in-between segments job most of the time. Well, why plunging can't they do it a themselves? toilet. This was plugged up so much that the plunger didn't even work just that. I had to go get this big pot, fill it up with water, and dump it down. It's it's because we have too many kids in this house. We gotta weed them out. We gotta get rid of the the you know some okay, of these things going on. Are we talking about this like get them graduated out of the house? Tell you're me. killing. What are we doing? No, no, no. We're we're talking like a deadly class type thing where it's gonna be like a, a survivor. We're gonna have to do oh, survival the of games. the fittest. It's gonna be the Hunger Games. I'm hungry right now, and I ain't playing no games. That's my Hunger Games. Is that what is Hunger Games? I about think that was essentially it. Is Hunger Games about going to the drive-thru at 3 a.m. because you're starving? Is that what Hunger Games is about? I've never seen those movies, actually. I, I haven't, haven't seen, seen any a lot of movies. It doesn't shock anybody. It doesn't. That's not a shocker no. that I didn't see those. How about if I didn't see that, but I did see the Mortal Instruments movies? Would, would that would that be a all shocker? Right, now, I'm telling you, I don't even know what those are. So maybe it doesn't shock me at all because I have no I idea what that is. That. I didn't see that either. And I think uh, I know that that's something, but I'm not sure if I'm not making that up, Eric. I <laughs> don't know, know right now. I have no idea. Uh, see? Giddy. Giddy, Eric. We're almost done. Almost done. We have now one last book. What is it, Eric Shea? Deathstroke number 38, written by Christopher Priest with art by Fernando Pastrin, Jason Paz, Jeremy Cox, and sweet Willie Schubert. 
Slade Wilson is raving like a loon about fighting aliens on other planets, while in reality, he looks like he's just been drooling like a madman in Arkham Asylum cell, while Two-Face is out and about and talk, uh, taking on the Deathstroke persona. Who knows what Harvey Dent's plans are and if any of this is real, because goddamn Christopher Priest is keeping pretty much all of the answers to himself at this point. Did you hear at one point the ding things kind of <laughs> kind of went lame? I just kind of try to ignore you most of the time. That's what I was doing with your blurb. I heard yeah. Christopher Priest. He on this book? Is that sure. Yeah, yeah, I know. I listen to your blurb. I the the problem with this book is we were uh, we started off being so kind excited. of detractors. We and then all of a sudden we it, it clicked. It really clicked in our mind. It's gone past about ten issues of clicking now. I, I really am not enjoying reading this. It's that Deathstroke uh, versus Batman that did it. Yeah, and and since then, it almost seems like he is trying to – it's like a parody of his own work in my mind. Like he's throwing out mysteries just because that's what well, the that's book the magic was about. Trip, it's almost like the comedy yeah. kind of thing we talk about. David Teller, he's doing the same bit now. Every yeah, now yeah. and again, it's, it's he'll kite update man. it. He'll update it for yeah. the thing. Like you know, instead of like the Dixie Chicks, now it's the instead Spice Girls. Instead of the Dixie like Chicks, and yeah, now Spice we're doing the same stuff with Slade, but in different ways. It seems like yeah. to that degree. And and so let's confuse people in a different way. I mean, we're at we're at issue thirty eight now. We did have that big thing where the the Batman did that that did, but still, with this book, I just want a story, and it's become the story itself is just the convoluted nature of it, and I'm not getting much from it. Anything that we get is let's get one bit of information, but we have to throw out seventeen. It's almost like he has a checklist of confusing items that he's throwing out, and he never can go below three. Yeah. So he has to add more. It's just not well, telling just a good to story a to me anymore. in nature to tell the story. Now, while I'll yeah, tell you, I and, do and, love the character Dev and the whole death mask persona oh, he's putting on. I love the death part. He's, See, that's the new thing. Exactly, and, and that's and the if, highlight if, of this issue. But and Deathstroke here's where himself, I'll tell you, yeah. there's not a lot of Deathstroke yeah. going on here. He's just kind of sitting there and going over the same stuff that we learned last issue, and maybe and even, even the issue you, before that. Yeah, even if you just had, if you had, you know, Deathstroke doing what he's doing and Dev. I I might be more on board, but the fact that we're still dealing with Rose slash Willow, Willow. we're still getting mentions of Etienne's murder. We're still getting (laughs) Joseph and stuff with, you know, Dr. Icon, the Icon suit. And it's too much. And when you're getting this, I don't need that stuff. I'm, I'm done with that stuff. And we should be done with that stuff, but he just never ends it. So you add Dev which is hilarious. Love it Dev. is hilarious. And if you just had a story where, you know, he he's telling this long, it's obvious. Every issue has C issue 12, C issue 5, C issue 23. See, there are so many editor's notes to go back to issues that it's obvious that it's a long form story. Right. If we could have had that clean break after the Batman deal where we did have Deathstroke going off to Arkham to figure out if he the wintergreen AI, you have that. But then you introduce Dev and it's all about this idea of them fighting an intergalactic <laughs> war and if it's real, if it's not – Possibly then the leading, maybe even this leading back to uh, Power Girl coming back. You know, you can have a lot of tie-ins and, you know, the get Tana those Spears loose Power ends. Girl. Yes. Yeah. Get those loose ends solved. But it's the loose ends of what I, I don't know about you or people listening, if they even care about this book, because this was a book that a lot of people used to talk about in the Slack chat yeah. and would message me. Eh, that line's gone dead. Nobody seems to care. I really, it's got really a little don't, bit too convoluted. It's I don't going care on a about Willow. Long in this I long don't form care story. about Rose well, being possessed. I, I don't th- care. I thought that was a cool aspect, especially for all the twists and turns we're it's taking on. The, the sword that she has that can go through the icon armor's gravity sheath kind of thing, how it was from the 
the future, then put back in time, and yeah. then we found an it, it went on so long, but I'm telling you, the twists and turns at first I thought were interesting. And yeah, now the, we have Two Face continuing yeah. this wraparound idea where, you know, he's a martial arts master. He was trained by Deathstroke and Batman. Jim, like, yeah. the Two Face yeah. I know. And now you could take on Rose yeah. Wilson and you're trying to get to the bottom of this possession of Willow or whatever it is. I'm like, on top of that, and, yeah. having a VR world set up that you don't know what is and what isn't. Yeah, and I, I'm like, yeah, you're just yeah. adding so much and shit even on top that, of this you pile. Know, you see Deathstroke and, and uh, Two Face in Arkham. Now right. he's in Minneapolis. Then he's in the, you know, in Asia, it doesn't really fit. But with that, like what too, is what isn't real? That's what you're always asking. Yeah, Every and, page and you turn. so, and it just it isn't playing well for me. I do like the idea. One little thing that I do like is when uh, Two Face is talking to Rose and saying, "You know what? I want to kill you because that would help and hurt Deathstroke." And exactly. what? Well, you know, it's the duality of it, and I like how it ties in with that. Deathstroke only cares about like the kids. Caring about the kids is one of his it's downfalls. Kids. But he also loves the kids, so that's one of his strengths. So it is a duality of that. But I don't care about this Willow anymore. I just want Rose and Jericho, Deathstroke. I want to have a book. We we had the thing going with well, the Even the thing with squad. the nun that she was going for, yeah. I don't know if that yeah, was ever resolved yeah. or if we're even doing that still. Yeah, I, I don't know either. And so when we had that Stroke Squad, it actually had oh, the, the idea where you really Those had – were the days. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, yeah, because you had a story that really that made, made sense, sense yeah. and you could you could at least. So, what you need in this book, in my mind, it's straightforward is we got. to have somewhere where you can get your balance, somewhere where you can dig your feet in, and you have the weird stuff around it. Now it's just weird stuff. Like you said, you don't even know if what Deathstroke it, it started out with, oh man, he's crazy. He's not really seeing or hearing yeah. the AI. The but then you AI, yeah. introduce a VR world, you introduce uh Deathstroke that's saying we are uh, two face, I mean that's saying weird things. I don't have well, no, anywhere that I that. can grab on. You have the idea that he's crazy because he's seeing the VR uh, the AI, you know, of Wintergreen. Then you have the yeah. VR, then you have like, you know, outer space fighting aliens where the Zeta yeah. beams and Polarians. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. There's nowhere to get your grounded part and then you of have your story who's part of the vr therapy who we actually saw in a uh you know a cell before when this whole series first started this arc and then you also have him in northern vietnam where he has put on the two-faced yeah. persona yeah. before and like there's like 14 then, goddamn two-faces I mean, even as far as i'm concerned like- now you have Dev, who's there with Hussan, but when he's talked about in the Arkham, nobody knows who he is. So you well, don't that's know. that's one thing like, that I have to go with, you know, Dr. Candace Evans, who is, you know, Deathstroke's doctor inside Arkham. It does appear that she is not on the up and up by the end of the no, issue. So maybe she's just saying, no. like, oh, I don't know who Dev is. But and the even with the is, thing, it's, yeah, what's well, that? Well, they're saying they're really pushing the idea. When you start this arc, we're at day 22 of Deathstroke being an Arkham. We're only at day 23 by this issue. And the whole thing yeah. is like, oh, I was I was fighting aliens for two the weeks. Zeta beam, start, says, exactly. Yeah. They tried to go the whole Zeta Beam route of saying this is how so you know you go to the Christopher Priest, how reality works with science kind of thing. But even yeah. that, I can't say that the Zeta Beam will allow you to be someplace for two weeks and then make you come back like an hour after you left or even less time kind yeah, of thing. He said like a second. Like he, exactly that's a second. What, that's how and Deathstroke like, is I don't trying know that's how to Zeta make work. It, well that's how he's trying to make it work in his mind. Like He's saying, I'm telling you, I was like, gone for I, weeks. I've seen I Adam Strange this. go and do stuff for a while and not be at Earth. I know. But again, this is, in my mind, this is just Deathstroke trying to say. He's like, well, it has to be that then. I don't think he knows exactly how a Zeta Bean may or may not work. He's trying to well, make it, it work like in he his does. mind. He knows well, all I'm saying, shit. though, people are saying you, you weren't gone. 
And he he says, well, it must have something to do with the Zeta beam. Like I was gone. Maybe it was that uh, it only a second went by and you just don't know. Yeah, faster than uh, light travel, we'll whatnot. But even that, I don't even think that in the roundabout deal, I still think that that didn't happen. I think that that was a VR thing that they're messing with. Whatever's going on, well, they Devin must be trying to knows he's out and about in his new death mask persona, going to Husan. The yeah, but how to did he out. get out? I don't I, even know how he got out. And and with all that, with Deathstroke not getting out, he's out. You have Toothface and Vietnam. I I don't know what's going on. Well, even to the point where you when, have. Oh, you know, Deathstroke fighting off the guards because he's all, you know, mm. insane and crazy. And then the guards seem to have robotic voices. There's something weird about their mm. letterboxes on what they're saying. Like, you I know, just thought it was because they have helmets on. Maybe. And it's I don't know. I, actually, I, I just thought it was odd, though. I'm like, well, is this trying to be a clue for something? I don't know. Yeah, I, I just don't think know. That, that was because they have like motorcycle helmets on and, and it's right that they're helmets. using comms. Hold them. And while they're doing that, they even spell out like, look, you don't have any of your powers. We're suppressing those. He's getting the crap kicked Which out I'm of him. Which I'm fine with. That makes sense Hussan to me. then admits that he possibly could have been the guy who was doing the Wintergreen AI and was screwing Gas with Deathstroke. the whole time, yeah. All right, yeah. Yeah. So that that's crazy. Uh, but really, by the end, I'm just – my head's spinning, and I just can't even grip anything. And by the end, the problem is before, I was intrigued to see what happened. Me too. I really don't care anymore. It's getting I really a have lost convoluted interest in this. for me and like even more convoluted than it usually is. I'm like, he's going over the top with his convolutedness yeah. at this point. And I'm like, even the whole thing where you're going to explain – why it's Two Face, who then you know ended up you know hijacking the plane, kicking you know Joe, uh, Jericho's ass, and even Wintergreen, and stealing the planes to go to Northern Vietnam with Rose while wow. he was in the death show. Like, oh, we should have known because of the whole thing where it's like spelled out to be two two two. Like, you know, AM was this hit squad where they were trying to protect that woman in jail, wow. and it's because we didn't know because of the time zone difference. So it was too. I'm like, yeah. I don't care about yeah. any of I that. I don't either. I don't either. And then an old lady goes up to Destro. Here, have a flower. You're one of us. And then everybody zombies out. One of us picks him up. He Good does a little crowd surfing over to where all the villains in Arkham are now posing off. I mean, really, they're like, Look, he's coming. He's coming. Everybody PM get in your pose. pose off. <laughs> get in your pose. Wait, son, Bundy, get in the back, you idiot. You're tall. Get in the back. All right. Can I put my arms in the air? Of course you can. You Wait, can. Two Face, put your coin up so we see. <laughs> Hey, hey uh, you know, Mr. Freeze, get your freeze gun. Here it is. Cut, locked and loaded, baby. So ridiculous at the end. Saz <laughs> as even asked, like, hey, can I cook, put some fresh slashes in my head? I just Whatever. Like to can do I, whatever can I you want. Can I in pain because of all the fucking yes. cuts I have on yes. me? Sure can thing, I do Saz. that? Yeah, you can do that. That's hey, all he looks hey. like to me. Like, oh, God, yeah. my body hurts. Hey, uh, what are you doing? I, you know, there, there's uh, Scarecrow. Can I g- stick out my tongue at him? It doesn't really matter. You have a mask. We can't see it. All right. I'm sticking my tongue out, by the way. And all in all, it looks like Dr. Hugo Strange is the person yeah, who's he's behind, behind all it. of what and, I'm saying. I say behind this. Even, I don't even know what we're doing. Yeah, it doesn't even interest me at this point. This should be a cliffhanger that you're like, oh, man, this is a oh, hey, my. Uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, opposite sides. Come on now. Bane's a you know in the, the basement. routine. We do this every every week. We do this. Yeah, they're just sitting there. And he, you know, and then you have the the big joke. Next, Doctor Strange. Come on, you knew we had to say it. You know what? Yeah. No nothing. You know what? You, I don't have to do is read your stupid book because this book is too convoluted. It for is its own and it good could anymore. be good though. I'm telling you there's aspects to this I still do care about because 
I like the Deathstroke book. I've been in it for the long haul at this point. Once I got on board, I don't want to get off the board because we're essentially still getting the same kind of story that we off always were. Board. I'm off the board. They, they just came, off threw me out and said, I no ticket. It's <laughs> what they just said. And Are as I, I'm telling you, as they threw me out, thank you. That's what I yelled. That's how I fell to my death. Thank you. I don't want any parts of it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, this would be the issue. And I'm I'm right along with you, though. That we've been there since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I it took a little been bit to get little, on board. I don't want to get I was off now that this. I understand what we're doing. It's just yeah. this arc by itself is a little bit too much oh, I'm of telling the you though, priestiness. Where, where I was getting at, before you interrupted me, Sorry, no my ticket. My bad. My bad. I, I, uh, the Batman Thank arc, you. I would have been <laughs> I would have been a little annoyed <laughs> yeah. with the Batman arc because I would have been like, oh, man, you know what? You're trying to get other people into this book. Yeah. I've been in all along. Why are you screwing with me? I would have dropped it, this issue. This would have been the last issue that I read. I would have dropped it and then just waited. And if somebody told me it picked up, I would have gotten in and trade. I might wait till uh, the I end just, of this arc if I was this. out there buying it every I month. I think, well, I think the end of this arc is the end of this story. I think that this book is not series? long for the world. Yeah, I think the series is going to be ending soon. I don't think they'll continue without Chris or Chris. He just se- he just seems bored with this yeah. and just throwing stuff out there. It really doesn't seem as clever as it once was. The reveals to the mysteries don't even seem right at points. Well, I mean, that's this the thing. It's the reveals before. to mysteries that I don't even understand like what they're supposed to mean at this point because of the VRness of everything. Yeah, and the whole idea that he's crazy Thank fucking Satas and Pularians. Yeah, I don't know what the reality that I'm based fun. off is. That's fun, but if you you need to set more space for that so that you can actually have fun with that instead of just kind of thrown on top of seven other things and then you know just the idea of dev and deathstroke fighting this intergalactic war (laughs) while they're trying to make them and and really if it's going on and to me the best part of this would be if that zeta beam did work like that so when deathstroke would end up you know and that all of a sudden now this night he gets zapped away again and you go and see it we didn't see it i want to see it and then when he comes back they're like, no, I just came in. I, I mean, I was just in here. Well, two even seconds the idea ago. too. What we get out of Destro here, he, he's all drugged up, doesn't know what to do, but he still is like, I got to shut down the transponder because the Pulorians are coming yeah. to invade Earth. We have to stop them. Like that's hilarious. Yeah. That, that would be hilarious if that's what all you were playing at, because then you'd be like, then the big mystery and the only mystery throughout the whole thing is he insane? Exactly. And what we saw is in his head and things like that. But you introduce too many other things, it gets convoluted. Now I think that what is happening is in Batman, Bane is using Zeta beams, Eric. He's Zeta beaming to this uh, underground thing, it. and then he goes back right away, and nobody knows. How but what yeah, a burn I, baby. I interest. Yeah, really. What a burn Baney. What do you give this? I love the art in this issue still, and I have my problems with it, but I am interested to find out what it is. It's just not giving me enough of what I want right now, and it's just reiterating a lot of the stuff that I already know that seems odd, but I gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 5.5. I do like the art. I just, I'm done. I, I really am and, not And Two-Face, while this. it doesn't feel like the Two-Face that I know and love, he looks gross and awesome in this. I yeah, just love yeah. the art oh, yeah, that depicts yeah. him here. I mean, when he's standing there in Vietnam, it looks great. <laughs> uh, but this used to be a book where once we, it clicked with us, I was excited to talk to you about on the podcast. Yeah, me too. Because we kind of, you know, Let's you thought this. one thing, yeah. I thought another. We're trying to, you know, figure that stuff Let's out. chase down now the leads, you and me. Now it's just the book at the end of a podcast. Wheels in the leg man right here. With. Yeah, really. 
I'm the leg man. But yeah, right. by the end like of here, I just, it's like, let's just get it done. And there's a lot of books like this now. And I, I told you, we're going to start trimming the fat. And I'm not saying that I'm kicking you off the podcast. So calm down, fatty. Fatty. <laughs> just calm down. Calm, cool your jets. We're not doing that. But yeah, I, I would like Thank to, you. you know, I would like, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm kicking you off the podcast. God, how dare I give you a weekend that you can do whatever you want? Oh, my, the nerve of me. Yeah, I, I just, I'd rather have sections like the first section of the podcast than the middle section, Reggie's, every other amazing. section. Every other section Imagine of the last that was every months. week. I'd be happy. And really, I'd be happy because it's not just pretending because really, I would love it if we decided, listen, I say to you, we're going to fake the funk. We always say that we're not. We built up enough of a, you know, a legit people think we're legit. We're going to start faking the funk. We do the podcast where we say everything's great. And then at the end, we turn off the mic and both of us have one tear going down our cheek because <laughs> we know that we hated it. No, no, no. It'd I'm going to do worst. that. And at the end, before see you and stuff, it's like, all right, everybody. Psych. See you in seven. <laughs> that, that would it be a funny thing if I said right now, hey, for for uh, April Fools, we'll end up pretending we like every book, but then in the meantime, DC screws us by putting out books we love. And oh, no. now, what do we do? What do oh, we no. do? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. What is your book of the week? My book of the week this week is Doomsday Clock Number Eight. I love that issue, and I can't wait for the more. Yeah, mine's Nightwing is what it is. That's the book. I didn't get mad at that, right? I have a dual book of the week. It is both Doomsday Clock and Shazam, obviously both Jeff Johns books. This actually gives me a lot of hope. It it actually gives me like that whole deal because we've been down a little on Jeff Johns and seeing him hit these. Back in action. I I remember how great he was. I I wish he was doing more and I wish that he was the one that it seemed that DC was putting all their eggs in the basket for, even though I'm not allowed to say that. It's all berries the in a berries. basket. Come on. Berries Get in the woke, basket. Jim. I can bring home the bacon to Dan. What bagels. are we supposed to bring home? Bring home the bagels. I can bring home the bagels to Dan. That sounds a little, you know, that doesn't sound right either. You're taking it a weird place now. I I uh, I don't eat anything gluten. So there, I can't have bagels. I've looked at so you. How That's not you. true. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> you looked at me. The, the last time you looked at me, you, you were licking your lips is what you were doing, saying, I was I hungry, goddammit. I want some hand. of that. No, I did not. Here are the books we're going to talk about next week. Batman Annual number three with Tom Taylor. It's a Tom Taylor book through and through. Batman Dam number two, that's coming out. I have no idea that I'm going to review it or it's and it's talk about it because I don't know if I want to deal with it. Detective Comics number 994. No, bang, and bang, really, no, I say to you uh, earlier, it's our podcast. We kind of can decide what we talk about, right? I know, like, but you're flip-flopper. We're in control. Are we in control? I'm not a flip-flopper. I'm a man of the people. <laughs> Every time I say we're not going to talk about Batman Dam. You tell me one thing. You tell people others. All it takes is one person to say, I hope you're talking Batman Dam. I'm like, that one person now took Flip-flop. a half hour out of our lives because we're going to have to talk about it. That's all it takes. Electric Warriors number two. That will be part of the Orlando Zone. Jeremy hey, Jim, can we talk that. about that? No, we can't because Jeremy's doing that. Why can't we talk about it too? You do not count at one bit in my mind. (laughs) I know. Uh, There is a book that I want to point out that we will not be talking about. I will be doing a flash review of it though. And I'm going to try to do it on the site because I was kind of interested in it. It's goddess mode. Oh, yeah. I made fun of it when I first heard about it with trying to find God's cheat code. 
but I'm, I'm actually interested in it for some odd way. I actually think of it as maybe this will be a Steve Orlando type book done well. So basically, not a Steve how Orlando. Un- how book. unexpected! He's he's not on it. It's somebody else. But I'm I'm actually very curious about it. We have Hawkman number seven. We have House of Whispers number four that Reggie and Chris will be talking about. Justice League Dark, huh? My old nemesis. Good book. Je- reading. Justice League Dark number six. I will tell you that I have opened that one up. I have looked at it, and there are words in that book, Eric. There's a lot of yakety yak, but maybe it'll be better. Uh, New talent. Everybody else loves it, so what does it matter if it's better? New talent showcase, 2018. Number one. Reggie's going to review it on the site, and I have a very, uh, you know, odd <laughs> feeling that me and Reggie are going to talk about it alone <laughs> on the podcast. Eric, though, if I do that, you, you're not going to talk new talent showcase, right? No, I don't think that's so. That's not your thing. That's not, that's really not your thing. bag. You no. say, and if you well, say if you're going to do it, I'm not going to object. Okay. Well, that's why we're going to make a little deal because since you're not going to talk about new talent showcase, I am going to ask you to do a singular review. You don't do that often. Just you doing a review by yourself for size. Sasquatch Detective. You, you know the best about Sasquatch Detective? I, I can't is say it, that I'm a giver, so I don't know if you're going to be getting this. Um, do, do you do you think it's – what's more funny, that there's a Sasquatch Detective special number one or that it's 70 pages long? Oh, Which makes you. you laugh more? <laughs> <laughs> Which is funnier I, I you? I think DC's priorities are kind of shifted away from where they, they should be at this point. They are a little wacky. They they sent me a hard copy of that of book, and I, I actually want to thank them because I ran out of toilet paper this morning before I went to Aldi. <laughs> uh, you also have Sideways number 11 we will not be talking about on the podcast, but I will be giving a flash review about that. Suicide Squad uh, number 49, Sur- Supergirl. Actually, I told you I like Sideways number 10. Yeah. So maybe I'll, maybe if it's better, we'll, we'll throw it on. Supergirl number 25, uh, Dan DeDio is finally getting back to – Kind of the stuff that we wanted inside. Dead so mother, we'll absentee we'll father. Yeah, dead mother, piece of shit father, and a uh, a kind of a, a villain for Derek that also has swiping powers or whatever the hell they call them. Swipe left. I don't know what he's doing. Supergirl <laughs> number twenty five. Yeah, he's rifting all right. It, it's the Tinder goddamn hero. Uh, Superman number six. Now the this swipe is- power. Pretty sure that was from uh, oh the Immortal Men, Jim. That was I the Immortal Men power. That was Caden Park's also, power. Yeah, it was the swipe power. <laughs> yeah, that's sticking with you, isn't it? Yeah. What's such a great oh, story, yeah. the Immortal it's Men? It's sticking with me. Like, like shit on my shoe. Swore Superman number six. Yes. It's still going on. Why wouldn't it Thank be? you. <laughs> Superman number six, if you were paying attention to solicits, all that sort of thing, this was the issue that Brian Michael Bendis promised the return of John. Awesome. So we'll and see I'm how really that looked, goes. I'm really looking forward to that because I really like that cliffhanger Zod showing up to take on Rogue Lazar. Yeah. So there should be a lot going on this issue. We shall see. I think that I, I know a, I think that I know a little bit about a little Brian Michael Bendis and the way he puts issues together that we're going to see John possibly in the last page. That yeah. would be my guess because that's how he plays things. The Batman Who Laughs number one. That's probably. That page through looked pretty cool. Batman Who Laughs number one is really cool. They sent again. I had the hard copy of that sent, yeah. and I, I brought it to work to show you only because I thought that it was thin. It felt really thin. I said, <laughs> you know what? Somehow. Like myself, 
it seems thin, but like you, it's oversized. I said, Eric, and that's what and you actually fuck? said. But I, I will tell you though, you were looking at it, and we're sitting there looking at stuff and and saying how cool it looked. And we actually got a little giddy about how cool it is to have a copy of a, of a comic book a week before it comes. It's out really cool that that we were liking that the Flash number sixty, Eric. No, sixty issues. Uh, Williamson has written. Thank you. Titans number really 31. Like <laughs> Titans number 31. I hope that that picks up a little, right? Yeah. And yeah, Wonder stuff. Woman numbers. I'm actually 60. really curious to see what that crucial information does for the Justice League now that we've gotten off that planet and back to it's Earth. It's doing nothing. I don't want to see what Kyle Rayner does. We have Kyle Rayner. Yeah. Uh, maybe. May, oh, I'm joking. Shouldn't. He's a, he's do on. that to me. I haven't read it. <laughs> I saw Kyle Rayner was on your news program earlier. I didn't know what you knew that I didn't. Darn right. It was on because it was that the volume three was canceled. Oh, I thought that was the news from last week. No, Luke Luke Hollywood said that if I don't announce it as canceled, it's not canceled. So I tricked him and made it seem like I had gotten inside information that it was going to come out and then revealed that it was canceled. You're a monster. Just to bring down his hopes. It was a joke, Eric. We, We had a laugh. And he liked it. He laughed as well. He laughed and laughed some more. And Wonder Woman number 60 will finish up those books. I'm looking at that more, too. Yeah. I have looked at that, Eric. So with these books, two of these these will be on the Patreon-only spotlight. If you want to listen to that and get involved in a lot of other shows, including a new 52 review, uh, some news program, the Secret Origins podcast, maybe even a little guy kid. Enough guy kid to last you the rest of your life. (laughs) You get that. (laughs) Two minutes of guy kid is two minutes too much, but you can get it. Uh, Go over to patreon.com slash weird science and you know subscribe you will not be charged until 2019 january 1st so check it out and if you like it you stay if you don't you bail and then once what you will get though is you click on the subscribe at Mm -hmm. any level Mm -hmm. and you can imagine your mind that you get eric sitting there going thank you thank you thank you i I wanted to record you just saying that and that's what happens when you do subscribe you get her thank you that'd be great if that was just like a soundbite that forces itself to play as soon as you hit it Uh, yeah oh it'd be the best right so yeah you become a member of the get fresh crew you get invited (laughs) to the slack chat you have all sorts of fun uh yeah so that's it that's the podcast i hope that i wasn't too negative and too pretentious about what i know in life eric I'm a, they're saying they're wondering what is he talking about because I didn't hear anything of the sort. You had to That's I haven't yet. I I haven't loaded <laughs> up to it. I got a little over the top with it. You know? Uh, you know that I don't mind seeming pretentious, but I really don't like getting called on things, and I really put myself. I I drew the line no, in I the know. sand that may be able to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got mad at you. That's what en- ends up happening. I get what mad at I you do? when you're not. Because I don't know things? I don't know. I don't know things. Anytime there's something that is so ridiculous, they can have a, a you know, they'll have the a spaceship. It'll right. launch, but the spaceship is made of marshmallows, and it, it ends up going into a rainbow that shits out a unicorn. And I'll say, that doesn't make sense. And you'll go, I don't know how things work. And yet, it drives me nuts. Back in the hard travel here is you were fine with Green a- Green Arrow breathing in no, space I and also using not. how Jordan's I think you, you gave it like a wrong. seven out of ten. No, that's and yeah. And when we talked about it and I realized I admitted that I was nonsense. <laughs> I said I didn't really think of that, but I kept my score because that's what I did. But 
but I told you, yeah, this is goddamn ridiculous. But yeah, I, I said I don't mind. Like, if, See, if I don't know how real thing, life works. I know how DC Comics works. Telling you, we. I don't know if you can't talk in space. I know that they can only hear you scream. No, they can't but, hear you uh, scream. You know, you so telling? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get mad at something. And say, oh, that's bullshit or whatever. But when you have something broadcast to every sta- stations, do have kill switches. I do know this. They have delay buttons. They have all that stuff, especially in this point after the Janet Jackson stuff, all the FCC things. They're not going to allow somebody to be murdered on TV or we would have seen this. You don't think Al-Qaeda is there trying to get in our airwaves every day, Eric? I don't know. They're fighting the good fight. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, they're just going to have beheadings. That's it. Uh, What I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to break in to a satellite, hardwire that bitch Hardwire that bitch And I'm going to have to just – and I'm going to twerk. And it's going to be broadcast throughout the world. And you'll see – while I'm arrested, I, I don't you'll watch see television. that they will cut it. That is true. You have the the, the stick. It'll be on. I'll even. No, I'll, I'll go hardwired with it now. Like, I'm going to hardwire into television. the stick. Yeah, really. Oh, I only watch the History Channel. That doesn't work anymore, no. does it? Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't. There's nothing on there. Oh, I only watch the Hallmark Channel, and if it's the not Meredith Baxter, Bernie, I am out. I only watch uh, the Learning Channel, and if they pry a little bit deeper, it's only reruns of Honey Boo Boo. Yeah, it's Honey Boo Boo. I only watch the Learning Channel with, uh, you know, what are those where you have the girls dressed up for the pageants, whatever that show was for the while. I think that's where Honey Boo Boo came from. She was one of those pageants. Yeah, I guess she was, wasn't she? Yeah, like, yeah. What is so that, Bridezilla? Honey- yeah. Oh, really? The Learning Channel. <laughs> really, you learn just how to not be a piece of shit. This is why it, I've learned to learn not opposite. to leave my apartment. What what channel now can you say that you watch to be pretentious anymore? I don't watch television. Yeah, can yeah you, you can't do this. I They're only like- watch VH1. <laughs> Entertainment. <laughs> what works? I only watch the CW by George. Uh, what would be the pretentious thing? I guess because then you start going Fox and CNN. Now you're talking nonsense. Get I only watch the weather channel. That. Yeah, I, I know some people who do that. Tanya likes watching the Weather Channel. I only watch – what's that one channel uh, that has all the old like F Troop and stuff? I'll go with that. Me that, TV? Like, uh, me TV. I do I love only me TV. Watch me TV. When I had cable. It was on that channel a lot. Yeah. Well, there you go. I don't know what the pretentious channel is. I only listen to classical music on my satellite radio station. Sprinter, all week, the only thing I've watched is reruns of uh, American Dad and House. Yeah, I all just week. watch American so Dad. I watch American Dad on a loop 24-7. Yeah. As long as I'm in the house, I have it on. Monday it's through ridiculous. Thursday, that's what I was watching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other day, I got into our car. And I turned Our on the car? radio and I was going through the things. Yeah, the I mean, weird you, science you, car? You don't know that you're now paying payments on the car. That makes that's sense. Why you're, you, that's why your Patreon money's a little less now, Eric. <laughs> you're paying payments. Uh, I ended up getting in and I turned on. I'm going through the like Radio 1, Radio 2, Radio 3, and I hit the Sirius Radio. Our car came with Sirius Radio right. when the free trial was on it. And it's playing. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? I'm like, I'm hearing music here and I'm changing channels. I fucking hit the roof. I'm like, the sons of bitches. Who activated this goddamn serious <laughs> radio? It ended up being a free trial. Like they had a free like two weeks. Ooh, I, Don't I look was, to I gift was, horse in the mouth. I was fit to be tied. <laughs> the worst though is I actually, you know, I would go right to Howard's uh, yeah. station. That was not included in the free oh, trial. Bullshit. So what the hell you listening to, to that? Eh, nothing. I ended up the 80s channel was on and I listened to like two things. I'm like, yeah, I, I've heard aha before. 
I'm done, just like Reggie. Has anybody <laughs> seen the AHA video? What, of course what, the, we most have. Pop, the most famous video ever, besides Bond's girl, Thriller. the boys. Oh, boys. I'm going to watch that now. B-O-N, Bond. There you go. Or maybe crazy. Actually, I like Oops, I Did It Again. That is my favorite, Brittany. <laughs> it did. <laughs> I don't know if that matches up to me being a really bad person, but hey. No, there's a lot of other things to do that. There is. Yeah, like my hate just of maze. dance against people who say the word maze. <laughs> That's what happens. So, you know, just the Native Listen, Americans. It's it's my world. You're just well, living in it. Time to go back to the You're editing. just living in it. Hey there. Get, I, can, I was going to get really bad. I almost yelled something about a TP. Yeah. I'm not doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to go too long now. Ready maze. to finish this up? This is what happens. This used to be the podcast when it was like 3 a.m. And we didn't know what we were saying. And you start doing rain dances, dancing around, offending everyone. It's all that, coming together. I will say that that was better. Maybe it was uh, better when we only had a, a couple of listeners. <laughs> Uh, the percentages are now playing against us. I, I'm sorry if I offended anybody. Uh, yes. <laughs> I just can't wait for a, a mail. The mail. I just have two words for that. you, though, Jim, for that whole bit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm getting goofy. Now I realize, too. I don't have the parties over. Of course Saturday. you don't. All this time, I'm talking about stupid shit. Oh, my goodness. Wait a minute. Wait what, a else? minute. what else do you want to apologize for tonight? Oh, me? Nothing. Any, I'm anything perfect. else? No, I was yeah, great all see, the way through. See, this is what we – this actually is a little bit – I'm sure that people have turned it off by now. But if you haven't, this is kind of the fun that we sometimes have on the Patreon. So there's a little bit. And it works. can't find what, – what does party start with? Why can't I find this? There we go. <laughs> oh, yes. You ready now? <sighs> I'm telling you, this is all something you just put in after we're done, too. There's no reason that you need a button right now. I know. Well, no, it saves me, you know, that three minutes <laughs> of, of getting that edit in. Edit that out. Yeah, edit that in. Yes. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Eric, where do you go? Where is it that you <laughs> anywhere Jess isn't? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, we're done. No we shame. are done. Uh, what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. Keep it week. weird, and we'll see weird. you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, there we go. Edit that out.